Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Live Edition Draft Room, live from the NFL Draft here in Kansas City. I am Stephen Serta. Happy to be joined by my guys, Ron Cop Jr. and Caleb James. Uh, again, we are live here from the NFL Draft here in Kansas City, eagerly awaiting the Kansas City Chiefs to pick in the first round tonight. Um, we're still kind of waiting for the draft to get underway, but we're going to be here with you guys for most of the night. We're going to try to hang out for the entire draft, kind of see how things go. Hopefully, there's uh, a lot of steam, a lot of action going on tonight here in Kansas City. But if not, we might take a little bit of break of a break in between as, as we get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs. But we are here. We, we are ready. We are on the ground. We did the entire NFL draft walk and uh, Ron, Caleb, it's big. Uh, There's a lot of walking. It took us quite a bit to get through the entire draft experience today, but it does look awesome. And Kansas City is absolutely going to have a blast this weekend. Well, I'm just I'm just glad we made it in before they kicked everybody out. I mean, they made it to capacity. It sounds like there are 60,000 people on the lawn. Um, Yeah, I'm just glad we made it in here, fellas. No, yeah, we heard, uh, you know, shortly after we got rolling and everything, they stopped letting people in. So if you're kind of in the area, just know that. But really, it's awesome seeing all the red out here. And really, Ron and I are walking around the crowd down there. Everybody's here. It's not just Chiefs fans. You got Chargers fans. You got guys wearing New York Giants gear. Lots of Bears fans. The NFL is in Kansas City this weekend for a reason. We couldn't find one one team, or we know we every team we pretty much found. So yeah, no, it's it's everybody. I'm excited. I'm pumped up. Yeah, it's and you know I, I'm excited for you guys to be here and just kind of see how this stuff unfolds. I'm fortunate enough in my media career. This is the third time I've been at an NFL draft. So I've never bet. been at never been at one in my hometown though. So I, I'm excited to see how this weekend plays out and hopefully. The Kansas City Chiefs uh, leave this weekend with a lot of really good players. So there's a lot of rumors flying around today as we eagerly await the Carolina Panthers clock to start about whether or not they're going to take Anthony Richardson or and, uh, or, or one of these other quarterbacks that they've been rumored to be interested in. It was C.J. Stroud for a while, and, and then it was Bryce, and now it's like, is it Will Levis? Oh, no, it's Anthony Richardson. That's right. who they're really interested in. So before we get into the Chiefs stuff, because we got plenty of Chiefs stuff to talk about, like where do you guys think the Carolina Panthers are going to go with this number one pick? Well, I mean, it does it does still feel like Bryce Young. Um, the betting markets would say the same. Um, it's definitely still back in him, and – and he's been the number one quarterback on the board um, throughout the whole draft process for the most part. I know there was a speculation about C.J. Stroud when they first traded for that pick. You know, the Anthony Richardson thing makes a lot more sense to me than going after someone like C.J. Stroud. I just think if you're going to trade up um, and, and invest that kind of capital, you're going to want to do it for someone with with high-level, you know, high-ceiling traits. You're not going to want to go up and get a guy that at the best, in my opinion, C.J. Stroud, he's going to be like a Kirk Cousins or, a, you know, he's at his best, you know, he, he's kind of more of a pocket passer more than than that that ultra athlete that we've seen like the Jalen hurts and the Lamar Jackson's and the Justin Fields coming into the league recently. I don't know, man. I, you know, Anthony Richardson makes sense to me, but it definitely still feels like it's Bryce Young. So with this whole thing, you know, they move, they jump up here a while ago and they start making all these decisions. The first name you hear is Stroud. 
I think, okay, that makes sense. Frank Reich isn't messing around. He wants a quarterback. That's the reason he didn't last at Indianapolis is partially due to the fact that uh, Andrew Luck ended up retiring. But then you start hearing, you know, more things. And obviously it's hard to go against Bryce with all of the Heisman Trophy, you know, all of his accolades, the Heisman, as good a player as he is. And then you, you know, keep going down, you know, we're two days out and people are hearing, you know, Will Levis Reddit's moving, you know, big betting lines <laughs> because, you know, people are worried that Levis might be the number one pick. If I'm the Panthers, I'm going with Stroud, though. I still do think he's the best quarterback in this class. Ooh. I, you know, I've enjoyed watching him play. I think he's got the best pocket presence and I think he's an incredibly accurate, comfortable player in the pocket. So I, I don't think that CJ Stroud going number one overall would be crazy at, it, at all. And the whole S2 thing, um, I've gone out of my way not to figure out what any of that is because I think it's all probably pointless and doesn't actually mean anything. Like generally when we get reports of, of something like that and we try to like speculate as to what it means to a team, we don't actually have any idea what it means to any of the teams. We don't know how they weigh those things and, and what's important to them and what isn't. So I, I understand with CJ Stratt, I just think that I'm at a point where like, I understand the case for Bryce Young, but that size does absolutely worry me. If I'm an NFL team, like I would take Anthony Richardson and I understand yeah. that he's a project, but the athletic upside is absolutely insane. Like we can just figure the rest out later. Like right. we know he's, he's a, he's an okay passer, maybe not the best passer, the accuracy thing that you're worried about, but like, his athleticism is tailor-made to build an offense around him from day one in the NFL. And then hopefully you can work on the passing and get that better and, and get him to be like a more competent NFL quarterback. But his athleticism is going to make him a guy who can win you games from day one. And I don't know if you can for sure say that about any of the other quarterbacks. No, Anthony Richardson is my QB one. Obviously, I didn't put a ton of, of time and, and stock in evaluating this quarterback class. We're set here in Kansas City, but... Um, I, I think the, the funny thing about Anthony Richardson is you hear that he has he's this high ceiling prospect, maybe kind of a low floor, but high ceiling prospect. Right. I, I think it's it's kind of backwards thinking with that logic, though, because if you have the athleticism he has, you know, he, he's, he's he was the most athletic quarterback in combine history. That gives you a high floor as a player. You know, you you have a lot more, um, a lot less, I should say, you know, things that are going to go wrong if you can you know, run out of a pocket when it's not there and you, you can't, you're not seeing it. Well, that's why Justin Fields, you know, the Chicago bears offense was so good last year, even though he still has a long way to go as a passer. I just think it gives you a high floor and he has the high ceiling. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm sold on him as QB one. You know, I, I think some of the, the stuff about his mental makeup too, in terms of processing and stuff, I think it's a little overrated. I think, I think he was just fine at that at Florida. So I, I really like Anthony Richardson. I think whichever team he ends up on, it'd probably be best if they have a good offensive line because Early on his career, if he's kind of struggling, you know, a little bit picking up different reads and whatnot, they're going to be able to run some quarterback power. They're going to be able to run some of that stuff while he's still putting the finer parts of the game together. You know, but like you mentioned, though, Ron, he's got, you know, he's got a lot of it put together as far as his mental makeup goes. I think it's just going to be getting on that team that fits him right and they're willing to maybe work through some of the passing things. I, I want to keep talking about the quarterbacks because I think that's the most fascinating thing uh, in, in this draft class outside of whatever the Kansas City Chiefs do. But got to mention, as we're eagerly awaiting the Carolina Panthers clock to start and everything's getting underway here in Kansas City at the NFL draft, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes are on the stage. And how cool is it to be Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes right now? <laughs> like, those guys are just living life. Like... 
Got the got the live Kelsey Brothers podcast last night in Kansas City, and really just Kansas City. We are having a hell of a week right now. Like, I I did I wasn't fortunate enough to go to the New Heights live podcast, but it looked like a ton of fun. Uh, just cameos, all kinds of people dropping in and hanging out with them, and you know they're going to be front and center all draft weekend, probably here in Kansas City because Kansas City just absolutely loves them. Some Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, like those dudes are just man Super Bowl champions. Kelsey's on SNL. Patrick Mahomes is the biggest player in the world. Like it's a good time to just be here in Kansas City in an NFL draft with the Super Bowl champions. Well, how about the NFL letting the Chiefs flex right there? I mean, we were kind of talking as they were doing it, but they just Mahomes and Kelsey just walked out, you know, showing off the trophy, yelling at the crowd. I mean, that hey, appreciate the NFL letting us flex like that because uh, I don't know, that was that was not necessary, but we did it. We, we 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 wanted to show it off a little more. It's they they remember. When the Kansas City Chiefs fans got pissed off at that referee and almost made him cry on national TV, oh, <laughs> they're, that was... they're 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 like, nah, don't don't piss off those people in Kansas City. Well, just let them have fun. Let's play let's play to what those dudes do. Cause... You know what? No, I I got it. Goodell was 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 covering the booze. That's what it was. You bring Mahomes and Kelsey out. You're not hearing booze for yourself. That's what it was. Yeah, That's exactly. Dude, this is like this almost the second celebration of the Super Bowl in a lot of ways. They got yeah. lucky. They're making up for it because honestly. You know, after the you know after Super Bowl Fifty Four, they didn't really have yeah. much time to celebrate because a month later, Make the pandemic hits. So they're making up for it a little bit right now, and I'm all about it, man. I want I don't know. I'd be curious to see where those guys are watching the draft at, though. Kelsey and Mahomes. Do you guys think they're going to stick around here? You think they got a little private area they're going to well, go? Or- <laughs> our our good friend Ron Show Hughley, who is here somewhere, they were broadcasting live at. Uh, Kelly's in Westport, one of my favorite places. Shout out Kelly's. I love Kelly's. They love me there as well. Um, but they were broadcasting their Houston show, radio show from Kelly's. And so they were kind of late to get down here. And so he calls me trying to figure out and he might join us at some point. He could tell the story probably funnier than I can. But they got dragged into uh, somebody directed them into the wrong space. It was just some private room. And apparently it was the private room of Patrick Mahomes and his entire family. So they are on site here. I would imagine they're going to be here for most of the night, probably ha- just having a good time and, and hoping that the Chiefs draft somebody who's going to be a difference maker for them uh, on night one of the NFL draft. I hope we see some movement from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um I think there's been a lot of signs this draft season as we've all been eagerly awaiting this. Like, I think there's been a lot of signs that Brett Veach would be serious about moving up in the first round if the right player is there. And we don't know if they've identified that player, but there's, you know, some leaks as there is. And I, I want to preface this by saying, guys, and I was kind of talking to you about this earlier. Is like once we get to draft day, there's just been countless and countless hours spent on mock drafts and, and this preparation. And you get to a point where ahead of the draft, that's when most people who aren't grinding film like you two are all off season and looking at these prospects and stuff. That's when they're saying, well, how do we get eyeballs on our mock draft the same day as the draft? And so they, they change it up, they spice it up and right. it's not necessarily like insider information or what they're hearing. They're just, they want you to look at their mock draft the final day of the draft because all of that stuff after today, all of that stuff kind of expires. And then you start focusing on the players that go to your teams and how they're going to make an impact and how they're going to fit in there. So I try not to read into this too much, but TCU wide receiver Quentin Johnson was reportedly, I think it was Jeremy Fowler and a couple other places today um, 
reported that the Chiefs are interested and in, in drafting the TCU wide receiver, which I think he does fill a need. We talk about that need for like an X outside wide receiver for the Kansas State Chiefs, which obviously they don't have a lot of big bodies at wide receiver right now. So he fits a need, but I, I question why so many people have – he was initially like top wide receiver in the class. Then it was uh, maybe he's a late first-round pick. And then it's like, oh, no, he's probably not even going to go round one. He's going to be a second-round pick. And now all of a sudden the Chiefs are interested enough to possibly trade up to take him. Right. Like, I'm a little skeptical about that despite the fact that he does fit a need and he does profile as a player that's exactly the kind of wide receiver they should be looking for. No, the funny thing about Quentin Johnson is I think a lot of the draft season is is, is guys that are focused on the Chiefs. We kind of maybe or, you know, maybe I should just speak for myself, but I kind of maybe overlooked the fact that he could even be there. Uh, you know, right. I mean, a lot of times we're, we're thinking about him as maybe a top 10, top 15 kind of pick along with Jackson Smith and Jigba. But that's the thing. You mentioned him as kind of that X receiver type. Um, you know, the Chiefs are definitely missing some size in their receiving core, uh, to say the least, man. I mean, even a guy like MBS, you know, with the bigger, longer frame. Still a pretty skinny guy. Still a guy that's not going to win, uh, you know, on a catch through contact for the most part. Uh, and that's the thing, though. I, you know, Quentin Johnson's a bigger guy. You know, came at the combine 6'3", 208 pounds. Um, had great explosive numbers, 40-and-a-half-inch vertical, 11-2 broad jump. You know, this guy, you know, is explosive and in, in this bigger body. But I don't see him, you know, winning those contested catches or, you know, kind of, you know, high-pointing balls as much as you would like at that size. But at the same time, you, you flip that, man. He is pretty good right after the catch, uh, you know, with the ball in his hands for his size, you know, making guys miss in the open field. So I don't know, man. I If the Chiefs like him, I'm going to trust them um, that he's not more than just that, you know, traditional X receiver. He can do a little more than that. And so I, I think if they like him, I, I think that tells you that they think he can do a lot more than just play on the outside. So it was a like a late Friday in September, and I had on the TCU versus Colorado game and I didn't know a whole lot about Quentin Johnson at the time his first game of the year so I was just checking it out and all of a sudden they run like a little quick pass and he's darting it down the sideline and I just I stop and look and I'm like this guy's got some juice to his game he's got some gas for a big guy Mm -hmm. when he gets going that was the first time I saw him and in my head at the time I'm like we're gonna remember this guy again and now you know he's gone on the roller coaster from being a top 10 pick to them saying he might not even be a first rounder I think with him, though, the thing that may not have him being like the consensus, you know, top 10, top 15 wide receiver, why he could fall to the Chiefs, he's got just a little bit of issues with some consistencies. You know, he just drops some passes at times. Right. That's something he'd have to kind of iron out if he were to get drafted by the Chiefs. But the fortunate thing for him is there's a big difference between catching passes from Max Dugan and catching passes from Patrick yes. Mahomes. I think that that could, you know, playing with a guy like Mahomes could help him unlock areas of his game and, you know, routes that he's never even been asked to run for. He might be going in and, you know, taking advantage of. So I'd be fine with that pick, to be honest, but they probably have to move up to get him. So and that's kind of something that I that I was thinking about that I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm not going to sit here and try to say that I've broken down like thousands of wide receiver wide receiver steps in this draft class. But you guys probably have. And. It's just like I know McCole Hardman didn't exactly turn out to be a superstar or anything for the Kansas City Chiefs, but like any wide receiver they take with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you're like, well, they can get something out of him. Like that guy's not going to be totally useless to them unless it's just like a total disaster. Like they're going to get something out of out of him. It's just whether or not he's going to be like an every down difference maker like a Tyreek Hill was as opposed to. A a hit a a strikeout or home run hitter like McCole Hardman kind of was for right. his offense. Exactly. Yeah. No. I I that's the thing with QJ Quentin Johnson. I I 
I like his size. I like what he can do as a player. But he did – I think we have the Jalen Hyatt concerns a lot of times with, with the, the Tennessee receiver, I should say, the guy that played in a very open offense in college, right, you know, ran only, you know, so many routes. Quentin Johnson kind of has some of those same concerns. Man, TCU's offense was in that similar mold where they're very wide open, you know, a lot of open routes. But that's the thing. I I, I will say, you know, I, I think Quentin Johnson is, is a much more complete receiver than Jalen Hyatt. But we got the number one pick here, fellas. Yep, the pick is in the Woo! Panthers, the commissioners. There it is. There, there it is. is. That's no surprise. Well, Bryce Young, number one overall. So all the smoke, all the smoke all afternoon. Like I told you five minutes ago, don't listen to anything <laughs> that comes out on draft day because uh, it doesn't mean anything usually. It's just last minute agents. Can we see if this team will uh, grab him a, a spot higher so he gets a, a better rookie deal and stuff like that? Like it's all smoke. Uh, most of these teams know who they're, who they're going to go after. They have a long list, a huge draft board uh, of the guys that they want. And Bryce Young, I mean, the size issues are a concern for me, but I understand why he's going number one overall because his ability to just create plays is something that's really hard to replicate, and that's something that's coveted in the NFL. So I also think he's stepping into a good situation with Frank Reich in Carolina now, even though they're still kind of going through a little bit of a rebuild at the moment. Yeah, the thing with Bryce Young, though, that that does turn me off a little bit is is the Steph Curry, the Patrick Mahomes comparisons to get the Steph Curry ones makes makes more sense to me. Um and even though it's a cross court yeah, comparison, the Patrick Mahomes man. things to me like, yeah, he can be this a similar type of playmaker, but Patrick yeah, Mahomes but, is built. He is thick. Yeah, and yeah, but he is, and I get Steph Curry is is small. So like I get that. Like the playmaking <laughs> ability for some right. of his size. But man, Steph doesn't get enough credit for how fast he is. Exactly. Like that dude is electric with the basketball and and just never gets tired, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. Like you hear the stories from that I think it, it was the finals uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers where I think J.R. Smith recently went on a podcast and talked about it and was like Steph Curry almost killed Matthew Dellavedova like in that <laughs> yeah. finals. Like almost ran him legitimately to death. And Bryce Young, I think, can be a special player in the NFL. It's just that size, man. And, man, he, he can be a playmaker. It's a good situation with Frank Reich, and I, I think that they're moving in the right direction. It, it's just the size concerns, I think, should be a little bit more of a red flag than they have been. At, at times when I've watched him play, I see some of the things that Mahomes used to do when he was at Texas Tech where he'd be in a perfectly good pocket and sometimes run himself into some trouble. I don't think it's a gigantic issue or anything like that, but it'll be something to keep an eye on. You know, he's got all the playmaking ability in the world. That's why he's going where he is. That's why he's playing quarterback for Alabama. I think if there's one aspect where he can really improve upon, it's going to be just getting real comfortable with his footwork. And as he gets more comfortable, the height will become even less and less of an issue because he's going to, you know, he's going to be able to just develop the great vision that all great quarterbacks have to have. Showing the Doug Flutie highlights right now, of course. <laughs> yeah. oh, and Drew Brees, too. Yeah. There you go. No, I, I, I will say real quick, I, I thought this was a really interesting uh, comparison I heard from from the Ringer draft guide. Um, they liked Bryce Young as, as kind of a guy that's like a Joe Burrow, but just not as big. Yeah. Um, I It's a little little weird to me because, I you know, obviously I think uh, Bryce Young's a little more of a playmaker. But in terms of the poise, in terms of – you know, the way he processes. And that's why he's he's going number one at, at that size is the way he was processing, the way he was leading that Alabama offense. I mean, it was special. It was special. Uh, there's, there's a reason why he's up there right now. And, you know, he's going to get the Kyler Murray comparisons from people because they're similar statures. And 
Like, I think Kyler Murray is a good NFL quarterback. I, I, I don't think he's a lead or anything, but we've seen Kyler Murray virtually every single season that he's been in the NFL not make it to the end of the regular season exactly. because he's just small and he takes a beating. So I, I think that, that that's a safe pick. And honestly, like if I was Frank Reich, I would have been pushing a little bit harder for Anthony Richardson, but that's just me. I think that Frank Reich, after all of those years in Indianapolis where – they just wouldn't give him a quarterback like like went out of their way to not give him a quarterback kind of made him yeah. just be like, just play it safe. Please just give me somebody who's competent. And, and I think they certainly at the very least have that in Bryce Young. But uh, but m- kind of moving back into what we're hoping to see from the Chiefs tonight. And Ron, you mentioned Jalen Hyatt and I, I was kind of reading some of your stuff that you've done on him, Caleb. And I think I kind of agree with you. I understand why a lot of people aren't into Jalen Hyatt. Like he's kind of uh, just, just a, a moonshot wide receiver and like hasn't really had a chance to develop much outside of that, but he is explosive and he's, he's that deep threat that it feels like the chiefs kind of were missing last season. But when I have watched Jalen Hyatt, like I've seen him make these acrobatic catches, like he's got good body control when he gets up into the air. And that's something that I think was like a really underrated part of a wide receiver like Will Fuller, who was really good at going up and getting the football in the end zone. Like you think about him in his prime, like with Deshaun Watson, like I can think of several different times where he like goes up and gets a football and like makes a huge splash play. And that's kind of what I see in Jalen Hyatt, even if he's not quite there yet. But even if the Chiefs take a rookie wide receiver with the way that things have shaped up, shaped up this offseason, bringing in Richie James, you got MVS coming back, you brought you brought Justin Watson back, you've got Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, and then we'll see if Justin Ross ever uh, amounts to anything. <laughs> but I'm still hopeful that maybe he will one day. That would be super awesome if he did. Uh, but like. If Jalen Hyatt, if if he does wind up being the pick, I'd still be really excited, even though I would be a little bit worried about some of his red flags as a prospect, because I don't think he's going to be asked to do a ton as a rookie other than go in the game, run 70 yards down the field, and Mahomes is going to launch the football towards you. I think the thing with Jalen Hyatt and Chiefs fans, we've got, they got a little scorned, you know, because of like McCole Hardman. And some of, you know, the other, like, you know, even, even MVS to some degree, these, like, you know, burners who they've got trying to come in and, you know, either fill in for Tyree Kill or some points or even, you know, become that new deep threat guy. I think the thing that people have been forgetting about Hyatt, he's, his drop rate is incredibly low for a guy that is getting Uh-oh. a ton of <laughs> number two pick. CJ Stroud. Okay, okay. So it was all smoke. So the Texans See, just a lot got, of smoke. So the Texans just drafted the best quarterback in the class right there. <laughs> that's a good pickup, and they got a left tackle to go with him already. Laramie Tunsil's back there, so that's going to be that's going to be a good pairing down there in Houston. So to now, go back now to your, at twelve, they're going to take Bijan Robinson. <laughs> hey, they already got Damian Pierce. Hey, hey, that's a that's a heck of a duo right there. No, but Sturdy, you were talking about it earlier with the S two test, right? And and how CJ Stroud was a really big kind of yeah. one of the theme or the main people around that kind of narrative with with him being a very low score according to some people right i think that's where smoke season comes in man no one knew exactly what what score he had it wasn't public information i think we were just all going off of what we were hearing and that along with the manning passing academy stuff i mean it was kind of funny how it just seemed like maybe there was there was trying to get this this kind of narrative going to get him maybe pushed down the board didn't work though. It didn't work, and, that, and that's smokescreen season, man. It's I I don't think the NFL draft is actually all that different from managing a fantasy football team. And what I'm saying in that is like obviously it's very different. But what I'm saying is like 
I'm kind of notorious in some of my fantasy leagues as like being a scumbag. Um, and I don't think <laughs> I am a scumbag, but I have done some shady trades and stuff. And I've done some like some like kind of manipulative things before to try to work things in my favor. And I think that's exactly what we see with some of these NFL teams. Like they're just seeing how they can move the needle one way or the other. And that's what a lot of the reporting is, is just seeing how does this team react to this? How does this team react to this? What happens when we have conversations with this team after this report comes out? Because it's them trying to gauge w- what that team is after and, and, and try to and try to move up or move back or, or, or whatever they want to do. And a lot of that is kind of scummy because sometimes they're like dragging these young kids through the mud and calling in uh, into question their character and stuff like that just to have more uh, mobility in the NFL draft. So I I think CJ Stroud is going to be a really good NFL player. And I think that was a smart move by the Texans at number two, despite all of the smoke that they've been blowing for about three weeks. Well, and they needed a quarterback. They had Davis Mills and Case yeah, Keenum as Davis their quarterbacks. Davis Mills was I mean, awful last year. They they it's honestly awful. don't have a, a terrible roster. Um, they're really not that far off from being a – they honestly weren't that – you know, they were pretty competitive last year. I mean, they took the Chiefs down to the wire last year. I mean, there was a few games with Davis Mills. They looked pretty good, and, and you mentioned Damian Pierce earlier. They have some offensive weapons. They have good offensive tackles for C.J. Stroud, you know, Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil, obviously, two really good starters in the league. So – I think it's a great place for a quarterback. C.J. Stroud should be set up uh, pretty well, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like I said a second ago, I think this is a great setup for him just from what's around him. You know, really, you think about him and Young, they're both going to pretty good situations. We didn't even mention with Young a second ago, you know, some of the talent pool he's fallen into, the Carolina's kind of been putting together, and, you know, they're another team with a lot of draft picks. So you're looking at two teams trying to go from – the bottom of the basement, you know, do you guys think either the Texans or the Panthers could make the playoffs, you know, this season coming up just because of this move they've made to acquire their quarterbacks? No. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I guess they're, they're both in bad divisions, which helps. Yeah. Um, and the Panthers, I, I think, do at least have some young talent. They've got some nice pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Like Brian Burns is a great player. JC Horn's a great player. Like, and they've they just you know had Charles Cross Charles Cross last right. season, and they're they're hopeful that he's going to take a big step and be like an elite tackle for them. Like, like they've got some pieces there, and the Texans do too. I just with them, man, it. it it's just a matter of, and now I'm starting to get emotional just looking at CJ Stroud, like breaking down right now. Right. That is that is just heartwarming, Kansas City. That's what it's all about, dude. <laughs> um, that is what this is all about. No, it's. I, I don't think either one of them are going to be good, but they're they're in bad divisions. But it, at least in the AFC South, like I'm confident that the Jaguars are the best team in that division. Yeah, no, I, I think the NFC. Any team in the NFC honestly has a chance to go to the playoffs. It just honestly isn't a very good conference right now. Um, there, there's a lot of kind of open opportunities. Um, you know, I mean, look at kind of who the playoff teams were last year in the NFC. Um, you know, somehow the Bucks made it. I mean, come on. So, yeah, I, I think any team in the NFC would have a better chance than a team in the AFC. Now, we're at pick three, though, fellas. Like, yep. this is kind of that trade-up spot that we've been talking about. Um, we're not hearing anything yet. We're not seeing anything yet. They're kind of just sticking on the board here. Both quarterbacks gone. You know, Will Anderson still on the board. Jalen Carter obviously still on the board. Which is good. There's talent starting to fall down the board. But, Even, since, but with both quarterbacks going, I really feel like a team's going to want to try to get up here and get that see, third quarterback. I feel like it's got to be the Titans, though. Cardinals are straight. Yep. Uh, Kramer. What, what, what do we got, Kramer? Yeah, you tell us. Kramer's live. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so we got to trade up in the draft at number three. The Arizona Cardinals are trading with the Houston Texans, so the Houston Texans are back on the clock. Yeah, they got they have to be going with So they're moving. So what the so what the Cardinals are moving to twelve? Yes, it would be. Which that's a far drop down. I mean, you got to be getting a quite a bit. Yeah, I you mean, better be getting a lot. The the Arizona Cardinals, I think, are easily going to be the worst team in football next yes. season. Um, and then you have you have a top three draft pick. I guess you want to move assets and you're trying to dump cash and stuff. But to move back to twelve from three is crazy. When's the last time a team's okay. had back to backs in the top? Five? I would like to, I would like to backtrack what I said about the Houston Texans about three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. um, they so, might have a better chance of winning the AFC South though. No, two, that's that's bold to go up two top three picks for the Houston Texans. Uh, our friend Ron the Show Hughley might not join us now because he also. Uh, yeah. While, while providing spectacular coverage with us here at Arrowhead Pride, he also <laughs> works full time in Houston covering the Houston Texans. So, might be a little busy <laughs> right now with what the Houston Texans just did this draft. Man, I am just fascinated to see what they gave up because it, that is a, a far a drop down if you're the Cardinals. Uh, you have to be getting a massive load, which that team needs a massive load of, of picks right now. Like we just mentioned, they're, yeah. they're probably the worst roster in the NFL. Um, currently, and and they need a couple years to get back to that. So I'm hoping they get a haul for them, right? Uh, you know, you sure yeah, hope so. I want to know. That down. I mean, that's nine slots yeah, way out of the top ten after being a top three pick in a class where with elite defensive players at the top like Jalen Carter and Willie Anderson. <laughs> so they're gonna draft the best edge rusher and the, you know, in some people's minds, the top three quarterback at least. Is what right. We're looking at. This I mean, see, this is a time where it would be nice to have run the show Hughley here because I don't even know who the Texans top pass rusher <laughs> was last year. Hey, man, uh, good old Bills. Uh, uh, oh, Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes. Jerry Shout Hughes. That—that is. That's exactly who it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. I mean, that's cool if you're a Texans fan. Just just seeing them be that aggressive is awesome, and. If CJ Stroud turns into your franchise quarterback, you just got another cornerstone, likely, and Will Anderson. What? That that's unreal. I can't, I can't believe that. I can't believe it was the Texans that actually managed. Hey, so the full terms of the trade is: so the number three pick and the, the number one hundred and five go to the Texans for twelve thirty three for the two thousand twenty four draft, and oh. the and one and, and a third round pick for twenty twenty four. So they got so they got twelve uh, first. P- Second pick in the second round, a twenty twenty four first round and a third round. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's a draft haul. Yeah, that's a lot of picks. I think Cardinals did actually pretty good there. If you're getting an extra first round pick, yeah, in a class that a lot of us, I know, I just said there's some elite defensive players at that top. A lot of us are talking about this class is not a very good class, right? So, and it looks like the Texans just went with Will Anderson. So, you yeah, wanna, you want to make a splash if you're a new regime like Houston's got in there. This is how you do it. This is how you win back a fan base who may have been ready to give up on you at some point. You go in and get Stroud and Anderson. This is – I mean, they're breaking the draft right now. This is going to get talked about as for a while. someone pointed out on Twitter, and I didn't I, I didn't bring this up, but it would have been hilarious if they would have just taken Anthony Richardson, number three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you guarantee that one of them's going to be good, you hope. Increase your odds of getting that franchise guy. No, but Will Anderson, you know, just to talk about him for a second, you know, he is by far the best edge rushing prospect in this class. I still think Jalen Carter is a better defensive player than him as a prospect. But Will Anderson just coming off the edge just makes plays, man, in terms of, you know, he's not going to be the bendiest rusher, right? He's not going to be a guy that that is, you know, winning with ghost moves like a Von Miller, but he's going to crush the pocket. He is going to work that edge. 
get into the pocket. And he also he also has an array of moves to use. He's good against the run. Kind of a versatile guy. He can play off the ball in terms of being like a 3-4 outside linebacker as well as playing you know on the line as like a 4-I or 5-tech. There's a lot to like about Will Anderson. There's a reason he was by far uh, the you know the the best edge rushing prospect in this class, and and Khalil Mack is honestly a kind of a good comp for him. Um, I you know I'm seeing it on the screen. I've heard that before. I think Khalil Mack, you know, he's not as big as Khalil Mack, not as thick as Khalil Mack, but he plays like a Khalil Mack. So I think it's, that's a good comp. He's got a you know man. He's he uses that long arm man. It's from the other side. You know, it's from beyond the grave when he uses that thing. And then he gets the, you know, you're seeing the highlights on TV right now. Once he gets, he starts hitting them with those bull rushes, those powers, then, you know, the offense tackles start tightening up a little bit. They want to try to start going and attacking themselves, hand swipe all day to the quarterback. I think he's easily the best non-quarterback in this draft, in my opinion, from what I have down. And I really do think he is going to be an all-pro caliber edge rusher in the NFL. I'm not just saying that because, you know, just because of where he was taken at. So, and – you know, and, and thinking about this just at, at kind of as it's happening, where it's like, I still think the Colts like aren't a terrible team. Obviously, they need a quarterback, but they've still got some good players where they could, you know, be be a team that is kind of trying to push for the division. Uh, assuming you know the Jaguars don't take this big step that I think a lot of people assume they're going to make, and I, I am a believer in Jacksonville and, and Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and kind of what they're doing down there. So. I think they're still the best team in this division, but now if the Colts don't get a quarterback in this draft class, I think they're the worst team in the division because Tennessee's I don't think is great, but you know, at least with Vrabel, like yeah, they're going to be a, a bothersome team. Like they're always, they're just, it doesn't matter who they have personnel wise. Like they're just one of those teams that like pesters you and like forces you to play how they want to play. And so, that's why even like when the Chiefs play the Titans, it's always like an ugly game that, right. they, that it seems like they barely win. And if the Colts don't walk out of this draft with the quarterback, I think it's pretty easy to make the case that they're easily the worst team in that division. I know. It, it, it's funny how it's flipped so quickly because um, I think the Colts with Frank Reich were known as kind of a similar team as that Titans team, right, where you're saying, hey, you know, even if they're deficient at some parts of the roster, you know, they have a really good coach that co- kind of knows how to get the best out of his guys. That AFC South division is just a mess, man. But I do believe in I'm, I'm with you. I believe in the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. I just think they're they're on their way to, to being a very, a very solid good team for a few years. But I think the Texans are getting there, man. I, I think CJ Stroud, again, you know, having that protection on, on each end and then also having this this guy to kind of center your pass rush around. Yeah, I think they're in a good spot. But now we got the Colts pick here. Who do you guys think it's going to be? You think it's going to be in Levis here? I mean, Levis seems to be the rumor. I, I mean, I would take Anthony Richardson personally. Probably. I'm just I'm still thinking, you know, which teams are going to be desperate enough to move up very soon. I the Raiders. Oh yeah. I I, I mean the Raiders have to be getting desperate, uh, especially if Anthony Richardson or Will Levis get here, like they got to be getting desperate to move up a couple of spots, but I don't know if I'm in on the the Will Levis smoke either though. Like I I certainly never believed he was going to go number 1 overall like the betting odds like some random redditor somehow swung all of the national betting <laughs> odds doesn't seem like it should be that easy to swing betting odds in a national sports book but apparently it is um but i was never that high on or like never believed that he was truly going to go that high now maybe i'm wrong maybe the colts take him right here but i think if you don't take anthony richardson it's it's insane like with the athletic upside that he has right now if you're going to take a quarterback i think it should be him yeah, that's that's a, kind of the funny thing about narratives and everything is is I think there's a chance 
there's a case to be made that a lot of the things uh, negative said about Anthony Richardson could be said about Will Levis and not aren't necessarily said. I will say that Will Levis does have experience in an NFL offense. Uh, his his second to last year in Kentucky uh, was was an offense run by an NFL coach. Now he's with the Rams. Um, you know, in this last year, he dealt with a lot of injuries. He kind of played through it. I know that's always tough. I like Will Levis. I I, I think in the right place, he 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 could be. You know, again, I kind of mentioned C.J. Stroud as that Kirk Cousins type. You know, I, I could see Will Levis getting you know maybe to that Ryan Tannehill level of player. Um, I think it's a a pretty good comp for him, honestly, because he is pretty mobile. He can run. He's he's gonna. He doesn't mind putting his shoulder down if he has to, but he does still have good arm talent like Ryan Tannehill does too. And so, yeah, I, I think Will Levis, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a solid guy as long as he goes to the right place. A uh, place like Indianapolis has some work to do with their offensive line and their skill position players. So I don't know if that's necessarily the right place for him, but uh-oh, but that's not where he's going. That is not where he is Ooh, going, fellas. Let's see it. Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. Okay. According to Ian Rappaport, okay. that is a stunner. I don't really agree with that, Ian. I don't really know why that's a stunner. I mean, so they got <laughs> it's, it's a guy. It's a guy that we were talking about going number one overall, possibly. I don't okay. think that's much of a stutter. So thinking about kind of what the Colts have, decent offensive line, and you know, really Michael Pittman, and uh, they got the other kid from Cincinnati who they drafted last year, Michael Pierce. Alex Hart. Pierce. Alex yeah. Pierce. Yes, sir. They also have Jelani Woods, Jonathan got, Taylor. Oh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor. You can start to see the idea forming that they have help to provide him with. It's not just him going to be out there. But, you know, obviously, like you guys mentioned, the athleticism takes over, you know, at some point, and he's got all of it. They do. They do have some work to do on their offensive line. I think their offensive line was was good a few years ago, and it's really fallen off. Quentin Nelson is really the only thing kind of hanging on there, and so that's that's why I worry a little bit with the, with any quarterback going there right now. Well, but they do have skill position players. I think the reason Will Leviston really makes sense here is because you know, their new head coach is just coming from a system in Philadelphia where you know, we saw how they how they developed Jalen Hurts. So like this is a great spot for Anthony Richardson because they're not going to be scared to just lean into his rushing ability and mm-hmm. athleticism and how difficult he's going to be to bring down at the NFL level. And that's exactly what a player like him needs. Like he needs time to develop as a passer and be able to read NFL defenses and, and, and you know, make all the adjustments and do all the things that NFL quarterbacks are asked to do. But there is no doubt in my mind that like week one of the regular season, we could see that dude rip off a 50 yard touchdown with his legs. Oh, absolutely. No, he, he is Justin Fields type of running ability. And we saw what Justin Fields could do when a, when a play broke down. I mean, you're seeing it on the screen right now. I mean, this is one of his most famous plays from his college career, just running all over LSU's defense for an 80 yard <laughs> touchdown. I mean, it is Cam Newton ish. Um, it, it is. That is the kind of the physical profile that he starts with. Cam Newton's arm talent was special, was insane, was unique. Anthony Richardson has similar levels of arm talent. I don't know, though. I, I, I do think Anthony Richardson, a lot of times, you know, you see him operate in the pocket, man. I, I, I think there's there's some further progressions that he has already, I think, more than maybe a Cam Newton did when he was coming out. So I don't know. I'm I, I'm big on Anthony Richardson. I do think he is a guy that's going to be a really good player at the NFL level. Colts, you know, that's, that's one team I'm not super excited about, uh, you know, in terms of all the fits he could have, but. The phones are ringing in Seattle, according to Ian Rapport, who's on the Rapport. who's on the clock next. Hey, uh, and real quick, honestly, getting a guy like AR in there, it can honestly help bring back Jonathan Taylor. You know, he had that awesome rookie year. Now he had kind of a down season there. That I don't think they were really running him as hard down the line because they knew, you know, their season wasn't going anywhere. Save the miles while you can. But 
that's going to be an interesting offense to keep an eye on as it develops. I'm guessing later in this draft they're going to load up on some interior linemen. Maybe even, you know, they might be a team the Chiefs end up competing with for one of the second-round tackles at some point. Yeah, it's it, – I, I think – I, I think it's a good spot. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to bounce back in a big way this year. I, I think the the issue too with the Colts was like last season they had one of the most expensive offensive lines in the NFL, and their tackles were awful. Right. <laughs> like exactly. Like you can't have one of the most expensive offensive lines in the NFL, and all that money is being spent on the interior while your tackles are just absolutely atrocious. So. They got to figure something out there, um, and, and we'll see. But I, I don't think it's a terrible spot for Anthony Richardson. I'm excited to see what he can do there. Well, and an underrated part to it we should bring up is, is the fact that Shane Steichen, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, is the head coach there. He just ran an offense centered around Jalen Hurts, who I think, you know, Jalen Hurts is a very special player in terms of being a leader in terms of his mental makeup. But I think you can make a lot of comparisons to Anthony Richardson and Jalen Hurts in terms of physical profiles, how you can make them work at the NFL level right away. And so, yeah, I think if you got a guy who knows how to run an offense, maybe for Anthony Richardson, I think the Colts have their guy, a head coach. So, okay, so who best player left on the board right now? Jalen Carter? Yes, sir. Yeah. Easy. Jalen Carter, Bijan Robinson, I would say, would be right after him. I still think he's he's worth a high pick in this class, even though I doubt he goes this high. Uh, the couple corners, Christian Gonzalez, Devon Witherspoon, are both on the board still. Anyone else you got that uh, uh, you want to highlight? Tyree Wilson still on the board. That's true. Yeah, He's, we kind of all expected him maybe to be going pretty high. He should be coming off the board here honestly, soon. Honestly, I feel like I feel like it's either going to be one of these defensive backs or one of the defensive linemen. Yeah, they need a little bit of help up front in Seattle, so it makes sense I, to go Carter here. I feel like that's a total Pete Carroll move. I feel like if Anthony Richardson didn't just go, I feel like they would have considered it for him to sit behind Geno and, and develop. But now this feels like a total defense pick from the Seattle Seahawks. And they need pass rush help. They don't have any good pass rushers in Seattle. And uh, we, we saw them last season. Like, they, they need a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball. But the offense does have some weapons. And they've got some young offensive linemen that they're hopeful will continue to develop. And we saw them play well at the start of last season mm-hmm. and kind of fall apart at the end. But I, I just think that was kind of wear and tear of an NFL season, especially when you have a guy like Geno Smith as your starting quarterback. That's the funny thing about the AFC-NFC thing right now is I think if you're a, the Seahawks and you're in the AFC, I think you're a lot likelier to say, hey, let's let's try to take a swing on this quarterback, on an Anthony Richardson, on somebody that can lead us to a, a different level of play than we're at right now. In the NFC right now, though, I think you can make the case that, hey, look, Geno is playing well enough for us right now. Let's just get a, a guy like a Jalen Carter or or any of these guys, like a you know a, a Christian Gonzalez, you know, someone that can really – impact their defense right away you know all of a sudden you know does that make them that much better where they are in the playoff race and they're in contending with other nfc contenders i mean that's the thing with with the nfc that's funny to me is just that there are so many you know there's there's so little i should say contenders the eagles are really that true team that everyone you know obviously feels good about but i mean besides them man i mean you know it's a lot of teams kind of trying to find figure stuff out you know the 49ers are trying to figure stuff out you know, obviously at the quarterback position, you know, even though they were, they, were, they were in a good spot last year. I mean, even the Cowboys, I mean, you know, they lost some players this offseason that they're going to have to kind of regroup. So, yeah, so I just think if you're the Seahawks, man, you got to you got to understand that, like, you could be a big play away from a big player away from kind of being one of these NFC contenders. And that's why you may be taking Jalen Carter or something. So, yeah, yeah. Sir, but we got to pick talking, in. So. Sir, is talking to, sir is talking to some uh, people, it sounds like. 
I don't know, man. You think back to that playoff game. They lost, though. They just felt like they ran out of gas up front. You know, Seattle, that is, against the 49ers in that wild card game. They were competitive until the fourth quarter. And then, you know, San Francisco did what they do. They put their, they, you know, they put their hand on the gas pedal and they just started pounding on them a little bit. So I, I think defensive line should be the pick here. They need guys that can go in there. They need guys that can, they need guys that can compete with Trent Williams in that offensive line in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, no, I, I I think if it is Jalen Carter here, which we don't know yet, um, I think that's just a home run home run kind of pick. I really think he's that good, and it's a good spot for him with Pete Carroll, like you mentioned. But hey, if it is Tyree Wilson too, you know, hey, I, I think that gives you a disruptor, right? And and again, you mentioned you know having someone that can go up against the Trent Williams and and the other guys in the NFC West. Um, yeah, I I definitely think Tyree Wilson has that. Has, you know, some disruption ability. You know, I'm not super high on Tyree Wilson as one of these top players in this class, but I definitely see him as a guy that can come in and, and definitely, you know, make offensive linemen's job hell right away. So he, He's like he's like Jadavian Clowney without the one big hit. Yeah. Something like, you know, he's going to play in the league for – I think Clowney a, is a good comp, honestly. He's going to, you know, he's going to play in the league for over a decade. He's got that elite height and size. And, you know, really, when you are built like that, you're always going to have a chance to play no matter where you at, kind of like Clowney has. Right. You know, Clowney's been a good but not great player, but he's been a reliable veteran. I think that's who Tyree Wilson I mean, turns into. Yeah, Jadavion hasn't produced a sack in, in God knows how long. So well, It looks like it's neither of the guys we just talked about. They're, they're trying to rebuild the Legion. Well, does this bring up an interesting point? Um, because that's the thing is, is if the chief, you know, if, uh, if Jalen Carter is going to, you know, fall past this pick, I mean, at some point, do we, you know, do we start thinking about how far is he going to slide? Because I think it, you know, we, he's such a good player and, and, you know, all the off season stuff that happened, uh, you know, obviously that he's going through. I mean, I, I've kind of, I kind of overlooked it as maybe, okay, you know, he's so good. He's still going to go pretty high, but taking a cornerback over Jalen Carter is, is pretty bold to me, honestly. Um, so that tells you maybe something here with them taking Devon Witherspoon, the Illinois cornerback. Okay. Yeah, I just, but I also, again, I feel like a cornerback is just such a Pete Carroll, uh, John Schneider move. Like, and their their secondary is not good either. Like their corners well, weren't particularly good last year. I know. Yeah. They had they had uh, Tariq Wallen. Yeah, which he was good. He he was a great rookie, but outside of him, their secondary was terrible last year. Yeah, no, I I think anything on defense would have would have done them well. They definitely need to get better on defense. Their defense has been atrocious uh, over the last couple of years, which is not Seattle Seahawks football, obviously having a bad defense. But that's the thing you're getting in Devon Witherspoon, an all around complete cornerback, right? This is a guy that is going to not only cover pretty well. I mean, he's not going to be known for his coverage ability, but obviously good enough to go this high, right? I think he is a pretty good cover player. But I think what really stands out when you watch Witherspoon is how willing he is to come up, fill against the run, you know, tackle on the outside, on the perimeter, kind of, you know, set the edge on outside runs. He's willing to do all of that. And I think Seattle loves that kind of player. They have him and then Tariq Warren on the other side. Those are two physically, you know, uh, you know, capable guys, obviously. Yeah, I, I think they got a pretty nice little cornerback duo there. I do, I do still think Jalen Carter would have been the better pick for them um, in terms of best player available, but. Witherspoon's going to have give you a lot to uh, root for as a Seahawks fan, I would say that. Yeah, well, you know, when they were in their heyday with the Legion of Boom, they won that Super Bowl, and, you know, they won those games based on how good their secondary was. It looks like that's still the mentality they have. And, you know, when it comes to Witherspoon, aggressive player. You know, he's going to break up a lot of passes. He might get called for some PIs here and there. But like you mentioned, the physicality in the box, yeah. that whole thing, that is something that I think Pete Carroll prides himself in. They, that defense in Seattle, it needs 
it needs like a it needs a guy like that, you know, a tone setter, and I think he can provide that. I think just a little bit. He just needs to work on his transitions a little bit from what I've seen. But you know, I think he's going to be a playmaker, and really they're starting to uh, they're starting to slowly but surely rebuild that defense a little bit in the way that you know Pete Carroll wants it built. So. Next on the clock is the Detroit Lions, correct? Yeah, this is – they might hit a home run with this pick. This is interesting because if I'm them, I'm taking Jalen Carter. Right. <laughs> like, imagine, this- imagine him uh, along that defensive line with, with what they are already building defensively there, like everything they've added to their cornerback room, all the playmakers that they had last season uh, uh, along their defensive line. I understand that Jamison Williams is going to be out for a while but that offense is already good like that offense already has playmakers like i really like the lions next season i think i'm taking him without even thinking about it right here from the detroit lions no that's the thing with the lions is their offense took a huge step last year and has become very good and and they have they've made it better this offseason just with some some off you know some offseason acquisitions in terms of like a david montgomery um kind of securing some other things there with the lions but their defense definitely still has some work to do, and it would be a huge thing for them to get a Jalen Carter. Uh, Devon Witherspoon was mocked to them quite a bit um, before, and I think he made a lot of sense for a, a Dan Campbell kind of team, that hard-nosed kind of football player. But, man, at the same time, a Dan Campbell kind of, kind of coach could definitely help a guy like Jalen Carter who could use some, you know, obviously just, just uh, you know, a, a good locker room, a good uh, culture, and I think the Lions have that. So I'm with you, sir. I think that would be a home run pick, and I, I think they would be a, a – a legitimate contender. I mean, they already kind of are, honestly. I think a pick That's, like Jalen Carter puts you a little bit over the top. I know they drafted Aiden Hutchinson, but they drafted another pass rusher like in the second round yep. last season. I can't from, think of his name. Uh, Jackson of State. Well, he was later in the draft. Um, yeah, he was like a seventh-round pick. Right, and he had six sacks for them last year, which the Chiefs did bring him in on a visit. I, I, I love to remind uh, the Chiefs of that, so don't. Don't mess up and not uh, pick up your HBCU pass rusher this year, Chiefs. Isaiah Land later. Uh, shout out Caleb for his hit him gem. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I think this has got to be Jalen Carter. But there's a trade. But there is a trade, people. <laughs> yes. Are- yeah, boys. Hey, so the, the Cardinals are back on the clock. Trade with the Lions. I just almost cussed because that, <laughs> that's so stupid. I get. I mean, they got they got the they got the extra first round pick next year out of this. I guess what unless they just gave it up to move back up from twelve. What are they going after here, though? I mean, yeah, I, they need they need a pass rusher bad. Um, I, I would have to imagine it's Jalen Carter. And I know a lot of the smoke around Jalen Carter. You know, the connection with the Cardinals. I should say lack of smoke because you know the 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 DUI thing with with their owner, their GM. I should say their GM, not I don't their know. owner. They could go offensive tackle too. Yeah, all the offensive tackles are still on the board. They're, we got Peter Skaronsky. They they the Cardinals legitimately have one of the worst rosters in the NFL right now. You know and what? Buda Baker wants out. DeAndre Hopkins wants out. Like they could use vert, pretty much everything except for quarterback. And so the full trade details here. So it's the number six pick is being sent. To the Cardinals for number 12 and 34 of this draft. So, a lot of smoke before the draft, pretty much right so, before the draft, was Paris Johnson Jr., right? The, the the Ohio State tackle with the Cardinals. I think they really like him. That's what the reports are, at least. Don't be surprised if that's him here being the first tackle off the board, which makes sense. I think Paris Johnson Jr. has the the profile and kind of the, uh, kind of the pedigree of a guy mm-hmm. that should be the first offensive tackle off the board. I don't agree that he's the best offensive tackle in this class, but 
I get why he's about to go maybe and here. So yeah. they're they're giving up 34, but they just got 33 back, right, from the Texans. Dude, this yes. is draft day. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Steve Kime did kind of call it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> two, two top 10 trades for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, so it's six for 12 and 34, which I don't think is a bad move for the Lions. Again, like, I would have just taken Jalen Carter there personally, but the Lions are, are are still moving in the right direction, I think. And the Lions, if they wanted to draft somebody, is the replacement to uh, Jared Goff. Like, I mean, Will Levis might still be there at twelve, right. so it might not be, and they pick up an extra second round pick. So it's not a terrible move for the Lions. I, <laughs> it's just funny <laughs> for the Arizona Cardinals, really, but. A team that has that many needs and not a lot of draft picks, like they they have more draft picks now than they did when we started the day. So, well, let's see who it is. Yeah, no, wow. I, I think I think the Cardinals have a long way to go. But you want to get guys that you believe in, and if they it's, believe in whoever they just traded up for, and it they're should clapping. be Jalen Carter. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is a tackle. Let's see. I know that there was just a lot of smoke late about Paris Johnson Jr. People were talking about him even at three just to secure him. That was obviously always a little a little bit uh, too much there, but we're going to see here. Yep. That, we'll talk about that in a second. That's okay, yeah, give me give me the the Twitter notifications. Let's go. <laughs> Why is it taking so long for this pick to come in? Yeah, no, I, I think it makes sense here. Kyler Murray needing some, you know, needing some more help. They have DJ Humphreys at one of their offensive tackles. Uh, It'd be hilarious if they took a tight end. <laughs> didn't they? Didn't they draft Trey McBride last year? Yes, they did. <laughs> Trey McBride. Hilarious. They still have Zach Ertz. It'd be hilarious if they took another tight end. Or did Zach Ertz retire? Is he done? No, I think is he's he still done? there. He's, he's still, still there. Playing. He was he's part still, of their uniform reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now this is going to be. Paris Johnson so, tackle. Oh, Called he's hype. He's hype. Yeah. Called it. You know, that's insane. He's got the that's classic. Insane. He's got the classic build. I had him as my number two offensive tackle. I put Peter Sko a little bit ahead of time. But when you do watch him, he was a guard last season at Ohio State. But you know, just with those physical intangibles, you've all seen the workout videos, and he's a physical, good football player. That's why they took him. He's going to be a guy that they see, you know, long term down the line. He's going to be Kyler's blindside protector. I, I mean, really, the only issue I'd have with his game is I think sometimes power rushers can give him a little bit of trouble at yep. times. But other than that, no, you want to run like a heavy outside zone scheme. He's got you. You know, you want to run a lot of, you know, screen passes. I think that's where he's going to be fantastic at, where he can get out in space. Also, and, you know, he's got some development to do with his hands. Yes. But they're taking a blank canvas, you know, and they're going to be able to do whatever they want with him. He just needs some developing. Yeah, no, to, to go off your point, I, I think you hit on two of the weaknesses that make me a little more hesitant with a, with a guy like Paris Johnson Jr. First of all, you know, not having the tackle experience like some of these other guys do. Uh, you know, obviously he was an offensive tackle in high school, but came in, came to Ohio State. They just wanted to get him on the, on the field, right? And, and so they played him at guard. Um, this last, you know, the 2021 season, this season, he, he moves to left tackle. And there's definitely some things where I think just with some more experience, maybe he gets better at it. But I do think you're right. I think, first of all, his hands get very wide. Um, he almost like lets his chest kind of get, uh, you know, get people to his chest because he kind of likes to grab on the outside rather than really tuck his hands, really keep those elbows tucked and hit the hit the uh, the inside pads. That, that's, that's a coaching point, right? That's something you can fix. 
I also do think, though, uh, you mentioned the power thing. I, I do think you, you see him kind of give up that inside shoulder quite a bit, um, and that's something that's a little scary sometimes. But, you know, it's not something that some of these other tackles in the in this class don't all, already also, you know, have, have to deal with. It's just – I do think, you know, Paris has a little bit more to go. Uh, you know, I, when he was playing guard, I'm not going to lie, sometimes it reminded me a little bit. I, I, I shouldn't even say this, but it reminded me a little bit of Cam Irving, and that's what maybe scared me off a little bit um, just with the way, again, he has these wide hands, man. I just feel like he kind of lets people get into his chest a little yeah. bit. But at the same time, I, I think he's got a high ceiling. Him and Broderick Jones are very high ceiling guys, and uh, it makes sense with his profile, his length. I mean, he has like 36-inch arms, yeah. right, Caleb? Wasn't yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, just ridiculous, ridiculous length. Well, I get why the NFL is very high on him. And that's a, that's at least one player you could point to and say, like, there wasn't really, like, the, the smoke wasn't fake on him. Like, there was all kinds of reports this week leading up to the draft about, oh, Paris Johnson's going to be the first tackle off the board. Like, the NFL is really, really high on him as a prospect. And I, I still think it, it's insane, like, for a team that needs that many pieces. But, yeah, I mean, I guess you get Kyler Murray, his tackle, and – as a team that had an okay offensive line a couple of years ago and all those guys kind of aged out and now they're rebuilding. So it, it, it makes sense for the Arizona Cardinals. They just did it in a weird roundabout way, making two top 10 trades, which, which is fun. Um, but so looking ahead now, Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock. I mean, this feels like Will Levis, right? Like Will Levis, I feel like fits, Josh McDaniels like to a T like exactly what he is looking for in a quarterback because Josh McDaniels I don't find to be a very creative uh, play caller or like run a super like creative offensive system I think a lot of the infrastructure in New England was dependent on Brady's adaptability and him being like okay what do you got for me okay I'll figure out how to make it work but Will Levis seems like a total Josh McDaniels pick right here. If you're the Las Vegas Raiders and him still being available and falling, like that's I feel like that's the scenario they were looking for in this draft. I will say, I, I, I would, I don't think the Raiders are going to go quarterback here. I really feel like they are going to ride the Jimmy G train, you know, whether that's a good idea or not. I, I yeah. do feel like that's what they want to do. And so I would look at Peter Skaronsky here, possibly uh, someone that can play tackle and guard, you know, depending on, you know, they, they, they need, they need any kind of offensive line help. So I do think that that makes sense for them here. Um, but Christian Gonzalez too, the Oregon cornerback is also on the board, an athletic freak, kind of that all around corner um, in terms of a coverage player. You know, I, I do think, I do think he makes a lot of sense. You know, they have not addressed their, their secondary very well at all over these years. Um, you know, last time they used a first round pick on a corner, he was out of the league within a year or two. So I, I do think I do think it makes sense for them to kind of address those two positions if they do believe in Jimmy G and kind of want to ride that train. But, you know, it is tempting too. you know, Josh McDaniels, you know, uh, the, the new GM there, too. You kind of get to extend your career or, you know, kind of your 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 stay there a little bit it's, if you get a quarterback. I think if uh, I think if you're the Raiders here and you have a chance to get Jalen Carter and pair him with Max Crosby, you absolutely yeah. have to do that. You know, the Chiefs have physically dominated you multiple times up front, specifically with this offensive line that, you know, the Chiefs have built. They've got to come up with an answer for that. And I think, you know, they may be tempted to go Will Levis. They are going to want to find some offensive line help for Jimmy G. They can probably find some of that a little bit later on down the line. They're going to have a chance to add – a very rare defensive tackle prospect of which there are very few with already a guy who I consider a top five edge rusher in the NFL and Max Crosby. It's a dummy proof pick. So the Raiders will probably, 
find a way yeah. to mess it up. But so. yeah, that's when they take Darius Hayward Bay or <laughs> classic or Josh Bay. Jacobs or Jonathan Abram. Like we say that all the time, but then the Raiders screw it up all of the time. It's yeah, I mean that would make the most sense. I just think that if you're Raiders ownership, if you're Mark Davison, if you're Josh McDaniels, like you just can't look at what the Chiefs are doing and what the Chargers are doing in this division and think that Jimmy G is going to be enough for right. you to, for you to ever for you to ever ever challenge in the AFC West. Like I, I just don't, and even. You know, I, I'm not really a believer in Russell Wilson and, and the Broncos, but I find it hard to believe that their coaching situation with Sean Payton isn't going to be better than it was with Nathaniel Hackett, which, like, I feel like Sean Payton at least gives you, like, a like three to four more wins than they had last season because he's just a competent coach and he'll get more out of them than Nathaniel Hackett did last season. So, like, you know, the Raiders, you just can't be, like, you can't look at this transition period of – it's we're moving on from Derek Carr, but we're bringing in from Jimmy G and we're going to tuck ourselves into competing that way because they're just not going to like, they're just not. Well, and if, if they were that way, they probably should have just kept Derek Carr because he's a much better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I would say. But um, yeah, I, that's the thing though. They, they do still have a great uh, set of weapons around whoever they, they want to play at quarterback. I mean, you still have Devonte Adams. You still have, you know, uh, you know, uh, Hunter in the slot, Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Um, you know, Darren Waller. Well, Darren, they did trade um, Darren Waller. I apologize. I, I got to go find have. Ron the show. Hughley. He can't find us. So <laughs> I will be right back. You guys hold down the we'll, fort. We'll hold down the fort. Well, Caleb, I think we kind of saw saw who they may be considering, although I don't want to say it until we for sure see who they have. But we'll it's a guy him. that would address the defensive line, that would help the defensive line. Yeah. But I think, I don't know. I, I, I think there is some hesitation if you're the Raiders here with, with maybe taking a Jalen Carter, right? Because of what you just went through with Henry Ruggs, you know, that kind of thing, you know, dangerous driving, reckless driving. I mean, that is exactly what Jalen Carter went through, and he's not going to yeah. Las Vegas, is he? We got no, someone else here, here. They're going with another very good prospect who we mentioned just a minute ago. All right, it's on ESPN. It's official. It's Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. And like we mentioned about him a little bit ago, just a giant frame. I think Jadavian Clowney's a very good comparison for a guy like him. He's going to be able to just be like your classic 4-3 defensive end, and he'll honestly pair in well. You know, Chandler Jones is towards the end of his career. This is the replacement for that. If you want to beat the Chiefs, if you want to beat the Chargers, you've got to be able to rush the passer from the edge, and that's exactly what they're going to be attempting to do. You know, both. You know, they got uh, – Max Crosby and Wilson, that could be a formidable – that's going to be a formidable group of players to go against in the future. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a team in our division, so I think there's some some further kind of breakdown we can do here. Um, you know, Tyree Wilson was definitely not someone I was super high on. You know, five years in college, just didn't really – wasn't really able to turn it on until his last year there. Obviously, one big 12 player, the defensive player of the year, um, was a very dominant force there, but – you know, he just wins a lot with with that that power, right? Just kind of overwhelming offensive linemen. Um, you know, he does get off the ball very well, very quickly, Uh-oh. and he just picks up Roger Goodell, kind of showing off some of that. Uh, yeah, so that's the thing is, is he's a disruptor at the bare minimum, and it's why he's a, such a high pick. I think he just has that high floor where he's going to be a disruptor. Whether or not that turns into kind of a all-around player, um, I, I'm still kind of skeptical. But at the very minimum, 
Chiefs offensive linemen are going to have kind of their hands full when they're going against them, uh, when they're going against a guy like Tyree Wilson, because he's just not going to make it easy. Um, even if you maybe don't let him get to the quarterback, he's still not going to make your life easy. So uh, that's definitely just just not a fun one for Chiefs offensive linemen to, to see, I would say. Well, we'll, you know, I'm sure at some point there'll be, you know, some play where they run him on a twist inside and he's probably going to have his welcome to the NFL moment. Because I'd say I-65 will probably be looking to, you know, greet him in the way that Trey Smith has been known to greet people in the past. So hey, yes, sir. We'll be – That'll be a fun matchup to watch. That kind of, you know, brings up another point. The Chiefs, do you think the run on tackles is getting ready to start? I mean, Paris Johnson's the Paris only one off, off so far. And we've gotten, you know, uh, two edges only off the board so far. Kind of an interesting draft so far. Not not any runs yet. I mean, the quarterbacks, obviously, are three quarterbacks. But we all expected that. Um, I do think, though, if you look at kind of the next teams coming up, you know, the Atlanta Falcons uh, could obviously – you know, I think they were maybe looking hard at potentially using using Tyree Wilson. They could look at Jalen Carter, though. I think they could use, even though they have still, um, uh, you know, your got your boy there, uh, Grady Jarrett. Uh, he is yep. still there, but you could always use more, uh, you know, defensive linemen. I think their offensive line, you know, it's not set or anything, but they have good players there. They may not want to feel the need to address it. Could this be the B. John Robinson spot? Because honestly, you know, they've taken Drake London, they've taken uh, Zach P- or Kyle Pitts over the last couple of years. Does it make sense for them to kind of keep that ball rolling, keep that train rolling, and kind of have a, another skill position player to kind of make the offense better for Desmond Ritter? Right. Um, or could they go Will Levis a quarterback? Levis? I don't know. Yeah. Yes. What do you think, Caleb? I, this is a tough one. They need, th- you know, they really need to work on their, they really need to build up that defense. But the way they like to play, you know, Arthur no. Smith. What happened? They, uh, Where's the show? He's on his way. Okay. Oh. Okay. He's on his way. CJ Stroud's out in the hallway doing interviews, so he's trying to talk to CJ Stroud. Well, we were just talking about, uh, obviously, the Falcons pick coming up. Um, they just have, you know, the Falcons pick is coming up here. They have, you know, guys on the board like Jalen Carter. They could uh, they could go there. They what have, was the last pick? I did not see so the uh, the Raiders went with Tyree Wilson, the Texas Tech edge rusher. Um, so That's crazy, Jalen man. Carter is starting to slip <laughs> a little bit. Jalen Carter is. is starting to slip a little bit. Okay, so we'll see. see here. We'll see if that continues because you know the Falcons are a team that could take best player available. They just kind of need a lot of different things. Chicago, um, Chicago, Chicago would make a ton of sense. It, it definitely would. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to see here because I, I or, think Jalen Carter can't slip too long. I He's mean, not slipping out of the top ten. We've heard that, right? It wouldn't, I think. Be, it wouldn't be crazy for Philadelphia to take him and just figure it out. Like they just, They're yeah. notorious for just loading up on those defensive line bodies and figuring it out. Well, yeah, I, th- I think the, the rumor about him going top ten at the, very, uh, at the very least is very true because I think the Eagles are not going to let him fall anymore, and that is going to make them that much better of a team than they already are. Losing Vernon Hargrave, you think they're going to finally get maybe a little worse at something, and all of a sudden they would get Jalen Carter. Um, I'm hoping that doesn't happen, even though they're in another conference. We don't have to see them, although we will play them next year, I guess. But Those uh, those top two edges are off the board. This is kind of starting to feel like maybe Van Ness territory. It's starting to feel like oh, yeah. Nolan Smith territory. That's getting ready to be coming up here also. Well, that's the thing, you know, Lucas Van Ness is, is a very intriguing prospect. I feel like he is someone the Eagles may be interested in as well at 10 if Jalen Carter is not there. Um, you know, number 12 is also, uh, you know, the uh, the Cardinals. Or no, they traded back up, so that would be the Lions now. 
the Lions are a team that would definitely make sense for Van Ness as well. I just feel like, yeah. uh, you know, he's a guy that's going to disrupt. They need more help on the pass rushing part of it. The Bears, though, I, I do think the Bears are a team that could make a pick at that tackle. You talk about the run on tackle starting maybe co- coming up soon. I think they could definitely take Peter Skaronsky. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's, you know, kind of a local kid, you know, went to Northwestern. Um, but, you know, there's also, you know, the possibility they needed Jalen Carter. Bijan Robinson with Justin Fields. I mean, that's a fun possibility. I don't know if it's a smart move if you're the Bears who really need a lot of help in different positions. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think there's a lot of different ways they could go there for sure. So I'm starting to think, you know, if you're Brett Veach and you're starting to see this, these guys, these you know, edge rushers and tackles starting to fall a little bit, are you getting a little antsy? You starting to check the phone, right? You know, do we have a situation like that unfolding? That's and I'm, I'm honestly surprised that Carter's fallen this far to eight. I didn't really it's, see this coming. I feel like this is the Bijan pick. Like, right, we were talking about that when you were gone, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that makes the most sense. Arthur Smith is like, oh, my God, Derek, Derek Henry-esque kind of running back that I can feed my entire offense through. Like, I feel like that's exactly what he is about. Um, Poor Tyler Algier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he he showed some flashes as a rookie too. Like he was the best running back on that team uh, by midseason because Cordero Patterson fell apart. Yeah, and the Eagles just traded up to nine. The Eagles up to oh my god, that's got to be Jalen Carter. It's, yeah, it's, it's got to be Jalen Carter. The it, Bears threatened them, saying, "Hey, look, we're gonna take Jalen Carter if you don't trade up with us right now." Yeah, we I know think, you want him, and that's it. That's I, and I think Ryan Poles is a smart general manager. I think that's a yeah. savvy move by him. Get Very what, savvy. Get get what he can for moving back a couple of spots in a team that needs that has multiple needs. Called it, Serta. That that is that is such an Eagles move. Like they don't even need the defensive line help, but they're like, yeah, we'll get him on the field and we'll make sure that he's a problem. <laughs> like like that's that's just exactly what Howie and the Eagles. Fletcher do. Fletcher Cox doesn't have a lot of days left in this league. You know, it's, Hargrave is going to be and Jordan, well, Hargrave just left. Yeah, oh, so Jordan and exactly. Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, I think, could really take a step forward in year number two. Like that defensive line is going to be ridiculous. The Philadelphia Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, I like, Dean's there I too. Like yeah, we can, we can lock that in, right? Like they moved up that one spot to make sure that they get well, him. It makes too much sense. And and the Bears knew exactly who they wanted, and that's why they did it. But the Falcons oh, do go with Bijan Robinson. See, man. What a fun <laughs> skill position okay. group down in Atlanta. I mean, my God. It is. If Desmond Ritter could, if they could figure it out, like if, if they could actually throw the football. I really bit. wish. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. That's a pretty insane offensive core. Why couldn't this be the Lamar team? Why couldn't this be the team that went out and got <laughs> Lamar? Because that would have just been such a fun offense yeah. with all those different moving I mean, positions with Arthur Smith, who is, you know, he is a very creative offensive, uh, you know, system kind of guy. You know, he can get a lot of stuff out of his guys. So. I'm excited about that one. I think that's a great spot for Bijan, honestly. It's yeah. He's going to I mean, he's going to get fed like Derrick Henry did. Exactly. In, in that offense, but they have to figure out a way to get Drake London and Kyle Pitts involved. Like they have to figure out how to utilize those guys because yeah. those guys are elite level playmakers and last season they were just like with Marcus Mariota they were like we don't even want to throw the football. Like right. we're we're not even trying to. We'll throw the football 12 times a game run it 40 times a game and see if we can win that way. Well, they, they got to open up some of these play action passes. And I think that's what they're going to do. You remember when Tennessee 
when Ryan Tannehill was at his very best when Arthur Smith was the OC. Right. It was when they had the threat. You know, they could be able to, you know, have Derrick Henry. He's the pounder. So then all of a sudden, you know, these teams are creeping up because they're thinking we got to stack the box. We got to stop these guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tannehill, when he was in rhythm, playing on time and throwing the ball to uh, A.J. Brown, he was typically decent at it. He was pretty good at times. I know they gave the Chiefs some trouble at times with some of those play-action passes into some middle-concept routes. That's what that's what they've got to get to if they really want Desmond Ritter to develop as a player. But now, you know, there's a whole nother. You know, I've mentioned Tyler Algier a minute ago. I think he's a fine little running back. He's a good rotational guy. You have a rare running back prospect who, if this were, let's say this is 20 years ago, he's probably the number one player off the board. Hundred percent. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same school, but I mean, Ricky Williams. I mean, they. You know, a team traded their entire draft to draft him. I mean, that's the kind of player that Bijan Robinson is. And, and, and the thing with the Falcons, though, is, is even if this doesn't make them a successful team in 2022, you're setting whoever the future quarterback is up oh, yeah. to have a really nice group around him to play with. You know, it, it's just kind of like the Jets last year, right? I mean, not, not the exact same because I think the Jets are a much better roster. But, you know, you may have a crappy quarterback right now, but that doesn't mean next year there's not a quarterback that's going to look at your surroundings and say, I want to go play for them when they're unhappy because that's how today's NFL is. Is there going to be an unhappy quarterback and he's going to try to get out next year? So we'll see how, who we'll see who that is because I think Atlanta is a great spot for whoever that is. It, it, it is still crazy to me. And I, I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories in the NFL here, but I think it is absolutely collusion by the league that nobody tried to make an offer for Lamar Jackson. Uh, but like Desmond Ritter, like I think Desmond Ritter could wind up being like an okay starter in the nfl yeah, yeah like yeah. he was my qb1 last year actually yeah but like in a really bad quarterback class like <laughs> yeah like, say much. like i i don't I, but i don't know i don't think that he's ever gonna necessarily develop into like a franchise guy so it, again it still feels like you're just kind of treading water there but man that that trio if they can figure out how to be an effective offensive team that is filthy like they're, they're gonna have a lot of options on their hands yeah it's just gonna come down to that development but like you said though they're just gonna hammer the hammer the play action passes and honestly you make the ricky williams comparison i'm i'm gonna be that guy but he runs a lot of routes out of the back really does a lot of stuff like that does he remind you of a certain number 25 former chief who also went to the university of texas <laughs> elite receiving running back in some regards so yeah, I mean Jamal was just special. You know yeah. that speed was special. That that Eagles pick was just like bang. <laughs> we got it. We know where we're Oh, going. is it in? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got it. <laughs> the, rich, the, yeah. rich, the rich get richer. Yeah, Eagles so said, Eagles said we traded we traded up one pick to make sure we get this dude because our pass rush that led the NFL with like 70 plus sacks last season and we're going to get the best player on the board because everybody else was scared to take it. So do we think the in the Bears' position that moving back a spot for an extra fourth round pick is worth not having Jalen Carter? Because why don't you just sit there and take him? Why no, don't you just take no, him? No, but I also like I also didn't agree with a lot of the moves that Ryan Poles was making last off season, where they did absolutely nothing in free agency and like hoarded just cap space, yeah, and, and tried to accumulate some draft picks and stuff, but like. It's not like they were accumulating like huge high value draft picks, but them also being able to trade away that number one pick from the Carolina Panthers like gives them a little bit more flexibility. So 
I would assume that's their thought process there. Like at some point though, like you kind of, you, you could find yourself kind of falling into like the Chris Ballard thing with Indianapolis where, yeah, every year everybody praises you for drafting these, these guys that they view as good players and accumulating draft picks. But eventually you have to accumulate playmakers and superstars. And so when you're in position, a position to do that in the NFL draft, I mean, barring like significant, significant offers, I'm not really looking to do that. Like I would take Jalen Carter. I would think about it, but I, I just don't, I mean, you're only moving back one spot. So there must be somebody there on the board that they're like, we a hundred percent want this guy. I assume right. it's going to be an offensive tackle probably. Yeah. I think Skaronsky makes um, a lot of sense, here. which, you know, he might've been the guy that they were like, we, we would have taken him top five if we were still in the top five or something like that. So they're still getting their guy in the long run, but this, unless the Eagles just shock us and take him here, which would be funny, but it's got to be Jalen Carter. That's got to be the selection. Yeah, let's take a look at who this is. I mean, no, and 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 I, I do know that, you know, uh, yep. yeah, it's Jalen Carter. Carter. I, I, I do know that Jordan Davis was a mentor to Jalen Carter yeah, at Georgia. Right. You know, that was an important thing that I think a lot of people pointed out as a reason why Jalen Carter would make a lot of sense for Philly. And now I'm curious. I mean, who knows how far he would fall if Philly wasn't the team to kind of stop it. Maybe Philly's just that unique of a, of a franchise of a team where they feel like so confident that they can, uh, you know, uh, you know, make him you know better in their locker room and their culture. But that's the thing is like, if the Eagles didn't stop that slide, who knows? Maybe, maybe he does fall a lot further and the chiefs have a chance to go get him. Uh, but that's, yeah. that's that, not the case. That defensive line is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> take, take away the off field stuff. You have a hard time with that guy not going to one of the top two, you know, well, just even even with some of the quarterback discrepancies on the board. But with him, he's just a combination of size and quickness that is rare in the league. You know, it's getting hard. It's hard to find interior defensive linemen who move like he does, the way he swats hands, the way he gets after people the way he can make, you know, guards' lives a nightmare. And he just fits in what the Eagles want to do. They win up front on defense. It's who they are. It's what got them to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I'm sure they are sitting there thinking afterwards, they're like, well, we couldn't get any pressure on Mahomes. You know, Trey Smith and Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, you know, we, we, we don't have – our guys couldn't compete with them. Because let's be honest, the last time the Eagles stepped on the football field, they got their defensive line got pushed around quite a bit by the Chiefs' offensive line. Yeah. You know, the Chiefs were taking it to them, just hammering them. They're thinking, you know, we got to continue just to build toughness. You know, we've had one departure on the defensive line. Fletcher Cox can't play forever, so they've got the next guy ready. And, you know, him and Jordan Davis, I think that they might be getting ready to get back to their their tandem like they had at the University of Georgia. It could be getting ready to be a special duo on the interior. And I, I think that Jordan Davis was really good as a rookie, but, like, once he got banged up, he he kind of struggled to like bounce back and show the kind of impact that he had early on in his rookie season. But I think that he's obviously got tons of upside still. And then Jalen Carter, who many people thought could be the you know top number one overall pick, top two pick, to get him at nine, and all you had to do was toss a fourth round pick <laughs> to move up that one spot in the first round. That's pretty insane, dude. Yeah, I mean, imagine. The Eagles, the team that just went to the Super Bowl, the team that yeah. looks like the it's best team still, in the conference. It's got another first round pick later tonight. And 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 came out of this draft with possibly the best overall player in the entire draft. It's it, it is really 
and I, and I, I love everything the Eagles are, are doing and our, our friends at uh, bleeding green nation do really, really good work here at SB nation. But like, man, that's frustrating. Last year, Howie gets AJ Brown and they have a, and they have a great draft class. Um, he knows exactly the kinds of players that they want. He builds along the trenches every single year, and it seems like they just rotate offensive linemen in and out, rotate pass rushers in and out, and they're good every single year like that. Like That's yeah. how you stay good, and they're really, really good, and they're going to be really, really good next season. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Adding, adding Jalen Carter, adding that young of a player to that already ridiculous pass rush, like – I wouldn't be surprised at all if we just see the Eagles in the Super Bowl again next season. No, I mean, you have to build in the trenches if you want to win consistently in the National Football League. That's why you've seen the Chiefs go out and spend resources along both of those positions also. You know, they're in a similar position to the Eagles. Now, the Eagles, they're going to have to rely on the draft a little bit more now that they have Hurts under contract. But, you know, continuing to have an elite-level defense is going to be big for them. And, you know, just looking down the board, you got Chicago feels like they might be in the market for a tackle. Will Levis, is, he's falling to Tennessee perfectly. If Vrabel is going to take a, take a crack at drafting a quarterback, this might be the situation. Detroit's coming back up. No telling which direction they'll go back in. And then Green Bay and the uh, – and the Patriots kind of feels like we might be getting ready to see some wide receiver movement it's, possibly also. Can we I, I was I was gone looking for on the show Hughley when the Raiders pick, but can we talk about that? I'm sure you guys already <laughs> covered it in depth. But again, that's another one of those Raiders pick where you're like, Wait, who was available and that's who you took? Like what what are we doing here, Vegas? Yeah, no, we, we, we talked about it a little bit. I'm not super high on Tyree Wilson, but I just do think he's at the minimum a disruptor, right? He's going to disrupt. He's, he's going to beat some offensive <laughs> linemen up, but he he's We're he's kinda, definitely kinda someone that here. I think kinda is a little tight. overrated. Reminds me of Marcus Davenport a little bit from a few years ago, the Saints pass rusher. But uh but yeah, we got we got two Rons on the show now, so it's about to be hype. Yeah. Double Ron, <laughs> double the fun. I mean you don't have to if you don't want to, but it's just just kind of works better for I everybody. I just want to hear these fellas. Yeah, you don't have to hear. You don't have to <laughs> round the show, Hughley. You can't see him on the camera because we just do not have enough space. <laughs> um, we're working with what we got, but he is joining us for a few minutes after uh, his Houston Texans just shocked the world. Don't, 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 first off, don't <laughs> let's do Don't place them as my Houston Texans. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I they, mean, I mean, are you here to cover the Kansas City Chiefs? Or are you here to cover the I'm, Houston I'm Texans? Covering them all here is what I am, right? <laughs> Do I work for Arrowhead Pride? Yes. <laughs> now I cover them. Yes. Uh, but uh, no, they, they're the talk of the draft right now. Um, and I, I tell you, I, 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 for the Chiefs, I remember this moment when they moved up to go get Patrick Mahomes and they moved up 17 spots. And, you know, you got people who say, oh, should they, should they give up that much? I, I love, if I'm a fan, I want my team to go for it. Yeah. I, I, I want my team. To say to hell with it, we ain't gonna sit here and wait around and kick the can and hope it comes to us. I like my team to go make it happen. Now they, now the Texans went and made it happen to the tune of pick twelve, pick thirty three, the first round pick next year, third round pick next year, and they they went and made it happen. Well, but they got they, who they wanted. Wow, number ten for Darnell. I was hoping wow. he would fall a little bit oh, farther. No. Um, 
Yeah, Chicago Bears just drafted Tennessee tackle Darnell Wright. Fantastic pick. Uh, they yeah, they need that. They they need a uh, tackle bad. I have Justin Fields on my dynasty team. Uh, thank you. Stop. This getting no him some protection. What are you doing? He is a cornerstone of my franchise. This is not about your fantasy. Um, Vince Cerda, right? Here. It, it is. It is for me, man. I love Justin Fields. <laughs> this is this is a huge, huge number ten overall you, selection for me. I, I don't mean to go off course. It kind of feels, and we're kind of forced in this room. But yeah. it feels like we're, we're the only we're the only people who are actively doing a live like show. It, in here, it, by it, the what way. it feels like that Saturday Night Lines, Saturday Night Live skit where they talk about the sweaty balls and they're like, <laughs> and they're really low, they're low voice. This is what it feels like we're doing right now. Okay. Yeah, but we're I in mean, these like yeah. it, this isn't like for for Caleb and and Ron Cobb. One time, me and Ron had to do a live radio show at a Chiefs charity event. Yeah. that was put on by Dontari Pose. Uh, charity at the time and they start this thing they set our radio broadcast up like right in front of the stage and so we start this thing and it is dead silent and we're supposed to be doing a live radio (laughs) broadcast so we're just sitting there like yeah so uh chris jones is up on the stage with dontari poe right now like whispering the entire time and people were like still looking at us because we were like, why are we doing a radio show here? But we got to fill three hours and figure it out. And this isn't as bad. Like we're, we're, we're no, kind of shoulder to shoulder, but better. we can at least but talk. But it, it was every time we felt like we could really get after it, they started getting real quiet. Yeah, Mr. Ron Cop and I aren't exactly mainstays of these kinds of things. So I think we're just happy to get in the door right now. <laughs> These are some great cookies, by the way. They were awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're eating it. Hey, you're speaking into one of our microphones. I'm by sorry. The way, I by really the way, um, with the Darnell Wright pick to the Bears, um, that's another offensive lineman taken by Ryan Poles. Let's take a look at some of the guy. You know, he's played a major hand in the Chiefs getting Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. He was a big-time evaluator under Brett Veach when he was here in Kansas City. He's a former you know, Division One offensive lineman at Boston College. I think that's another fantastic pickup by him. I had Wright as my second best OT in the class. He's off the board now. Peter Sko still on the board, but the Titans got that pick in fast. It's, man. I, do do you think with Darnell right? Like, because I, I this, we talked about it last week on show and BK. Um, like he was the guy I wanted. Like if the Chiefs are going to trade up and get a tackle, I was hoping that Darnell Wright would fall a little bit more and like kind of fall into that window where the Chiefs had an opportunity to trade up for him. But like. It, it, like, is that like, is there another offensive tackle that's still available right now? That if you're the Chiefs, like, say that guy falls to like 16 or 17, like, are you like, okay, we got to get on the phone and start making calls? I think if Peter Scoro, Sco or Broderick, or Broderick Jones get to that point, you got to make the call because even though Sco's got the short arms, his hand leverage is elite, his footwork is elite. It's just that one knock on him. But, you know, that's been enough to scare enough teams away from it right now. And then Jones, you know, he's just – he's built like the Terminator. You know, he's a physical guy. You know, you got offensive linemen built like Darnell Wright. You got offensive linemen built like Broderick Jones, you know. Just two different builds, same goal can be accomplished. But I think, you know, they'd be at least worth inquiring a call. It feels like the Steelers probably want to get one of those guys. Yeah, right. I know the uh, Thomas are really high on, and that might be someone you'd have to, to get in front of. Um, but I don't like – I don't – it doesn't feel like to me. We talked about this on the podcast. Uh, it doesn't feel like um, they need they nec- they need to go move up. 
Like, I, it just doesn't feel pressing to me. For, right. for offensive tackles specifically? Because, I mean, yeah, I like I think it. really anywhere, but really for off, even offensive tackles, we're talking about it. It's to just say, man, we it's a need. We got it. Now, if you go, if you like somebody, as I just said, if you've got right. conviction on somebody, sure, go get it. By the way, I haven't been, I've missed the last couple of picks. Is this where Bill Levis goes? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Billy right Levis. If he, if he doesn't go here, I think he's going to slide for a bit. Unless yeah. Washington decides to pick got, him up at number 16. They got that pick in real quick. Because Houston's not going to take him. Green Bay's not going to take him. New England's not going to take him. The Jets aren't going to take him. It is interesting to me, though. I mean, we're talking about the offensive tackles. I mean, I, I definitely expected Broderick Jones to go before Darnell Wright, and that's surprising to me that that he didn't. Um, I It maybe tells you that they really like what they see from Darnell Wright in terms of the NFL, but I don't know. Broderick Jones has a lot of things to like about him. I think, yeah, if he gets too far down, I mean, he becomes a, a, a very intriguing prospect, but – that's the thing, man. I mean, I really like Anton Harrison at the at the back of the the back of the round as well. And I mean, you know, I don't know if he's going to make it all the way there because we do have offensive tackles, you know, off the board pretty early right now. But I don't know. I I, I think yeah, if, if they don't want to move up for Broderick Jones, and I think Anton Harrison's a nice little consolation prize at the bottom if they still want to go with offensive tackle. I think I don't know. The more I think about it, guys, the more I feel like off you know getting that fifth spot is kind of a luxury. More you know, more so you know having those four guys you already have on the offensive line you feel really good about. You know, is a fifth more of a luxury than not? I don't know. I I'd want a guy, and it's the second offensive tackle protecting Mahomes' edges, right? The edges of the pocket. But at the same time, if you got four other guys you feel really good about, maybe you can kind of you know maybe piece together that fifth spot a little. You know, you can justify it a little more piecing it together. You brought up Mahomes. I'd like to tell a story. (laughs) <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, we've Let's been waiting for it. this. We've been waiting for this. Uh, this is the first time I'm telling this story. Um, <laughs> this is going to lead our show tomorrow in Houston. I just want to throw this out. Um, the NFL might want might want to take a dabble and maybe improve their security their security Listen, man, detail. I don't know if it's a Kansas City thing. I don't know if it's, it's just. A if, lot I, I think on. it's. I, I tend to think it's an NFL thing because it has been a little disorganized this year. I, I, I've been in three of these things. It does not feel like it's that, that well organized this year. Now, listen. I'm going to tell you what. Now we were we were walking over to where the draft area is across the street from here, and we were trying to find like maybe a media area, like similar to last year was all con- or we went to Nashville it was connected, and someone said, "Oh yeah, media. Oh, you go this way." Okay, we went around back. Now, little did we know at the time, we didn't know we were on the back backstage deal. I, I remember we we're walking through, and uh, we saw. You know, some people there were like, okay. They said, yeah, go down here. Oh, your your badge doesn't yeah. work here. Go to the one on the end. Okay. Lady said, <laughs> no, yours works in the middle. Okay. We went to the middle. There was nobody there standing at that one. <laughs> and I hit it. And, and I don't, I didn't really look at it. I'm not sure, but I don't know if the light said green or red, but <laughs> I just walked up the stairs, walked in, opened up a door, walked into a room, bam, right to my, right, right in my eyes. Brittany Mahomes, right to the right, <laughs> right to the right, Pat Mahomes and his children sitting on the bench playing around. And the three of us on my team walked up there. And we said, okay, well, this doesn't feel like the right spot, but I'm certainly not going to leave this yeah, until right. someone tells me. I'm not going to walk out. And we just keep walking. And Pat is just really, like, intrigued on what's happening. <laughs> and he is just staring us down. The handler then looks, comes over to him and says, hey, guys, what do you get? Where are you guys supposed to be? <laughs> and of course, I just say, "Well, uh, we have these here." He goes, "Yeah, you're not in the right place." <laughs> so we're like, okay. it's, I, I, And then five I, minutes later, we see 
Mahomes and Kelsey come from the backside. And there was another big fella in that room. I don't think it was Kelsey, but <laughs> I just I just don't think that it should be that easy for three people to walk no. into the room with Patrick Mahomes and, and his family. When we first got here, you know, we were trying to figure out how to get to the draft experience because we're we're uh we're we're in the west and like across the street from the draft. Yes, my is, where, is where the media center is. Um, and so we're trying to figure it out. We're walking all back and forth, all different directions, and nobody seems to be able to tell us which way go. we need to go. Yeah, yeah we found nobody that. seems. And granted, like I understand this thing is like the biggest NFL draft ever, the longest or whatever, but nobody seems to have any idea where anything <laughs> is at this year. Um, Looks so like we're another. figuring it out. We got it figured out. It took us a really long time to figure it out, and we had to walk really far, but we made it back in time, and everything's good. Um, Looks like another tackle's yeah, off the board. The Titans the did yeah, take Skaronsky. tackle Peter Skaronsky, oh, which, God. again, like that—that's not that—that's not an <laughs> unexpected pick for them. Their offensive line was bad last season, and Taylor Luan's no longer with them, and they had a good offensive line for several years under Vrabel, but it's it's kind of fallen apart over the last couple of years. So they needed help there, but. Yeah, I think I, I really thought that they would take a serious look at Will Levis. And now I oh, think God. if he doesn't go to Washington, it, it could be a while unless unless could Detroit be, decides they want to they want to go after him right now or be, at 18. This could be a move. Minnesota may try to go up to get him. There have been a lot yeah. of conversation about them trying to go up to get Bill. Somebody get this man a coffee and mayonnaise. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, Detroit, well, Detroit moving back, like they could, they could easily take him right here. Though I, I think there's better players on the board for Detroit to try to grab and, and hope that Levis falls to them at 18 if they're interested in doing. Well, if the Chiefs want to dress offensive tackle in the first round, it is not looking good right now. Uh, they yeah. have, there's three tackles off the board in the first 11 picks, um, and and if they want an offensive line that's going to protect him better than the security here is going to protect Mahomes from people getting into his private spaces. Uh, they're definitely going to need. They're definitely yeah. going to need to either move up quite a bit for that Broderick Are Jones. You serious? Wow. Whoa. Jameer Gibbs. Whoa, whoa, Are they going to cut DeAndre Swift? They just gave David Montgomery a bunch of money. Whoa. Jameer Gibbs is the first back. Off the <laughs> Hold on, did Bijan went. Bijan went. Bijan went to Atlanta. But twelve. Wow. Wow. But twelve. They signed David Montgomery this offseason. And they still have DeAndre Swift. Wow, holy s ball! Are they going to cut DeAndre Swift? What is going? Well, you know, <laughs> back by committee. Damn man. it! Really no, they're, like they're him, man. I, they're I, full, I love him. They, there could be a trade for DeAndre Swift. I think the Chiefs no, need to I mean, maybe even think about that. I mean, if DeAndre Swift's going to be on the board, yeah. Look at the I, I speed mean, they got. They got. On it's Sw team. Swift is just they. They must be like they'll they'll play DeAndre Swift, but e even the way they kind of used him last season, where once he was healthy again, like he wasn't getting a ton of snaps. Like he was still, he was basically playing less than 50% of the snaps with Ooh. Jamal Williams last year. Just, and look at his playmakers. They just, it's got, putting out there, though. it's oh. gotta, it's gotta be Detroit just doesn't have faith in Deandre Swift. So they bring in David Montgomery. Who's a guy who's been pretty durable mm. in the NFL, managed to stay on the field for most of his career so far. And then Jameer Gibbs is that explosive, like pass catcher that you think you should have in Deandre Swift, but he can never stay on the field. Dude, that is a that's that offense is gonna be nasty next year. Yeah. When, whenever he can, st if they could get the people to stop betting, yeah, maybe they could have they're gonna, they're gonna be without yeah. they're gonna be, they'll be without uh, uh, what's my guy? What what is his name? Uh, Williams, uh, Jameson, Williams. yeah, yeah, Jameson yeah, yeah. Williams, Jamo, the first yeah, yeah. six, Jameson Draft King. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that, no, so that, is that would you say that's the big surprise? The first, yeah, I, surprise, I would say so. I mean, pick. 
because Bijan Robinson was such a popular mock pick for them. I never understood it. I never understood why that was there was such so much steam there. But maybe there was something that that those insiders knew about them wanting to continue addressing the running back position. Because you're right, they have two quality guys already. You know, they they've pieced it together before in the past, and especially if you have that offensive line they have, you really don't need a special running back. But but I don't know. Gibbs is that Alvin Kamara type of back where it is it is really exciting to have him on your team and. uh and the Chiefs were kind of rumored to be looking at him at, at a point, you know, it was, it was one of those things where maybe this is wise because he was going to be such a high pick. Uh, this is, you know, he's this special potentially, but I, I still think it's crazy. I, I do want to shoot to you guys. Uh, and I don't mean to take over. I do want to shoot to you guys because it seems like tackle is something that is like on your mind of potential concern. Right. Do you think this, do you think, I think we understand the four guys across the line are going to start. We understand that Creed and Trey and, and Joe and then um, and then the, the new kid, the new tackle. Yes, sir. Do you do you think the fifth starter is on the team right now? Or do you think the fifth starter is we're awaiting in the draft? That is a good question. Because just, I'm just con- I'm trying I don't to get want- to the concern level of should they be thinking right now, wait a minute, we, gotta, we have to force the issue. Or do or are they like, we can roll with – what we have on the roster. Right. I really don't want them to roll with what they have. You know, no. Lucas Niang is, is not someone that I think you can just, you know, set in there and, and feel, you know, great about it. Now you can feel a certain way about it because he has started in the NFL at least before compared to a guy that you may be drafting and, and putting in, you know, right away. But I don't know. I, I, I would prefer – I would definitely prefer they find they find their guy here in the draft because, uh, you know, I, I just I just think Niang, man, I, I, I think – a lot of injury problems, a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot of consistency so far in his career, man. It better be somebody in this draft. You know, and it'd have to be the first couple of days, man. Obviously, you can't go into yeah. day three still trying to find an offensive tackle. I think uh, I think knee. Unless you're Brett Veach, who just finds starters everywhere. <laughs> That's true. Like starting corners in the seventh and running backs in course. the seventh. I think there's, you know, with Niang, he's been generally fine when he's been healthy. But, you know, a big thing for an offensive lineman is you got to play every single week if you want to go out there and, you know, be considered, you know, one of the best at your position. And Niang has not shown he can consistently stay on the field. I think yeah. that makes them nervous. But here as we sit, I think maybe there's two or three guys left on the board who, who you're like, yeah, they'd probably come in and be the day one starter. You know, uh, Broderick Jones yeah. and Anton. Yeah, Anton Harrison. And that's the thing with Anton. I'll, I'll, I'll ask this, like – I think the kind of the talk right now is they may be, you know, wanting to wait and see if he's there at 31 and then they'd maybe pull the trigger. But would they move up for him? Like, you know, is he good enough compared to the guys that they could get on day two to move up for? If, if this, you know, if Roger Jones goes off quick, they're going to have to move up for him. Right. So it is interesting because I, I'm a huge Anton Harrison guy. I think he's, he, he is one of the better tackles in this class. One of the best tackles in this class. But it doesn't seem like, you know, uh, they need to necessarily move up for him right now. But if this run on tackles happens, they might have to. And is it worth it at that point to give up that draft capital? I think what's crazy right now is that we've got two running backs off the board and we don't have a wide receiver (laughs) off the board. That is nuts. That is nuts. Jig was going, yeah, still there. Like, we we still don't have a wide receiver off the board, which, I mean, that's still a position of need for the Chiefs. So, with all these tackles going this early and – yeah, I, I think Anton Harrison is, is a guy that they'll take a serious look at if he's there. But all of this hype are around the Chiefs, seriously considering like moves up for Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, it's like, fallen. A lot, a lot of guys mocking Jordan Addison to the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, 
it seems like if it keeps moving this way, there's going to be some wide receivers available for them if they want to try to move up a few spots to try to grab one of those are, are guys. Are we getting ready to see a spike pick by the Packers? Oh, here, 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 this here is comes the receiver, Smith in, yeah. In, in yeah, I agree yeah. with you, Ron. Yeah. I think that's that that that's a huge position of need for them still. Um, Christian Watson, if he can stay healthy, looked like a playmaker, and Romeo Dubs. Uh, I'm not super, I'm not super sold on him yet, but he had a couple of moments as, as a rookie, so they got to get Jordan Love some weapons. Really warm welcome, welcome out there for Roger Goodell too. <laughs> <laughs> the people love him out there. Did, what, did he mask himself with the Mahomes and Kelsey yeah, coming out though? I, I think like, I think he avoided the booze that I way. Tried, didn't he? We tried to do it with Will Shields, who's, who's oh really, who's 160 pounds, and and Dante right. Hall oh my God. first, uh, but it did not work. Ooh, Ooh okay, that's, that's a good I mean that's a position of need for that's the nice Packers too. They take you, Iowa, <laughs> Iowa edge rusher Lucas Van Ness. Um, I think that that was a popular mock pick to the Packers too. It they was, really yeah. needed some edge help, so. That that pick totally makes sense, and still no wide receivers are off the board. So. I thought that was going to be it, man. Maybe the Texans Listen, run back in here if, in the first round. <laughs> if Jackson, so, if ja- what? How far does Jackson Smith and Jigba have to fall for the Chiefs to trade up and, and go get him? So fourteen was the floor. I I I was heard or I heard so, a lot was for Zay Flowers, so right? And that's I, that's what I've been seeing a lot with the Patriots too, because they need they need some speed. Like they they need a guy who can make plays down the field. Right. They have Juju Smith-Schuster now, who honestly is, is, is probably a pretty comparable, uh, just stylistically, a player to uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Just a lot slower. Right. Yes, a lot. And uh, but that's the thing is the Zay Flowers speed thing. I mean, I, I can see him going off the board here and Jackson Smith and Jigba having to still wait for his name to be called. I mean, yeah, I, I think, Serta, it's an interesting question. I mean, at some point, do the Chiefs go and get him? Because I do think, again, with kind of his combination of size and route running ability and kind of just, you know, getting wow. open, that is kind of what the Chiefs are looking for and at the receiver position right now. Here, boys. I'm like, cool. Round the show. <laughs> Love you. Talk to you soon. Sorry about that, Pat. Appreciate you. I muted you. Okay. Now you're, you're unmuted now. You can keep talking. I'm sorry about that, Pat. I didn't mean to barge in <laughs> you and your family. It's not me, though. It's not me. It seemed like he had Wasn't a good time, at least. So... I, I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about that. Um, so, barring Jackson Smith and Jigba just going next pick or something, like so, w- we talk about him, and I know he's been he's been talked about like oh he's trade predominantly slot. Oh, what do we got here? Who is it? Who is it? Steelers. Steelers. Steelers moving up from seventeen to fourteen to fourteen. They need a tackle bad. Yeah, they, they could do. see these tackles coming off the board, and maybe they were like, "We gotta go. We gotta go get our guy." In, I mean, we're into the run now, so yeah, yeah this is probably Broderick Jones. Yeah, I mean, it's they've got they've got plenty of wide receivers, and they just got Allen Robinson for whatever reason. Um, they need they need offensive line help. Their offensive line's bad, and the, um, and the Patriots are probably looking at this saying, "Look, we could have either Zay Flowers, uh, you know, or." If they still want yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba and, at that pick a little later, so and or Cody Mock and the Jets, True. Jets at fifteen don't need don't really need wide receiver help. They got a ton, they, and they signed yeah. McCole and Alan Lazard on top of Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, and all the other bodies that they have there. Washington's got Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, who I think was a really underrated player when he was healthy last season. Um, so they've got some wide receivers, like they've got bodies there uh, to, to catch passes and they, they need a quarterback. So it would make sense for them to go after Will Levis. And then 
Patriots go back to 17, so they could take Smith and Jigba, or they could take Zay Flowers if they if they really love him there. And then you have Detroit at 18, Tampa Bay, Seattle. Like all of those teams kind of have weapons already, so that seems like a prime window to trade up right there. If you're the Chiefs and you're saying our number one wide receiver that should have been off the board multiple picks ago is still there, like that's right. the window you trade up and go get that dude. I mean, they they like him that much. I mean, this is they're definitely kind of set up for that because I think, I think, he was definitely going to be gone at this point. So if they needed to trade up to this point, I, I was kind of out on that, right? I do think at some point you need to understand, you know, the value you're getting back for going up and getting a guy like that, especially when there are other receivers in this class that can give you some of the abilities Zay Flowers can. Not all the way because I do think he is that that special mm-hmm. player. But now we have Steelers on the clock, and their pick is in. Kramer. Yeah, not, that, yes, I do. It's a, it's another uh, move back. The Patriots received the number 17th pick, and they also get another fourth-rounder as well. So it looks like uh, fourth-rounders are on the move if you're trying to trade a first-round pick. That's a very Patriots move. They always seem to kind of accumulate mid-round picks. So that, that that's not shocking at all. But this is interesting, especially – I mean, I would be absolutely shocked if, if Pittsburgh took a wide receiver here. Like, this feels like we got to go get our tackle because they're coming off the board faster than we thought, and he's not going to be there at 17. So, I, I mean, I'm going to assume that's what it's got to be. But what I was getting to with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, like, because I, I know there's been – a lot has been made about, like, oh, he's a predominantly slot player and – you know, and even if the Chiefs were interested in taking a player like him, they've already got a ton of slot players. But like, I think back to like a player like Justin Jefferson, where that was kind of the thing with him coming out. And it's like he's a predominantly slot wide receiver. Like that's what maybe what like makes him fall a little bit in the draft. Like, like I have faith in Andy Reid, and I have faith in their coaching staff. Like if they take a player like him, who people are saying, oh, he's a predominantly slot guy. That they're going to be like, well, we'll just figure out how to get him where, how to get him looks wherever we want right. to put him on the field, like we do with anybody else that's on our offense. Right. Everyone in the Chiefs' offense needs to be a slot player. Yeah. <laughs> every, yeah. every, every, like, every receiver. Ty- Tyreek and Kelsey are slot receivers in the Chiefs. Exactly. Offense. And 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 that's where I, I think a guy like Zay Flowers made a lot of sense for them too. You know, at some points because as much as he is a smaller receiver, he does he does play bigger a lot in terms of you know being able to win down the field being able to win the short areas as well um you know making uh, you know yeah. tough catches and yeah this is Broderick Jones I mean we talked about it I mean the Steelers needed to make a move at offensive tackle the board you know board went out <laughs> the board went out the offensive tackle Did board we just have a power surge I don't know yeah that was that was odd <laughs> there uh yeah I mean uh I I just think the offensive tackles it was it was going too fast and it and that made a lot of sense so the fact that that they went up for that mm-hmm. so there's only one guy left, really, that uh, is worth, in my opinion, a first-round pick. Daywan Jones, though, is still available too. Yeah. You know, I, I think he kind of gets slept on a little bit as a first-round pick. I think NFL teams could be interested in him, but Anton Harrison is the only guy in my board that's available still as a first-round type of caliber player. And we got a long ways to go to the Chiefs' pick, so it is going to be really interesting it's, to see if, if if they really need to address offensive tackle, or, or at this point, if they're just going to say, "Look, it's not worth the value. We're going to wait on it." It's getting interesting. And just real quick on Broderick Jones, he was the last player I wrote up about, and. I didn't, I didn't envision any sort of situation where he were to fall to 31. But, you know, he was a guy, I, you know, the title I wrote, I was like, should the Chiefs trade up to get him? He went a little higher than I expected him to go, but it makes sense with the way the board's playing out. 
and really what the Steelers have, he is going to take quite a bit of work because he needs a technical overhaul. His, he doesn't quite keep his, his hips square in pass protection. His feet aren't quite the quickest. And to be honest, he, you know, he just has to refine those general things. But he's big, he's aggressive, and he is athletic. And what I like about him is you see all of the physical tools, but he's the, that nasty finisher's mentality. Mm-hmm. He's looking to go in there and you know blow the doors down every play he gets. He's a perfect fit for the Steelers. He's a hard-nosed, tough football player who Mike Tomlin is going to you know rely on to help keep his young quarterback healthy. And you know it's a good pick at fourteen. I think this is a really good pick for the Steelers. They must have been pretty nervous about you know him getting picked up by either New York or Washington in one of these situations. Oh, absolutely. No, and, and I think they, they maybe had hope that they wouldn't have to do this, right, that they could just stay at 17. But this is how the, the, the class has kind of fallen out here. But just because the offensive tackles have fallen off, you know who hasn't gone yet, who I am surprised if we want to talk about guys kind of still on the board. Christian Gonzalez, the Oregon cornerback. I really thought he'd be a guy that'd go very high just because of his athletic profile, his ability as a coverage corner. Devon Witherspoon went five, and we have not seen uh, Christian Gonzalez go off yet. He was, you know, this was supposed to be one of the best cornerback classes in a while. Yeah. The Jets aren't going to need him. They have they have a great cornerback duo right now. They're probably going to be looking elsewhere. It is pretty fascinating to see him fall. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs would necessarily make another move up for another cornerback, um, you know, at some point. But it is interesting because he is a kind of a blue chipper for in a lot of people's eyes in terms of, of how he is as a prospect. So that's him. And then, you know, there's, there's obviously the receiver still on the board. You know, a guy like Miles Murphy is still there. Um, you know, Nolan he, Smith. You know, Dal- uh, yeah, exactly. Nolan Smith. You know, uh, you know, there there are quite a bit of, of, of good players still on the board, and we're going to see him probably come off soon. But, again, we're halfway through right now, 15, and we have so, not seen a receiver go off. I, I think Nolan Smith is a, a guy who is – kind of projected to be off the board uh, already by, by a lot of people just because of like his athleticism and explosiveness. But like, he's a small player though, right? Like he, he does have legitimate size concerns. And so like, is that a player that like you're, that you would actively like attack? Like if you need an edge, edge rusher and if the chiefs are like, that's the guy that we want, like, is that a guy you would trade up for? He doesn't fit the Spags boxes, yeah. but what he has is he bring that bend and flexibility and the burst of things yeah. that the Which, Chiefs have lacked at defensive end. Kind of some of the things, you know, maybe if they were looking to shift their defensive philosophy some, he'd be a guy they go after. I just don't know if they'd be willing to do that this early. I do think he could he could step in and play the Frank Clark role, um, you know, kind of be that weak side defensive end, that Leo, um, you know, kind of playing within the space. He plays with really good leverage in the run game. He's not someone um, with a smaller body that's going to be a liability in the run game. He's going to be an asset, which is super important. Obviously, you know, I, again, I, I think Spags is going to have a hard time kind of buying into that. You know, I, it's a pretty small player to be putting on your defensive line when you're used to kind of asking guys to control blocks and, and, and kind of, you know, do it, uh, you know, do what Spags defensive ends do in terms of being big, huge humans. But it'd be a super exciting pick. I, I think, I think they'd have to think about it at some point because he is that good of a player, that freak of an athlete. Um, again, you know, he's not he, – he, he is more of the, the you know, a, a great athlete in space rather than this great athlete as a pass rusher necessarily. But he, he really is a, a really good player, kind of has that Hassan Reddick uh, comparison right now, which makes a lot of sense because of his ability to play off ball too. That's the thing. He could play off ball linebacker if he really wanted to. It'd just be kind of a waste of his, his positional uh, or his, his, his talents, I would say. He needs to be on the edge. So the New York Jets are on the clock right now, and it seems like the Steelers made that move 
because the Jets were another team that was rumored to be heavily interested in taking an offensive tackle. And so they could reach for an offensive tackle here. It, it seems really, really unlikely that they're going to take a wide receiver. I can guarantee probably that they're not going to take Will Levis unless they're like, <laughs> let's sit, sit him behind oh Aaron Rodgers for a year with Zach Wilson still on our roster, which would be funny and entertaining. And I am all for the chaos of that. Um, <laughs> Rodgers demands a trade as soon as that happens. It, it feels like we can rule that out. Would they take a tight end? Like I feel we haven't talked about the tight ends at all, but in what what is a really deep draft classic, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been anybody like sniffing around that group yet. Honestly, tight end makes a lot of sense. Rogers definitely relies on his tight ends. I think he's always had kind of a staple tight end in his offense that he likes to get the ball to. They don't necessarily have that with the Jets. Tyler Conklin's a decent player. Uh, you know, definitely not they someone. CJ Uzama too. Yes, that's true. He's he, you know he's a pretty decent player as well, but definitely no one that's a difference maker. And there are some difference makers in the class. You know, I'm not the biggest Dalton Kincaid guy, but I do understand the appeal. I do understand you know how good he is. You know, uh, after the catch as a tight end, um, but also has really good build up speed as well down the field and his route running. Um, but he, he is someone that's been rumored to go around this range. You know, Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end, is probably too early for him, I would think. Um, but, Michael Mayer. hey, you've made the comparison, Caleb, Mercedes Lewis to Darnell Washington. Who did Mercedes Lewis play with for, a, you know, a good amount in, in, in Green Bay for a few years? It was Aaron Rodgers. So, it, it, you know, if, if they want to have that kind of point of attack guy that can contribute in the run game and also be a possession receiver, it would make sense for Darnell Washington, but I do think it's probably too high for him. It does feel like this is a spot too where they, where the Jets could look at uh, another edge potentially just to continue building up their defensive line, which is already really talented. Um, I think that would be a smart move for them. Tight end is interesting. They could reach on another offensive lineman here. Um, and I, I feel like I'm I'm really starting to talk myself into the Chiefs trading for a wide receiver. Like it feels it's, like it's it is. It's perfect. yeah, it's falling exactly how you would want it to fall if you're a Chiefs fan. And he wanted them to trade up and get one of these guys. Like it's starting to feel like that kind of that range that we've been talking about all draft season where, you know, you got to get to like, you know, between like 17 to like 24 ish or something like that to move up. If you're going to do it, it's starting to feel like somebody that the chiefs really like is going to be available for them to make it happen. Oh my God. We have quite a <laughs> bit of a are you reach, I would say. Yeah, that's a guy that was like a projected second round or late first, right? It's just a real person. <laughs> yeah. No, person? he is. That's I it's a real person. Yeah. Connor Hughes, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that is uh cause wow. go back to the receiver talk though, because the Chargers are sitting at twenty one, right? And I do think the Chargers are a team that could use uh, you know, a receiver to kind of complement what they have right now in their offense. You know, so you might want to get ahead of them with Seattle, Tampa, or Detroit. The Patriots are also going to take receiver, but I think you you maybe just bank on them. You, you maybe just see who they take and understand, okay, now we have the other guy we can go after and use those 18, 19, 20 picks to do it. Um, so I think receiver is ne- uh, definitely on the board, whether it is, you know, Zay Flowers, I, Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Wait till the uh, – yeah. I, I think real, realistically 19 to 20 – is totally in play with the Bucks in Seattle because like moving mm-hmm. back is a total Seattle move. Like they're yes. notorious for trading back in the draft and trying to accumulate draft picks. Tampa Bay knows they're in total rebuild and you know, maybe they are interested in Will Levis if he is on the board there, but also I could totally see Tampa Bay being like, 
we'll just ride it out this season with Baker Mayfield. We got to dump a bunch of cap space. We got to rebuild our roster. Like we're not going to rebuild this thing this season. So I, I could see Tampa Bay being seriously interested in moving back. I feel like that's the spot. Like if you're going to, if you're going to yeah. try to make it happen and that, that 19 to 20 is where you want to be. Yeah. I, I, I would agree because I really don't think you want to risk the chargers. I think they're going to want one. I think even the Ravens, you know, there's been talk about the hop with him, right. Uh, you know, with them, I think they could take a receiver as well. So I think if the Chiefs are serious about this, you're right. I think we may even have to anticipate them maybe coming up here in a few picks if they really want to go get a receiver, which, again, you know, receiver receiver position so, with, with Andy Reid, with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's that's going to be super important to keep that cupboard stocked. I think, here we go. I think we can talk about this Jets yeah, pick now. Wow. So uh, it, it appears, at least until we make, make it official, but it's already been reported that they're taking Iowa State defensive end Will McDonald. And so this is a guy that I had seen a lot of people kind of mock to the Chiefs because he, he's an explosive player. He's super athletic player, but he's another kind of one of those like like smaller, more more athletic type of guys and that's kind of why he was projected like a back end of the first round, early second round type of thing. Certainly not number 15 overall. No, he he's an interesting prospect because you look at his measurables right away and you say he's, he's probably too small to be a, a, a Spags defensive end because he came into the combine at about 6'3 and a half, 239 pounds. But he has really long arms. And so that's where, you know, it kind of kind of makes more sense for him to be to, to, to make it work at the NFL level. He has a very skinny waist um, when you watch him, but Man, he is productive. He put up a lot of a lot of numbers at Iowa State. He was one of the most productive players, you know, in college football last year as a pass rusher. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think Will McDonald is an interesting pick, pretty high here, but definitely a guy that that is a a, a designated pass rusher right away. Someone that's going to be able to get after the quarterback, make some moves on offensive tackles, has an array of pass rush moves right away. But man, this is this is pretty high for a guy that that is that is is pretty you know Leonard Floyd they they put up there the size comparison you know that's another really skinny edge rusher that didn't necessarily live up to his expectations so I, that's kind of a funny comp for him because I do think that could be a similar similar thing here. Yeah, Will was uh, McDonald. He was one of the guys I evaluated very closely. I wrote about him on the film room. I went over his film and everything that he did in that regard, and I loved his bend and flexibility off the edge. But because he's an older prospect, you know, he is 24. He's going to be 25 by the time the season starts. I figured that would scare teams away from taking him in that high round. But really, you know, the Jets must have seen something in him they liked. I'm honestly surprised he went off the board before Nolan Smith did. That's really interesting because you're talking about like your athletic, speedy rusher. I think everyone had Nolan locked in to be like the first guy kind of like that off the board. Obviously, with McDonald, his production was insane. Got some really good pass rush moves also. You know, against Anton Harrison, he put him through. He put him some nice pass rush moves on him. He had some real good games. I think some of the concerns about his ability to stop the run are a little underrated. I just didn't see him going this high. I thought he was easily, you know, maybe going to be there at 31. I figured in my head he'd end up being like an early day two pick. Someone would, you know, swing on him in like 32 to 42, somewhere in there. But, you know, it's the draft, man. This is, you know, I guess maybe with Jameer Gibbs, that was a reach also. But this really does feel like the first reach considering who's still on the board with, a, you know, with the edge rushers. So, man. yeah, go ahead. It, it, it does feel like, so Jets still have Carl Lawson on, on the roster. Mm-hmm. 
Keenan Williams, we we know, is obviously just a monster. Like he he is a stud. They still have Jermaine Johnson, who was a first round pick last season, and, and then uh, they take Will McDonald. Like it kind of feels like maybe Robert Sala is just like just do what we did in San Francisco, do what the Eagles do, just just keep feeding the defensive line until we get a group that that works and, and malls opposing offensive lines. Like it just kind of feels like what they're doing right now. Yep. Washington got their pick in quick. I wonder if this is Levis. It's got to be right. Yeah. There was way too much it's, talk pre-draft I mean, about them liking Sam Howell. Like, come on. Guys. They do. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it's gotta be, it would make the most sense easily, but I do think, I don't think it would be crazy for them to take Jackson Smith and Jigba here with, uh, ha- having Man. Terry McLaurin, yeah. having Jahan Dotson, like you're stacked. already two outside wide receivers who can be playmakers for you. You put Smith and Jigba in the slot, and all of a sudden your wide receiver core is absolutely loaded for Sam Howell. But let me throw this out there though: what about tight end here? I think yeah. they could make a lot of sense for tight end. I think you have Eric Bieniemy there as the offensive play yeah. caller who just went through a lot of time having a Travis Kelsey as his primary receiver. I know I think they're crazy. The comps are crazy, but Dalton Kincaid is there, a guy that can be kind of that point at the receiver or at the tight end position in terms of kind of being your your uh, he can be a primary pass catching weapon in an offense. I think it could make a lot of sense for them to go Dalton Kincaid here. I I'd, I'd watch out for that. Yeah, and even if they did, you know, Michael Mayer still on the board, I think they could I don't I think they would probably want to take either of those guys here if that's the direction that they're planning on going, you know, with Mayer, he provides a little more versatility. He can play on the line and block right away where that's an area Kincaid would have to improve on. Are you guys honestly that's, surprised though, that like this is the best tight end draft class in recent memory and there still hasn't been well, one taken. I, I do think so, some of that plays into like, because we we've seen some really good tight ends come out in, in recent years. And it seems like you can point to circumstances or whatever, but like, they're not impact players right away and in, in on almost every circumstance. And so I, I think some of that too is like teams just being like, we don't want to wait. Like we want guys that can be impactful right away, especially for a team like, like the jets, like they, they gave up all this for Rogers. They got to win right now. They don't have time to develop guys. They need guys who can step in and be difference makers. And uh, I, I think they probably should. I mean, the top, the top, tight end on, on Washington's roster right now is Logan Thomas. Right. Um, which like Logan he's, Thomas he's a playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. But. I mean, he had a good year a couple of years ago, then had an ACL tear. And then last season he was kind of on and off the field all year. But when he was on the field, he had some moments where he was productive, but he's not like that. That's a converted quarterback who's like approaching his year 30 season, I believe. Like, so they, they could certainly fill a need there. Um, they could use some secondary help. Their pass rush is already pretty good, uh, assuming Chase Young is healthy and, and everybody along that defensive line is healthy. And their offensive line isn't atrocious, but like Will Levis would easily make the most sense. I would be shocked, especially new ownership. Like you're going through like total organizational overhaul and you go draft a quarterback and, and hope that that guy winds up being your starter in week one over Sam Howell probably. Yeah, I, I think they have too many good skill position players right now. Um, you know, their defense still has good players where they could put it together. You know, they have a defensive-minded head coach. I don't think you want to waste, uh, you know, what you got right now. I, I think you're right. I think it would be good for them to get a quarterback. 
Again, you know, I think they could go Kincaid. Maybe they can wait on quarterback, you know, until round two, you know, with a Hendon hooker, even though he won't be able to play right away. Maybe you think, you know, give Howell, you know, a little bit of a, a you know, start and let hooker kind of come back. All that to say, you know, I, I, I think it would make sense, though, that they go quarterback here. Will Levis has kind of fallen long enough, but we'll see. We're waiting on it right now. Emmanuel Forbes. Wow. Wow. Gonzalez is <laughs> over Christian Gonzalez. This is getting weird, man. Um, oh, starting to my. So gosh. I don't think that's crazy. Their secondary is bad. I think they don't. I, they had one good corner last year, I think, and everybody else was just garbage. Right. Um, but I, I think they started the season really, really poorly, and then they kind of made some adjustments and they were able to turn things around. But like their secondary is not very good. But man, they're really just saying Sam Howell's our guy. Like <laughs> that's that's what they're rolling into next season with. It's, I mean, maybe we're seeing like a, a Will Levis like significant slide here. Um, because I mean, T- Tampa Bay would make sense at nineteen. Seattle could take him and sit him behind Geno. Miami's not going to take him. Chargers aren't going. Uh, Miami doesn't have first round pick. I just a list on here for some I, reason. I can't get over Gonzalez falling though. I thought he'd be. A, I kind of thought he's going to be a top I mean, ten lock. It's getting interesting. Minnesota at twenty three could be interested in him. Jacksonville's not going to take him. The Patriots are on the clock. Gonzalez feels like he might be someone. Bill, well, that was a quick pick too. This has to um, be Zay Flowers. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that whole. Or Jackson Smith and Jigwa, but I do think it would make a lot more sense for them to add Zay Flowers to their current room of skill position players. Boston College kid, right? You know, you're kind of getting a local dude that, you know, uh, obviously went off at Boston College, just a great player in college. Yeah, I, I think this makes a lot of sense for them to go Zay Flowers here. But knowing the Patriots, like you said, Caleb, probably going to be Cody well, Malk, and, or, uh, you know. or uh, But the Patriots also, else. like, at cornerback, like, Bill Belichick just like plugs and plays cornerbacks. Like he just right. he just finds guys wherever that wind up being really good cornerbacks in his system. But I do think, if I remember correctly, I think their secondary lost a couple of guys this offseason. Maybe maybe I'm misremembering that. They still have Jonathan Jones. They have Jack Jones, who I think was a rookie last year, right? And then you're right, though. McCourty retired. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know that's a big piece of their uh, of their defense. But we'll see who they got. Yeah, there he is. There you go. What a Cornerback. steal! Wow. What a steal! Wow, that's about that. That was that was Bill Belichick saying, "I'm overriding anybody else who mm-hmm. wants to have input on this, and that's who we're taking." Well, and it, and it makes sense in today's NFL. You know, he 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 always had that Stephon Gilmore, right? That he could put on put on a certain receiver and and lock him up. I think Christian Gonzalez has some of those same kind of skills where you can ask him to match up one-on-one with a guy and he can, he can pretty much take him away for the most part. And then you can kind of, you know, he always has that, you know, he puts the number, you know, he'll put him on the number two and then double team the number one, you know, that kind of thing. I think you can kind of get back to that with the Christian Gonzalez. So I I'm, I'm with you, sir. I think this is a Belichick pick trying to get back to those Stefan Gilmore days, trying to kind of unlock his defense Dude, again. And you think about all these receivers, the AFC East is getting clogged. And now with so, Rogers coming there, they're getting more and more and more, you know, pass happy offenses. Belichick, he is who he is. He believes yeah. in defense. He believes in coaching, you know, secondary as best as he can. It's Christian Gonzalez at 17. That's ridiculous. Cause I'm looking, you know, I'm pulling up all of our player rankings. Pre Ron, look, we all had Christian Gonzalez across the board number for our one. draft team as number one, and I don't even think it was relatively close 
for, you know, he was the unanimous pick for everybody. And I think there were, I saw him as highly ranked on other draft sites as number four or five player overall for him to fall to 17. You know, they've got, they've got, they've answered a lot of questions with this pick right here for how they're planned to attack, you know, these high powered offenses that are starting to pop up around the AFC East. It's support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Yeah, it's a total Belichick pick. And, and like, I feel totally comfortable in saying, like, the Patriots are, they're kind of like the Titans. Like, they have Bill Belichick. He's always going to make them one of those teams that's, like, not an easy win. But, like, they're just not right now. Like, the way that he drafts, like, Brady used to compensate for Belichick just being, like, I draft who I want, even if those picks wound up missing. And they're not good enough anymore to overcome those. Like Christian Gonzalez, I think it is a great pick right there. But like if there was somebody else trying to get in Bill Belichick's ear saying like, man, we need offensive weapons. Like Mac Jones desperately needs a playmaker. And he's like, no, I'm taking a quarterback. Like, like that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm Bill Belichick. Like it, 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 this is not like from an offensive line perspective, it hasn't gone great for the Kansas City Chiefs, which I, I mean, for, for me specifically, like I was like, get a tackle, like get a tackle, continue to add to that offensive line depth. And hopefully that guy's a cornerstone and got Jawan Taylor for a few years. You got Tooney for a, at least another year. You got Trey, you got Creed, like offensive line is set and you don't have to worry about it again. Yeah. So that's what I was kind of coming in this draft, e- even knowing like wide receiver edge are, are both still needs. And Edge is kind of, you know, Will McDonald was a surprise, but there's still some really good players on the board the Chiefs could be interested in. But it has fallen perfectly for them to go get a wide receiver. Like, this there, is crazy. We, there has not been a wide receiver taken yet. And it, and it, it might be a, a bit before we actually see one go. Like, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, there's rumors that Tampa Bay could be interested in maybe and maybe releasing Mike Evans as a post-June first cut because they got a clear cap space. They're in a rebuild. They're paying him and Chris Godwin a lot of money. Detroit, I don't think, is going to take a wide receiver right here, but they also just took Jameer Gibbs at number 12, so maybe they're going to shock us <laughs> and take another wide receiver. They really did um, that, didn't they? Yeah. So, I mean, that might not be crazy. And, you know, Jamison Williams is suspended for the first six games, so so maybe they're going to go nuts and just take another wide receiver and keep adding to that offense. This could be the tight end. It's Seattle. Yeah. Seattle still has DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett is getting a little bit older, though, so maybe they, they look at possibly look at another wide receiver. But that team still has a lot of other needs. And then the Chargers 
desperately need some speed. Like if Zay if Zay Flowers is somehow still on the board in Los Angeles, that is a home run pick for the Chargers. Man, this is this is just it's crazy because I think the Chiefs are getting to the point where they could have their pick of, if they of which receiver if, to go up for. If right? they really love Quentin Johnson, he's gonna be there. Like it's, I, I mean, if man, if if Jackson Smith and, and Jigba's on the board <laughs> and they can go get him, gosh, do it, please, please. That would be. I, I don't even care what they do the rest of the weekend, really. If, if they wind up getting right, him. no, I, I I seriously think you're you're. I'm with you on that. I mean, this is this has become incredible, and and I think you, we hear it a lot of the QJ, the Quentin Johnson stuff, you know, leading into the draft. Maybe that was because they never thought they could have a chance at Jackson Smith and Jigba or Zay Flowers. I think, you know, maybe there was a chance that that was the case, right? That they were like, okay, look, if we're being realistic, this is going to be our option. But apparently this is our new reality, guys, where we're, we're these receivers are, you know, in a pass-happy league, you know, they're falling down the board. I know I, some people kind of, you know, maybe predicted that a little bit. It's not the, you know, the top heaviest receiver class. But, man, I would yeah, imagine I, one of them to be off the board by now. This is This is crazy. This is I think the funny thing about this is the second that one of these receivers go, there's going to be activity. We'll probably see it. The first receiver to go is probably going to spark a trade up. You're going to see them start to work the boards. And the second, you know, whichever receiver it is first, honestly, at this point, it feels like it should be JSN, but you yeah. just don't know based on how these teams maybe interviewed a guy. Maybe they fell in love with a guy who wasn't JSN, so they might take like so, Zay or QJ over him. I do think – it's if, if Detroit could shock us and take a wide receiver, I don't necessarily think Tampa Bay is doing it. I don't necessarily think Seattle's doing it. Chargers, I think 100% will if one of those guys is there. Mm-hmm. Baltimore could absolutely take another wide receiver. They just signed Lamar Jackson. I know they brought in Odell, and, and supposedly they're leaving room for DeAndre Hopkins, but we'll see about that. If I'm Baltimore, I'm like – uh, we just paid Lamar. I don't care if we freed up money by move by moving cash around. I'd rather take a rookie wide receiver here than go get DeAndre Hopkins and sign Odell Beckham Jr. Like that's that's bad business practice in my mind. Signing two thirty plus year old wide receivers and trading assets for one of them. Boy, this is I just can't believe these receivers are falling, man. In the era where we're seeing like record breaking money being paid to receivers, you kind of figure it would turn into a situation where teams are just going to take them to take them at some point with that well that's the thing i mean this this probably speaks to the strength and the depth of this receiver class uh you know and, and how maybe how highly they're thinking of these guys that are supposed to go on day two you know guys that we've talked about like cedric tillman like jonathan mingo um you know like a, like even an at perry you know a joshua downs i mean there must be some pretty high opinions on those guys, or they just think they're a lot closer to the top of the class than than maybe uh, you know a lot of people originally thought um, but that's the thing is, is as much as receiver is important in today's NFL, also so many of them now, so many coming out of uh, college and, and, and so many, you know, uh, starting at the receiver position early in their lives um, and, and developing at it. I mean, you're going to get this where, you know, it's almost like running back at, an, at to a point, right, where it's like you there's, there's so many of them and you can kind of, you know, find them later in the draft. Do you ever really need to pick it that high? And, and, and maybe we're getting to that point where people are thinking that way. Or this receiver class just isn't as good as maybe we thought, and uh, you know it's more it's more deep than it is top heavy. Yeah, yeah. a lot it, of talent. Yeah, it, it it is shocking that we haven't seen one. Like I would, 
I think we had we had a draft like maybe not too long ago where there wasn't a ton of wide receivers taken in the first round, but I don't think we got this late. We didn't get to pick 18 before there was a wide receiver yeah. off the board, I don't think. Like which is crazy. And and Lions pick is in. I feel like the Lions are going to shock us. <laughs> Take a wide receiver. Oh my here. gosh, I just saw it on our screen. Is <laughs> <laughs> what Oh, you know man. what? That's a damn, are you that's a damn serious? Pick and a half right there. I mean, that's a Dan. But Campbell. that it's Jack Campbell from the linebacker. But is it? Is it okay? I don't. Okay, you guys are gonna me. I'm a little bit familiar with him, but isn't he just kind of a, a stiff, like tackling linebacker? Like he's he's not really like a guy, like a sideline to sideline flyer, right? Like isn't he's, he just kind of a stiff linebacker? He's pretty athletic, to be honest with you. I, he didn't run the fastest got pretty good explosion numbers i mean he actually has pretty decent ball skills i know that's just their highlights they're showing i was actually i saw i watched a lot of him because i've studied van ness a lot and kind of just that whole deal with them i think he was a first round talent probably it's just linebackers been so devalued but you got dan campbell you know dan the man he wants to throw back guys you want to grit their teeth and go out there and <laughs> run into people and that's exactly who that guy is he is a better at so i mean He's he's better athlete than Nick Bolton is if just by pure testing numbers. But honestly, I probably consider them a similar type of player to what he's going to be asked to do in that Detroit defense. But you know they got their version of their green dot now. That's who I would envision with them picking up to get Jack Campbell. Yeah, the Nick Bolton thing actually is a is a is a decent player stylistic comp because yeah, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna see him make tackles and you're gonna be like, okay, yeah. Like and, and I think Bolton was kind of that way too at the beginning of his career. We just saw him make tackles and we we're like, okay, this guy's good. Like we're good. I mean, this guy's really good. There's more to the linebacker position than just coming up and making hard tackles, obviously. Yeah. And and I do think Jack Campbell, uh, you know, may struggle with some of the other things with that, but you, you've seen what a Nick Bolton type of player can do to a Chiefs defense if you surround him with playmakers outside of that, right? And Willie Gaze and Legereus Needs, you can just let Bolton do his thing, and he looks really good. The Lions do have playmakers, you know, not a lot of playmakers, well, but some playmakers on their defense outside of it. They do need the linebacker position uh, addressed. And so, you know, it, it, it it's a pretty high for Jack Campbell, but, hey, it's a need for them to fill. Well, and I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm willing to go out on a limb and say the Lions spent more money in their secondary this offseason than any team in the NFL. Like, right. They added a lot of cornerbacks, they did. a lot of DBs, because their secondary was trash last season. Um, but still, like, and that that you're right, that is a very, very Dan Campbell pick, but I was absolutely not ready for that to be – the the selection that's, for the Lions. That's, that, that's two shockers in the first round. Dude, I want, I want Hard Knocks season two, though, because he's going to be like, you see <laughs> you see Jack Campbell right there? He'd run through a brick wall for this team, man. Yeah. Something like that. So I, I do want to remind everybody who's hanging out with us uh, while we're breaking down the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, if you want to uh, leave some questions and stuff in the comments section, Kramer will kind of flag them to us, and, and we'll try to get to some of those throughout the rest of the night we've been going for two hours strong honestly it's flying by oh, yeah. um yes, and sir. we're we're planning on just keeping this thing rolling until the chiefs are on the clock hopefully it's sooner rather than later uh, with the way this thing is shaping up i desperately desperately want the chiefs to go get jsn or zay flowers and i i know there's i i, I just tweeted that out a few minutes ago a lot of people are saying quentin johnson which i get he would make sense it's just for me personally, and it doesn't even have anything to do with what he does athletically and like him as a player. I name one successful NFL TCU wide receiver. <laughs> like name one that has ever been successful in the NFL. Crickets. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I it's uh, like what's the best one? I don't want to put Josh Doxson. I was gonna say I don't want to put that evil on him, but Josh Doxson was a very similar type of player yeah. coming out. I mean, he they really just, was. They just don't turn out NFL caliber wide receivers. And I understand that he's probably got the best athletic profile of any wide receiver to come out of there in a while. Chancy, wow. I just don't trust it. Off the board. No, oh, that's a great fit. I like that pick. Kalijah Cansey next like, to Vita Veo on that a, defensive line. Ron, that's a good pick, man. I do I like that. I do think a, a team that can just See, use Cansey as that B that B gap penetrator, that three tech, that true three tech, not a two gapper, obviously. Really just penetrating, focused on getting past that guard. He is he's gonna make plays. I mean, he really is. I mean, he 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 that's just what he does. Um, you know, the he, he, he's a guy that's very, you know, a, a lot smaller, not going to be able to hold up against double teams very well, not going to be able to hold up in the A-gap. But, man, is he going to make plays uh, when you let him, as long as you put him in the right position. And he needs to be in the right defense. That That's a pick for a team that knows they're building for the future. Yep. Like, cause, because you, you're going to give Vita Vey whatever he wants because he's that good of an interior player. And you add him, and they have to, they have to completely rebuild their pass rush, basically, because um, – Oh, I can't. Why is his name slipping my mind? Former Denver Bronco pass Shaq rusher. Barrett. Yeah, yeah, Shaq Barrett. So he's coming off an Achilles injury, I believe. Like he tore his Achilles last season, and and just a lot of that roster is just being aged out. Like they're they're just they they sold out for a couple of years with Brady to try to do, to try to win as much as possible. They got one ring out of it, and now they got to rebuild. And so they're willing to go in the next season with Baker Mayfield. And now. The Will Levis slide is continuing, and I'm not super sure where he's going to fall now. Like, there's a chance I feel like he Minnesota. could slide out of the first round here. Minnesota, I think, is the is the best spot for him left. Seattle, maybe here, yeah. but it just doesn't feel like a Seattle pick. Like, and Seattle could use another wide receiver too, but that again doesn't feel like a Seattle pick. Like, Seattle seems to always go after those defensive linemen, after those cornerbacks. Like, they love those kinds of players. But, I don't know, maybe they're changing offensive philosophy now that they finally got rid of Russell Wilson, and they're like, we've got Geno, and Geno will just air it out all day. Yeah. Real quick, back to Cansey just for a second. Love his swim move. I love just all his quickness. He's going to be the three-tech, four-eye. He's going to give some guys some problems. And, like you guys said, Vita Vea. Seattle backup, though, where do we think they're going here? I mean, Will Levis, I mean, to an extent, I, I know you just said, Serta, you know, it's it's not necessarily a pick they'd make right now. I think they would probably trade back before they do that. Um, but, you know, hey, uh, again, you know, they, they've already gotten, a, a, you know, a high-impact player in Devon Witherspoon early. Maybe they can justify, you know, a, more of a long-term pick here because of that. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, Seattle's a team that could use a Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, Tyler Lockett is not going to be playing forever, and, and, and that's the only other weapon they have besides DK Metcalf. Um, for the most part. So I think a Jackson Smith and Jigba makes a lot of sense for them, even as a flowers does too, in, in my opinion. Um, I don't think they want to go for a Quentin Johnson type just because he is pretty similar to DK Metcalf in terms of not in terms of necessarily how they uh, win, but just kind of, you know, both bigger body perimeter receivers. Um, I, I think, I think they could be the team that finally takes a receiver off the board here. So, but wouldn't Nolan Smith make more sense for them? <laughs> like, you know, they, they definitely need the pass rush help. And he is, he's, you know, a guy that he's obviously he's the speed bin guy in this class. But, you know, just back to what Ron was saying, when you think about it, you know, it's probably a good idea to keep replenishing receivers if you're Seattle, because while Geno's good, he's not the long-term guy. At some point, you're probably going to yeah. need to find another guy. 
whether it be, you know, maybe they do take Will Levis here. Maybe it ends up being another receiver. But Gino is he's part of the plans for now. He's not going to be a part of the plans for a long, long time, though. So, and what, why I think Will Levis could be really interesting here, too, is, like, I, I don't think him and Gino Smith are, like, that far off in, like, play style. Like, Gino... Gino just likes to hang in the pocket and Gino will take some bad sacks. Sometimes Gino will get laid out, but it's because he stays in the pocket as long as possible and keeps his eyes downfield and tries to throw the football downfield and make plays like that. That's kind of how he's always been. And, you know, he uses his legs a, a little bit more now too. And maybe him being a backup for so long, kind of, kind of helped uh, lengthen his career that way. But it seems like, that's an interesting tweet from a real and maybe a real individual. <laughs> and until what it? I didn't even read it. Totally. We're reading. We're 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 reading okay. smoke screens is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, not going to stress about that tweet. <laughs> but I, I, man, I'm talking. I'm as we're sitting here. I, I, I'm like talking myself into Will Levis for for Seattle. <laughs> um, it just makes sense, and like. Because, like, even, like, I understand they could use another wide receiver, but I, I'm trying to think of, like, when Seattle, with Pete Carroll, has gone after wide receivers that early. Because DK Metcalf was a second-round yeah. pick. Tyler Lockett was a second-round pick. Like, I, I can't think of, of, of a high-end wide receiver. I think that they drafted, I mean, was Dwayne Eskridge, like, a late first-round yeah. pick? Yep. Like, is that oh, it? I, I don't think he was a first-round pick either, so I think you're right. Maybe early second? Like... Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point, and and they're definitely a defensive focused team, and, and and that's funny because their defense has been terrible um, in recent <laughs> seasons. So I, I do think if they continue to replenish the defensive line, you know, this could be a Miles Murphy pick, right? Miles Murphy has slid to this point. Um, he's a very solid defensive end that fits their system to an extent. Nolan Smith, you mentioned Serta, I think that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, you know, somebody I mean, in the chat says Dalton Kincaid. They have no fan. They've got like four tight ends that they yeah. use. Like they use a bunch of different tight ends. Yeah, and honestly, Kincaid and Fant are probably kind of similar players. I I will say Fant's probably more linear, not as a uh, good change of direction. I, Kincaid is Kincaid can can make you miss a little bit, um, but you know Brian Brze, the Clemson defensive tackle, is still on the board as well. I think you know he could maybe make some sense in that Seattle defense. But yeah, I I, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to to address the trenches. Um, but again, I, I don't be too shocked if they go receiver. Uh, I think Tyler Lockett's just getting a little old, but, but yeah, I, that's the thing. I keep we keep talking about receiver, fellas. I mean, if Seattle doesn't take a receiver here, I mean the Chiefs are only ten picks away, and every receiver is on the board. Yeah, and look at what our look at what the the head of our our website said. Pete Sweeney just tweeted, "We're stepping into the Chiefs' trade range, and every wide receiver yeah. is available." I mean, this is this is the range that Brett Veach was talking about when he spoke to the media last week. He. Brett Veach, and if you haven't checked it out, you can find it on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. It was 30 minutes long. Like, it was a 30-minute press conference from Brett Veach, which is the way he does things right before the draft. He likes to talk for a long time, and he gives you a lot. And, like, he was honest about the the trade-up range that they were looking at, and that's exactly where we're at right now. I don't think if, – if Seattle doesn't take a wide receiver right here, the, the first wide receiver off the board is going to be the Chargers, right? Like that, the Chargers are taking a wide receiver if Seattle doesn't do it right here. I would sure think so. I would sure think so. Now, what's funny about the Chargers is I always thought a guy like Jalen Hyatt made a lot of sense for them. 
because they, they just need speed, man. They just need give, speed. Just give Justin Herbert somebody who can get downfield. Right. They've tried to ha- use it with Jalen Guyton in the past, and that's just, you know, hey, it, just because a guy's fast doesn't mean he's going to be a, a great vertical threat. A guy like Jalen Hyatt, I do think the, the, the great trade he does have is getting open vertically, yeah. and, and obviously with Justin Herbert, I mean, that's, that's definitely going to be a great help. So it's kind of funny I say that because now, you know, they, if they took Jalen Hyatt, they'd be taking him over all these guys rather than, you know, maybe he was just the, the guy left for them. So we'll see. They're clapping. The pick is in. So let's say a couple of different scenarios here. Like, ah. Let's say let's say this, this wide receiver run starts right here and the Chiefs don't make a move up. And then all of a sudden, Quentin Johnson's gone. Zay Flowers is gone. JSN's gone. Uh, Jordan Addison, if he's a player that you like, is gone. Like they go on that run. What if all these tight ends are still available? Man, if you can get a chance to get like a, a mayor or a Kincaid, I know I have personally ranked Sam Laporta as my number one tight end. I feel like they're not going to pass up a chance to get a guy, you know, one of those two guys just based on the skill set. You got the ultimate receiver, maybe the best hands the entire draft in Kincaid. And then Michael Mayer, he's a throwback tight end. He'll be able to take some pressure off of Kelsey in the running game just by being able to block a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna step away to the bathroom for just a second, guys. Take a so, break. So take ready. a break. We've been so here for ready. two hours, over two hours. Well, get ready because the pick is gonna be a little. The Chiefs are making their move as soon as. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, the Chiefs are trading up right now with the Chargers. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, people. Don't don't take that so seriously. Waiting. That yeah. is not gonna happen. The Chiefs are not gonna trade with the Chargers. I would imagine that was probably yeah, probably not uh, not a trade partner that's gonna for them. Happen. But I, you know, I I know Seattle here. Um, you know. They have, again, they have a few needs they could go with, but receiver is one of them, and it definitely oh, yeah. seems like that's where they're going to go here um, with, with finally kind of starting this run, at, uh, run of receivers going here with, with the, who a lot of people think is the number one receiver in this class. Um, he's the number one receiver in the class, according to the Arrowhead Pride consensus rankings. That is Ohio State's Jackson Smith and Jigba. He is going to Seattle here. So it, it, the receiver is the is receiver the run finally starts. for Seattle? <laughs> what are we doing here? Okay. Got some kids, kids selecting it or okay, announcing okay, it. Okay, I'm not trying to, <laughs> not trying to talk trash on these kids. I'm sure it's all for a good cause. Um, I like the Jackson Smith and so, Jigba fit there though because you know I, I mentioned like Tyler Lockett's not going to play forever, yeah. but but I, I think that's a bummer. I think he compliments uh, you know uh, Tyler Lockett because Tyler Lockett can get vertical, can be kind of that speed threat as well. Jackson Smith and Jigba can just win it, you know, win at the short to intermediate levels of the field kind of, you know, just get open, kind of, you know, uh, you know, find space for Geno Smith to find him. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, have him over the middle, you know, kind of find space underneath Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf kind of taking it over the top on the deeper routes. I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think Seattle's offense is, is, has got quite a bit to work with next year. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like they, Seattle seems to be like, Oh, uh, we're we're actually just gonna ride with Gino for two more years. <laughs> like like that, yeah. that that's what that pick says to me is that they're like, no, we can we think we can actually get it done with Gino Smith the next two years, which I mean Gino was good last year. Mm-hmm. Uh he was better than anybody else believed he was gonna be. Man, I was just hoping JSN was gonna keep falling to the Chiefs. That would have been so cool. Um but I mean we're still on the lookout. I, I think that man. Zay Flowers has to be the next pick, right? This is the well, wide receiver run. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the, the trouble now the Chiefs are running into is the Chargers and the Ravens are the next two picks. I don't think you're going to be able to trade with either of those two teams to make a move. Uh, obviously, it's just two AFC contending rivals that are probably not going to want you to get that much better. 
by getting, you know, a first round receiver here. So they may have to wait till Minnesota at pick 23 if they want to make a move still to come up. But then they're risking, it's, obviously, that the Chargers and Ravens take Zay Flowers, take, you know, Jordan yeah. Addison as well if they want him to be there. So it is it is kind of an interesting thing here. We'll just they're they're maybe kind of sitting on the edges of their seats seeing, you know, seeing who the Chargers and Ravens are going to take and if they don't take receivers, we may it's, see the Chiefs at 23 here. And I think Chargers have to go wide receiver. I think this this pick has to be Zay Flowers. Baltimore could use some pass rush. Um Nolan Smith could be a, a guy that I think would be he really actually, yeah. really interesting he with the fits Baltimore Ravens them very well. Um, yeah, that outside linebacker. And yeah. then I don't think Will Levis is getting past Minnesota. Like all, all the all the rumors we heard Ooh. about 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 Minnesota possibly moving up to get a quarterback. Well, Will Levis is still on the board. And I don't think either one of these teams ahead of them is going to take him. So he's going to be there at twenty three for Minnesota. Well, shoot, and that's a really good point because they may not want to trade out of that spot because of that, right? You know, they want to maybe secure Will Levis there. So the Chiefs may be running out of trade partners uh, here. You know, they may have to wait till 24 or 25 Jacksonville or the New York Giants. I just don't see the Ravens or Chargers wanting to, to do business with them. It's we're, we're working on getting our guy, Rocky Magana, to join us here yeah. as we're getting closer and closer to the Kansas City Chiefs real, pick. Real quick, I just saw Paris Johnson in the hallway. That's a large individual. That's a large. <laughs> Long arms. Those 36-inch arms showed up. Can confirm he could touch the floor while standing or, up. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that's the thing is we have we have a lot of players still on the board that the Chiefs could still pick, but I feel like these next few picks could make could make a lot of difference here, and all of a sudden you know, they could be looking at – they could be scrambling if the, if the right guys go uh, these next few picks, so – it's going to be a, a real bummer if this thing f- fell perfectly for the Chiefs to make a move up, and they don't. And so then they don't really get any of these guys. But there's still a lot of players that are available that I'd be perfectly fine with them taking at 31. I just was hoping to see them be a little bit more aggressive in the first round with all the draft capital that they have, which they could be saving that for the mid-rounds where it's easier to move around and – move back and and move up and stuff like that. And Brett Veach has had a lot of success finding those kinds of guys. Like I, I feel like if the chargers don't take Zay flowers here, like it's malpractice to just yeah. like that's what they've needed for two years. Like for two years, you've been like, they need a field stretcher. They don't have anybody with speed on that team. Mike Williams is their best deep threat and he's not really a deep threat. He's just huge. And he goes up and gets the football. Keenan Allen's getting old and there's rumors that they're considered that they were looking to possibly move him or cut him because he's expensive and, and he's aging and Jalen Guyton's just kind of a guy like they desperately yeah. need speed at wide receiver. And if they don't take Zay flowers here, I don't understand what the Chargers should do. Well, I, you know, Tight end is an important position in, in that Chargers offense, um, and 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 that's the thing is is Gerald Everett's kind of been that guy for them, but but you know still maybe not the greatest uh, you know player at that position. Hey, I you know I, I wouldn't be super shocked if they wanted to go with Dalton Kincaid here, um, you know again to give them another receiving weapon, but maybe just in a little bit of an untraditional way, you know getting it at tight end rather than wide receiver. But I agree with you though overall, sir. I really do think it needs to be receivers. Zay Flowers makes the most sense for them. And I would hate that because I love Zay Flowers and I would hate to root against him for the next however many years. Real quick, guys. We are joined by our good friend, our compadre, Rocky Magana. Rocky, I'm going to be honest, man. 
We've been doing this thing for two and a half hours and we are just rolling and having the time of our lives. I totally forgot we were supposed to bring you on until I saw your message. And I was like, oh, no, I feel terrible because Rocky's just sitting at home <laughs> desperately waiting to get these draft takes off. Just sitting there, just refreshing my timeline and refreshing my Slack just over and over again, checking my text messages. Did Serta forget about me? Does he still love me? You know, uh, we're just rolling, man. We're just we're just rolling. So, Rocky, thoughts on the first round so far? W- what do you feel like the Chiefs are going to do? Who is your favorite player on the board that you would like to see land in Kansas City? I'm, I'm Zay Flowers all the way, man. At this point, I think he's got to be going to the Chargers right here. I, I feel he's like not. That. He's not. The pick's in. The, the pick's, pick's in. He's not. So the run is on. Yeah. Do you see who it is? Do yeah. we spoil it? Can I say it? Oh, gosh. Who is it? Another one? Yep. Another yeah, but... one? Why do they hate speed? They I guess, I mean, Quentin Johnson oh, is. is... Oh, what? He, I mean, got a big guy that plays like a small guy. Like, I, I love it. I, I think that he's, he's not right. Just like I Mike mean, Williams. I think he's got some a little bit more like explosiveness than Mike Williams, but still, that's the same body type. Why do they hate speed wide receivers? Why don't they want Justin Herbert to throw 70 yard touchdowns? Like, what is going because, on? Because they want him to throw 35 yard touchdowns instead. You know, if I, I wonder if that means Keenan Allen's about done out there then you know just with some of his injury yeah. trouble i mean there was rumors that they they were considering moving him or cutting him uh prior to the draft so uh wow boys that, that's i i thought zay flowers was for sure going but we are in the wide receiver run so rocky your dreams of zay flowers coming to kansas city are still alive i mean at this and, point it doesn't take that much to bring to get up and get him at this point i mean compared to i mean you got to go get him at this point. I mean, I know it's hard with who who's on the board right now. Like, you know, you're not going to be able to trade with the Ravens. Probably the Vikings may want to sit there, but man, they got to go get so, him. And, Mika- and so on Twitter, Michaela Bennett, who's there covering it right now, said that she's been asking around, and they said that the Chiefs trade up window starts at 22. That's interesting. She said it started at 20. <laughs> yeah, they said that. Well, so like it began at 20, but the realistic range that they wanted was 22, which probably tells me uh, okay. that whoever, yeah, that Seattle uh, probably wanted more than they were willing like we're to just give. moving the goalposts until they actually yeah, probably. make a move. There's a lot of smoke out here right now, Rocky. I heard that the Chiefs could or could not move up in this yeah. draft. <laughs> it's, I mean, Baltimore. Baltimore is a team that likes to trade back a lot too. So uh, I, I mean, they also need wide receivers. It's not crazy. They could use another wide receiver. I think Nolan Smith in Baltimore makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. They need some pass rush help. Like Adafi Owe had some promise after his rookie season, but I think was kind of a letdown last year. So I, I think they definitely need some pass rush in Baltimore. And I, I would be shocked if they took another wide receiver, especially after all of the. Uh, Lamar signs his extension, and now that's freeing up money for them to make a move for Hopkins reports today, which was weird. Like, that's a weird thing to lump in to the mm-hmm. Lamar extension, that that part of that is for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, but they're not going to be trading their first-round draft pick for DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, that just means that they're probably like, going pass rusher. But if they're seriously of- having talks about Hopkins, why take a wide receiver here when you yeah. could take Nolan Smith because you need pass rush help? Miles Murphy's out there still too. Miles Murphy is falling, and he's definitely a traditional Chiefs defensive end, Spags defensive end. 
The only thing I'd say is I just feel like he's a little too similar to George Karloffis. I just feel like we'd get two kind of, you know, boring, but, you know, very solid players that, you know, are probably better than we want to give them or I want to give them credit for, but I just don't want to take them, which was kind of the case with Karloffis last year. So let's maybe go a little more exciting. Seven to eight sack season kind of guys. Right. Maybe once a career year, get over the 10 mark. I, I, I agree with that. I think maybe. I think maybe Miles a little bit better an athlete, but we'll see. Man, I I am surprised though still that the Chargers went after Quentin Johnson. I just feel like that is not the type of receiver they needed to to put into that offense. Um, and especially, I'll say it right now, especially with someone that may have had some drop issues in college. You're playing with yeah. Justin Herbert, who's and you know, hey, if he was playing with Mahomes, I guess it'd be the same thing. But he's going to be putting it on you, my guy. You got to be ready for those lasers. So it it is interesting there, uh, you know, with Quentin Johnson. It's not a Sam Dugan. Uh, it's not a, <laughs> Max Dugan. It's not a Max Dugan. Duh. It's not a Max Dugan duck or anything like that, man. He's going to be getting some serious heat on those things. So, what do you, Rocky, think, what since, do you think about Joey Porter Jr. or Deontay Banks here for for the Baltimore? I think yeah. it would make sense. I think they're very Ravens picks. Um, yeah, Deontay Banks is a very Ravens pick. Uh, I, I think. Especially, hey, he's from Maryland. Hey, not a not a very short trip over over to Baltimore. So uh, makes a lot of sense. Physical corner, um, you know, has and the size too. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense for Baltimore. They do. Like two years ago, it was like that Raven secondary is set for a long time, and now flash forward like two years, and it's like it's their second their their cornerback group especially seems like it's aging itself out and like they need some youth at least in that group uh, maybe not the safeties but the cornerback group definitely like and that's i think that's a total ravens pick as well um but rocky since since we are bad friends and almost forgot to invite our good friend rocky mcgonnie onto the show because we're just rolling through this first round what do you give us predictions for the rest of the first round like where do you think this thing is going to go and how it's going to play out for the chiefs all right, so I think that I think that ultimately the Ravens end up going Jordan Addison with this pick. Okay. And then and then I think the next pick is gonna be Deontay Banks, followed up by Joey Porter Jr. You can get back to back cornerbacks. And then and then I'm afraid that the New York Giants are gonna take Zay Flowers. I mean, they got they got so many wide receivers already, though. They just got. A they lot don't have so many good wide receivers. They've got they've got a bunch of tiny wide receivers already. That's true. Like they've got a bunch of like similar body type wide receivers to Zay Flowers. Even though I think they probably don't have anybody who I believe is as talented as Zay Flowers could be. So then they go what? Brian Branch. Oh, Baltimore! Yeah. Baltimore no. took Zay Flowers. No. Oh, Spoiler. Rocky. Oh, bummer. Bummer. You're ahead of us right oh, now, man. So that is a killer, dude. Why do they uh, need small receivers? They never use small receivers. Marquise Brown got traded out of there. It's because, because they never they're, Come on. they finally gave in, signed Lamar, and they were finally like, fine, we'll invest in offensive weapons after years of paying for for over-the-hill wide receivers and just hoping we get it done and bringing in Sammy Watkins and and all the other guys that they have. I can't even think of it. Uh, Willie Sneed, like all of the random wide receivers that they've just shuffled through there over the years. Even like you know, they Rashad Bateman, they invested in him. Well, and Rashad Bateman, I think, could be good. And I know they spent a first-round pick on Hollywood Brown. So I think Rashad Bateman's got a chance to be really good. 
Zay Flowers, they're finally investing in the offensive weapons around Lamar. You add in Odell with Mark Andrews. Isaiah Likely looks like he could be a, a nice option for them. And then if J.K. Dobbins bounces back and is fully healthy and like as explosive as he looked when he was a rookie with a healthy Lamar, like all of a sudden that looks like a pretty serious offense. Yeah, and if the big contract for Lamar wasn't enough, now you're at the point with the way they're starting to structure their roster in this offseason and now with this draft pick that we are still pending up here right now, you know, they're saying, all right, you know, we've heard Lamar's complaints about the receiver situation. We've seen it and we're addressing it to the best of our abilities right now. They're this, I'm guessing this was probably a part of these long internal conversations that were reported to have taken place between he and the Ravens. And I'm sure a part of him agreeing to sign there was their was his confidence in them that they would make things better for you know his pass catchers and really give him a chance to show off what he can do as a thrower. So you know they're gonna they're gonna he wants to do it, so they're gonna give him all the chances in the world now. Do you think that the uh, Vikings are going to go Will Levis here? To, we've been talking we've about been talking that. About yeah, I mean, I think they, I think they, brother. they probably should. <laughs> like, if I mean, they've made it pretty clear this off season that they don't think Kirk Cousins is the long term plan, right? So it would make a lot of sense for them to go Will Levis here, and they didn't even after all of the smoke around them like moving up and trying to aggressively go after one of these quarterbacks like it never happened and so for will levis to just fall to them right here it makes all the sense in the world you think yeah, that they're just gonna it, like go and the body snatchers unless, and i mean it'd be hilarious if they take hendon hooker like oh, <laughs> just God. throw a curveball and effort that nobody's expecting oh, we'd have played ourselves at that point no and and that's and that's why i think it makes sense why the Chiefs wouldn't be able to trade up to this 23 pick because I do think they may want to sit and take that quarterback there. And then the next pick is another AFC contender, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do they want to help the Chiefs out, go up for somebody? Maybe, but maybe not. And then you have to wait for 25. So there's two more picks. You know, the Giants do make sense. The Chiefs have had recent trades with them, right? You know, we just traded Kadarius Tony uh, for Kadarius Tony last year. Um, you know, I, I think the Giants make a lot of sense for that pick at 25 if the Chiefs want to come up. And get somebody, but who are they coming up and getting now? Is it Jordan Addison? Is is that who they're is that who they're going after? I guess Dalton Kincaid. It Go could be Dalton Kincaid. We've talked about Mozzie Smith, the Michigan defensive tackle, in our group chat um, because he is, you know, he is kind of that. He fills an immediate need. He's kind of that physical freak. Um, you know, has a lot of high potential. Um, I think he 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 could be a, a target for them here too. But um, yeah, I this is odd because I I don't. I don't. I'm not necessarily a big fan of Jordan Addison, to be honest with you. Um, you know, with, with I know he's pretty similar to Zay, but I think Zay just has a little bit of a different level of explosiveness that you don't see from Jordan Addison, and that's why I was so confident in him at the at, uh, with him at the NFL level. Not the same level of confidence in Addison, but he might be the move here because he is the last receiver left worthy of a first round pick in 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 many NFL teams' eyes. The o- the only thing that gives me confidence in Jordan Addison is that Steve Smith said he was his wide receiver one in that the draft. Is. And he was and he basically said that USC was the problem and it wasn't Jordan Addison. Because that's the thing, yeah. The year before he wins the Blitnikoff award as a true sophomore. I mean that is pretty amazing to think. And he was you know and you know he did it with Kenny Pickett who was drafted, but it's not like that's some amazing, you know, uh you know, work you know, all world quarterback or anything. It is pretty amazing. Um but 
I don't know. I I just think there there's a kind of this lack of explosiveness, lack of separation ability, in my opinion, um, that he has that Zay Flowers or that he lacks. That Zay Flowers does have, just makes me a little worrisome. Are we going to get you know maybe just a, a a solid receiver in the NFL rather than that true dynamic, you know, primaries here that I think Zay Flowers could be. You know, I'm not saying Addison's going to be a bad pick. I just feel like he could be a pretty solid player rather so, than uh, you know a legit top end guy. We we've already kind of been talking about that because I think. We're all a little shocked that tight ends haven't gone. And I do think, like, Jalen Hyatt, uh, for all the people who are like, no, please don't draft Jalen Hyatt. Like, I think he is totally in play for the Chiefs at 31 now and is probably going to be there. But, like, I mean, are we – Or I think I'm kind of at a point where – and I, I think I'm higher on Jalen Hyatt than some other people are. Like, I, I would like to see him with in this system and, like – as a rookie, I think all the Chiefs would do is like what they did with McCole Hardman is just like go in, run deep, or we'll give you like a jet sweep. And like he's not going to be a guy that plays a ton of snaps for the Chiefs as a rookie. But like at this point, all these wide or all these tight ends are still there. Like positionally, like it feels like that's the best value where you could get a, a starting tight end and, at 31. And I don't really think that Jacksonville, Minnesota, they don't have need for tight end. The Giants really don't. They just got Waller. Dallas doesn't. You know, maybe the Bills, if they would want to upgrade, or Cincinnati, but I kind of think both of those teams might address the offensive line. I feel like New Orleans is kind of a wild card. Philly's kind of like, a wild card. I mean, it does feel like it is like, starting. Would well, you take doesn't, Washington? Like, I would be tempted to at 31. Yeah, 100%. I, I would be tempted to take Washington at 31. But, yeah, so it's your question. Do you want wide receiver six or tight end one? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Yeah. But also, Jacksonville almost has to take Anton Harrison at this point with the Cam Robinson news coming out today, yeah. right? And that's, I mean, like, if the Chiefs are hoping for a tackle, like, he's the best case scenario if he's still there at 31. Yeah, so I don't think he will be. I think I think Jacksonville, oh, their hands are almost tied at this point because they basically had Cam Robinson and Walker Little on their on their roster at this point. And so I Cam have some interesting miss multiple games. So I have some interesting info that uh, was just tweeted out um, by a Cowboys um, a Cowboys reporter or managing editor of the Cowboys Wire. Um, he reports Kyle U- or he tweets Kyle Humans reports that the Cowboys turned down trade offers from Kansas City at thirty one. The Cowboys are sitting at 26. So if we are to believe this, the Chiefs are actively trying to get up uh, and move up to go to what's to go for somebody. Um, Dallas obviously turned them down, but there's still other guys on other teams on the board. They could maybe make uh, a move with, although, you know, after Dallas, it's Buffalo and Cincinnati, which which definitely you wouldn't imagine those trades are happening. So the Chiefs are trying to do something. I I don't I I think I think the windows probably close unless the giant unless the giants are are willing to move back dallas just doesn't also like jerry's not the type of guy especially when he's picking his latest 26 like he's not the type of guy that's looking to move back so like i'm not shocked that he refused to do that so real quick um the article i wrote about broderick jones obviously that's not going to come to fruition with him going as high as he did but the cowboys were a team i mentioned the chiefs possibly trading with to move up for a tackle because they're pretty set at that position. They were, but they'd also be, you know, having to find a way to get in front of Buffalo and Cincinnati, who I think are very tackle hungry. I wonder if that means there might be a little bit of a hidden market for Anton Harrison at this point, 
now that some of these guys have started to go off the board because I do think Cincinnati and Buffalo would be in that range for an offensive lineman. So that's maybe some little underlying thing to look at there with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's really interesting. And it just seems like we're, we're getting to the point in the draft where I, I don't, I'm not convinced the Chiefs are going to be able to move up at any point now. And so when you're sitting at 31, it becomes a game of – positional value and best and just best player on the board over what you need and whoever that best player on the board is might be a tight end at that point because i i'm really surprised that we haven't seen any of these guys go well let me let me let me say this though i mean we do have some intriguing defensive line options on, yep. on the board um you know miles murphy obviously still there we talked about him a little bit brian brise both clemson defensive linemen Felix Enrique Uzama, though, is also, you know, obviously still there. The Kansas State, the local guy, someone that uh, we have talked about quite a bit on Arrowhead Pride, you know, someone that we'd be very cool with them taking in the first round. Um, Mozzie and Benton. Mozzie and, yeah, Benton. I mean, I, I know Benton's probably, it doesn't seem like he's a first round pick. I love me some Keanu Benton. Um, would love to, to get him on the team somehow. But no, this is, this is just, uh, it, it's just, we talk about receiver, we talk about offensive skill position player, but you know, this team really does like to take whoo this team really does uh, like to take uh, <laughs> uh, trenches. Well, yeah, I just saw who went. So we're 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 feeling good. We're feeling good. The Chiefs aren't taking a wide receiver tonight, guys. <laughs> Unless Jordan Addison is a is a Minnesota Viking. Oh my god. Huh. Don't well, don't speak the highest. I mean, yeah, they lost Adam Thielen. Um <laughs> They're down to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, and they and they were looking reportedly to get rid of Dalvin Cook because he's on the back end of everything. Mm-hmm. So that actually makes sense. I they need a Thielen replacement. Yeah, so. I don't. Will Levis isn't going in the first round unless maybe the Saints. The Saints after, after after forty eight hours ago, all of the betting markets moved to him being the drastic favorite. Hey, I will say, if all these defensive linemen prospects are still on the board at 31, I hate to put this into the air, but the Chiefs may think about moving back. Um, and <laughs> It would be and- funny if Dallas oh. just took levels. <laughs> That'd be a very Jerry move to draft a quarterback yeah. after just paying Dak a bunch of money. Yeah, and having other things they definitely need to address uh, yeah. to be a contender like they're supposed to be. Yeah. We're in the like they're supposed to be. I mean, and I mean, like... Like it would make sense for the Giants to take him possibly, but they just gave Daniel Jones money. So, I, I mean, maybe the New Saints Orleans are the only possible destination for him at yeah, this point in the first. I mean, New, New Orleans, I guess, um, and you know they've got they've got some weapons there, but I don't know. I, I think I think there's a chance he's not going. He's not coming off the board tonight. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah I, I I would bet. I would take the field over. Giants just traded up one spot. Oh, really? Come on. Boy, what a great move. They must be going after Joshua Downs. Wide receiver one, according to Rocky. I don't think. Wide receiver one, Joshua Downs. They they added Darren Waller, so they don't need a tight end. They don't need tackles. Yeah, you're right. They they don't. don't really need. I mean, well, they got yeah, one. Wow. They've got. I mean, they've you're got. Right. They got. They got. They've a got a spots. bunch of wide receivers, but they've got a bunch of tiny wide receivers. Like they've got. They're all kind of the same body type. Corner. They've got Saquon. They need cornerbacks. They do need a cornerback. Yeah. 
I don't even uh, know who their safety, safety is. So, yeah. so we got the full safety. details right now, boys. With this uh, trade that just happened, the terms of the 24th and 25th pick are being sent for the and the 160th pick. Wait, hold on. Ian Rappaport is kind of confusing a little bit right now. 24 and uh, 24 for 25 and 160 and 240. All right. Well, I mean that's not that's not a terrible trade, I guess. Uh, I'm curious, yeah. what is it for though? I'm trying I'm trying to figure out. Brian Branch, possibly. Who's, yeah, I mean they need so they need some they, secondary help. Yeah, they need They've secondary got, help. Who's their other who's their other pass rusher besides Thibodeau? Ooh, off the top of my head. Oh, they got the big dog on the inside. Yeah. Oh yeah, Quentin or uh uh Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. a stud. But who's their other edge? I don't I think they were doing a lot of rotational yeah. rushing. So that could be it. Maybe there's somebody they really like. Nolan yeah, Smith's no, Nolan somebody. Smith would make sense. Yeah. I don't know if nah, he might be a I don't know. Miles Murphy might be a better fit for them, but Nolan Smith yeah. is the more intriguing prospect. They could. That. I mean, that's true. Miles Murphy is a maybe interior they, offensive line. That's Wink Martindale there now. They they do like to run that's that right. three four base. So I so mean, Nolan Nolan's Smith would, would make a lot of sense for them. Yeah, yeah. Nolan Smith would be a good pick for them at this point. I love how everyone talked about for months and months how the Chiefs had to get a receiver, and here we are the night of the draft, and all the receivers everyone wanted are gone. All I'm saying is Xavier oh. Hutchinson hype train is going to be out of control on Saturday. Xavier, yes, so, sir. Iowa State. So the fine. Giants do have Aziz Ojolari. So, yeah, they got Aziz. That's right. That's right. That's right. So let's let's talk about that. So assuming the Chiefs don't have, don't pick a wide receiver tonight. Who are who are some guys on day two and three that all of you guys are like? That's the guy. That's the guy I'm desperately hoping they come away with in the mid round. Mingo. I mean, the AP staff. Mingo, are, Cedric Bellman. But Rocky here is a big Joshua Downs guy, so he, he he's going to be hitting, he's going to be pounding the table for for Joshua Downs. Yeah, Joshua Downs, Jonathan Mingo, or Cedric Tillman. I think Joshua Downs is just such a clean prospect. He makes contested catches. He's he's a smaller guy, but besides his size, like there's nothing he doesn't do well, and there's no red flags on him. He's he's all he no. does is catch passes and pick up first downs. No, I'm a big Cedric Tillman guy. Um, I, yep. I, I feel most physical wide receiver in the draft. I never thought of the comp, but like T Higgins is honestly a very good comp for him. Like, I really think they're like, like Cedric Tillman just might be a little thicker, I guess. And so maybe T Higgins is a little better movement wise. Um, I'd have to look at their athletic testing, but I think it's a really good comp. And I, I think, if the Chiefs, if, if you're getting a T Higgins type of player uh, to complement the other kind of slot Z types you got, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so I'm a I'm, so, a, I'm a Tillman guy um, for sure. What's so the right? Giants took, took Deontay Banks just now. That makes sense. That's a good pick. That makes, that makes sense, sense for, yeah. for them to move up. And then with Tillman, actually, he actually ran 0.1 tenths of a second faster than than T Higgins did. And had a had a faster 10 and 20 20 had a faster 10 yard split. And that's Tillman coming off of a of an injury, so mm-hmm. that's that is pretty. Yeah, I mean that's that tells you. No, I, I really like Tillman. I I really like what I saw. His RAS at his size is is impressive. Um, his twenty twenty one tape definitely good. So I I definitely be banging the table for Cedric Tillman, uh, Serta. But um, you know, a guy like Jonathan Mingo, um, Nate Christensen at the site kind of started the hype. I will say, I, it seems yeah. like it. I mean, I know you know maybe there's some other well, guys at the site that were loving up Mingo, but he was the first one really hyping him up, and uh, and it's I think the national media is kind of caught on. So I don't even know how much of a kind of a sleeper he is anymore. Speaking of our guy Nate Keon White, 
has not had his name mentioned one And time. he's here. He's uh, here. He's here. Isn't he the pass rusher that everyone hates? Yes, uh, that's exactly yeah. who he is. He's the, but he's the pass rusher that everyone hates because they compare him to Breland Speaks, but he's not Breland Speaks. Like, like it's it like is. somebody yeah. sitting it's there and calling, you know, me Danny DeVito. Like, I'm not Brad Pitt, <laughs> but I'm not Danny DeVito. Right? You know, so, like, at least call me, like, I don't know. Like, who's the guy? Like, like Mark <laughs> Ruffalo stung by a bunch of bees. <laughs> That sounds okay. like a, that's the self. I like, I like the self love. That was the way you found that on the spot. The Mark Ruffalo getting stung with bees. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Uh, it's no, but but I will say though on Nate because Nate wrote the article and and so he was the one really making the point that Keon White is not you know just a Breland speaks. He's way more athletic. Um, he's definitely someone that that bring just just kind of is more of a bull in the china shop kind of guy. Breland speaks was just he's just kind of slow and just. I mean, especially once you get to the NFL, stiff. you don't, you don't, you don't think of the word slow when you when you watch Keon White. The dude is explosive. The dude moves well at 280, 285. Um, I don't know how thrilled I would be with the, with him as the pick, um, depending on who else is on the board, um, like a Felix Enrique Uzama. But Keon White does fit what the Chiefs like to have with their defensive ends, um, and and he could play he could play inside a little bit too, kind of be versatile in that way. So. He does make make sense, but he's definitely not Breland Speaks. I think that was definitely an unfair comparison. So Jacksonville is on the clock now. They could use some offensive line help. Um, yeah. They could use some more playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. But it, it feels like I'm not really sure where Jacksonville could go because I, I think top to bottom, like their roster isn't that bad. We have another trade. Yeah, Bills just traded up. Bills. Yeah. Bills just traded up with Jacksonville, so Jacksonville traded back again. Oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. So Jacksonville, Bills on the clock now. They're just now getting to the Giants selection on TV here in the the press room. Yeah. Hmm. So where are the Bills going then? They need a running back. I like James Cook, though. I think James Cook is going to be good. Uh I think the Bills could use another wide receiver. I think they could use another pass rusher, more offensive line depth. Like, their roster is still Secondary. in pretty good shape. Um, but they need the – Bill, the Bills need somebody on that defensive line who can be a home run hitter besides Von Miller because that's the biggest they need, thing. Is they, they've invested the defensive a line picks. under 30. Yeah. They've invested a ton of picks in that defensive line, but they don't have anybody who's hmm. – Amazing. They don't have any game changers or game records, really. See, real quick, they got the Legereus Sneed comp. They just put it up on the board for Deontay Banks. That's interesting. <laughs> that is, that's right. inter- that Kramer, is interesting. You got, comp. you got the details. Yeah, on, so the, on the full strength. details, yes. Uh, so the 25th pick is what the uh, gosh, who, who, the Bills took. And the 27th and 130 is going to Jacksonville. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville just within two picks just picked up. What three extra mid round picks That's to move to move back two spots? Part. Yeah, yeah, and and, if, and if, they're if, they're guaranteed to get the guy who they want. I would assume, or they feel really comfortable about it. Yeah, and if the Chiefs still want to make that small minor move, you're kind of seeing what they would maybe need to give up. Uh, they have that second fourth round pick that they do have at their disposal if they want to get rid of that to go up and get a guy. Um, they are not allowed to move out of the first round. They're not allowed to move out of the first. I round would agree, sir. The draft is in Kansas City. 
Rocky, I was telling them earlier tonight, this is my third NFL draft. The first two, the Chiefs traded out of the first round both times. I have not been to an NFL draft where the Kansas – I've been covering the Kansas City Chiefs, all three of them. Not been to one where they've actually made a first-round selection. Well, well, sort of. We're in the party now, you know, so <laughs> anything could happen. I did. I mean, the first draft I went to, they drafted Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill. The second draft was the McCole Hardman draft. Um which isn't, which isn't looked upon as fondly is the first one that I went to. That's fun. No, not at all. So with the Bills here, I mean, they got Tredavious White and Kyir Elam at cornerback. Do you think? Do you think they would go for like an improvement over Dane Jackson and try to go like Joey Porter Jr. So, here? I, I, well, I, I wonder where Kair Elam is in his development because he was a healthy and active a yeah. bunch as a rookie. And he wound up, he wound up playing late in the season, but I think it's because they didn't have a choice. Um, so like, it seemed like last season as a rookie, like they were going out of his other way, way not to put him on the field until they had to. So they might, I mean, I, I don't think unless things drastically change this off season, I don't know how in on Kair Elam they are after his rookie season. I, I I know that Kyrie Elam was a guy I was big on. I definitely wanted the Chiefs to go get him last year. Um, so I, I I do I do still have faith in him. I believe in him. I think he maybe just had a rough start to his career. So if they don't want to go that direction, I think they're a team that they have they have perceived death in the defensive line, depth in the defensive line. But is it really like quality depth, or is it just a bunch of names it's, that we all know? It's right? an offensive player. It's an offensive it's, player. It's Dalton Kincaid. What? Oh, that's, that's Dawson good. Knox and Dalton Kincaid. I mean, that's a good huh? pick by them, man. Dawson Knox is almost is, is pretty comparable to Dalton Kincaid. In well, my and I mean, what's what's Dawson Knox's contract right now? Is is he he's still on his rookie deal? That's a good he? question. Well, he, he signed he, an extension. Yeah, I think he signed an extension. Was, but it's somewhat sizable. But, I think. I mean, but it was maybe what like two or three years added on to what he already had. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, so it runs through 2026, and it was a yeah. four-year, $52 million extension. Yeah, I mean, that's a sizable time end extension. <laughs> yeah, his, I mean, cap hit, his cap hit in 2024 and through 26 are $14 million, $15 million, and then fifteen nine. I mean, that's interesting. Um, it, it does kind of feel like it's a – we just want to get weapons and that's the best thing on the board. And they were shocked that he was still available that late. So they were willing to move up and get him, which is kind of what I was saying for the chiefs at 31. Here's my theory with Kincaid. They got Dawson Knox under contract. He's like blocking tight end guy, right? Yeah. They saw how Patrick Mahomes was able to beat some of those two coverage shells when the chiefs really invested in playing a lot of 12 and 13 personnel. Maybe they're thinking of something similar like that to maybe help Josh Allen out. A little bit, maybe get some more underneath guys to where he has that other option underneath the coverage. And they did get a very good cast catcher in Kincaid. But also, you know, you think back on it, that's going to put a lot of stress on players like when they're playing the Chiefs guys like Justin Reed and Willie Gay, and now even Drew Tranquil to some degree, because they're going to be the guys tasked with going out and trying to stop that. But maybe, I mean, maybe that's their philosophy shift. They're going to try to mimic the Chiefs a little bit and get a little heavier up front so when teams do drop back into those deep coverages you know they'll have an answer maybe they can you know use the numbers advantage of the box to even run the ball a little bit more effectively they're like next time when there's 13 seconds we're gonna have the ball 
and we're going to do that. Oh, they they'll, well, I mean, and then just don't lose at home to Cincinnati in the snow, and yeah, but whatever. <laughs> we have it, it's getting interesting, fellas, because um, we have again a lot of picks, uh, a lot of players still on the board, guys that maybe the Chiefs didn't think were going to be on the board, um, still available. And I'm getting I'm getting pretty excited here um, because Nolan Smith is still on the board. Nolan Smith's still on the board. Miles Murphy is still on the board. Um, Michael Mayer, you got a uh, Felix, Luke Musgrave, Brian Branch, good defense, good safety, still mm-hmm. on the board. Right, Anton Harrison's still there, obviously. Um, there, there let's, are. Let's know, say, let's say they don't get tackle, they don't get wide receiver, they don't get edge. And they don't do tight end because we've been talking about tight end a lot. What what is the 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 pick that you would say like, or the position where you'd be like, man, I don't think they necessarily need it, but I get it. Like I get what they were going for here. Joey Porter Jr. at cornerback if he's there. Yeah, yeah, I would get I why they're shocked. going. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that that fits that. Um, yeah, cornerback. I mean. I mean, tight end to an extent, honestly. Like, I don't really want to see them take tight end here anymore. Um, now that we're here and there's some other, you know, defensive linemen available. Um, but at the same time, it, it's easy to forget, but the Chiefs are one of the most effective, the most effective team out of heavy personnel, 12, 13 personnel um, passing last season. And it's because they do it so well. They scheme open guys so well. Imagine if, if these Noah Grays or Jody Fortson's replaced by a legitimate guy that could be a you know a, a real playmaker at tight end at the NFL level. So that's what makes me intrigued by tight end. Um and I would get it, but I don't really want to see it uh at this point really anymore. I, I want to see a defensive lineman. There's a ton of names on the defensive line like we just mentioned. And really at this point the way the board has fallen, you know, I know we ball like Benton and Mozzie Smith. You got Nolan Smith on the board, man. That is incredibly intriguing because I I didn't see him falling past in fifteen. You guys know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah. see well, that yeah. level of skill. You know, obviously there's injury concerns and whatnot, but Miles Murphy's still on the board. He would definitely be the fit at this point, you know, along with Felix. Yeah, no, I, I did Miles Murphy is, is traits out the wazoo. It's just, can he put it all together? Right. And and, and Nolan Smith is, is to an extent traits as well. Um, you know, the, the athleticism traits. Um, and he's someone that I think puts it all together a little more. Maybe not as a pass rusher, but Miles Murphy doesn't put it together as a pass rusher to me. Um, so I think I think I'd, I'd lean Nolan there. It's but I'm I'm overlooking my guy. I just want to say it real quick. Anton Harrison's still on the board. And Anton Harrison is 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 a guy that I think could come in, start at left tackle. You could keep Jawan Taylor at right tackle, and you have a very good offensive line um, for the next however many years. I need to stop overlooking that because I do think that's a real possibility here. He he keeps falling at this point, and uh, I I really think he's he'd be a great pick. So we got to see what Cincinnati's going to so, tackle though. Yeah. yeah. So we got Dallas on the clock right now, right? So mm-hmm. uh, honestly, I mean, Dallas could take offensive line too. Like Tyron Smith is still when he's healthy, he's really good, but it feels like he's way past his prime and can't stay on the field anymore. Doesn't this um, just kind of feel like, like wouldn't be shocked to see Smith? that? Like, doesn't Mozzie Smith kind you of feel that, like but there's for so Dallas? Sore. Yeah, no, I, I think Mozzie Smith makes a lot of sense for Dallas. Honestly, um, yeah, I would say him. I mean, they, they they could definitely use I think corner or safety help. Um, I think they could use a Brian Branch type of player. Um, absolutely. Um, could they be the team that maybe takes a Steve Avila or an Osiris Torrance? Kind of maybe you know so, you know solid up you know make their offensive line more solid. 
Um, that, you know, I think their guard position has, you know, definitely been a little not as great, you know, besides Zach Martin at that at that other spot. So that could be another one, too. Uh, but I think Dallas could go a lot of different ways here. I, I, I think they could go in many different directions. It's I'd like to see them do the the Cole Strange. Like, <laughs> just pick somebody. Cody, everybody, Everybody's like, wait, who the hell is that? Like, that is not a name we were ready to hear on day one of the NFL draft. There hasn't been a lot of that tonight. Uh, yeah, I don't think Which, so. Like, I they, feel they like we get a, at least they one. They Carter Warren out. Right. Ooh. And they were the team that took Tyler Smith last year from Tulsa, uh, Tulsa who was who was a very much of a project. Uh, but he went in the first round. He played he played a lot down the stretch. He looked yeah. pretty good. He's yeah, definitely like, going to be a starter moving forward. Yeah, like that's they've had a lot of success doing that in Dallas. And I, I feel like I don't I don't think it'd be crazy for them to go offensive line, but they still like they the, they have a Super Bowl caliber roster now. Um, I Mike McCarthy is going to keep holding them back, but um, <laughs> but they have the talent to be a, a Super Bowl contender. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they should have, you know, they obviously go to the playoffs last year. I mean, you know, that that game against San Francisco, I mean, Dak just looking absolutely awful. I mean, you know, if he's going to keep continue to be your quarterback, you can only make the team, you know, the team so good, but you're going to be there. So, you know, I, I think it's smart for them to continue building around him. He just needs to get better and, and better in those clutch situations. I'm going to take a break as we get closer to the Kansas City Chiefs pick. I will be back in two minutes. Let's keep it rolling, y'all. Does it? Uh, yeah, no, does it make sense? Does Michael Mayer make sense here? Also, who do they have? They have Jake Ferguson at tight end, right? right no, now? They, no, that's, that's a good right. point. They they lost, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz this offseason. He went to Houston um, on a contract as a free agent, so they are looking at tight ends. I think Michael Mayer would be a a very Jerry Jones pick um, because he probably sees him as a very highly regarded prospect, and and probably sees him maybe being a steal. I can see that for sure. I think that's a good point. But hey, at the same time, dude, Darnell Washington is that not a Jerry Jones pick too? That would be, you know, here's I heard at one point last year the Chiefs there was a little bit of smoke around the Chiefs maybe drafting Jake Ferguson. So I do think he does have the potential to be their next tight end now that Dalton Schultz is elsewhere. But you know, if they want to, maybe they want to go with a little twelve personnel and they decide to get another guy and they just have open competition. It feels like one of those two guys, Michael Mayer or Darnell Washington, would just be the gleam in Jerry Jones' eye. They're exactly what he looks for in prospects. You got your blue chip guy in, you know, Mayer, who some people said could have been a top 10 pick pre-draft cycle. And then you just got like this giant, unstoppable individual in Darnell Washington. Yeah, and and I, I honestly think he does fit Dallas's uh, offense kind of well. They don't really ask their tight end to be – like the super creative route runner, I think a lot of times he's just kind of getting into space, um, you know, off of the play action or, you know, as, you know, the defense is spread out by CeeDee Lamb, you know, and Michael Gallup on the outside. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he, he makes sense for Darnell Washington at that tight end spot because I do think they still want to run the ball. You know, I think Mike McCarthy has made that clear, and so I think Darnell Washington helps them do that too. So we'll see. We're, we're kind of waiting for that pick to come pick in. Pick is but- in. Pick is in, Pick and is we called it. It's Mozzie. Mozzie oh, Smith. wow. That was you then. I'll give you, I'll give you credit. That, that, was, that was you. That was you. And and I, I'm honestly not too sad to see him go off the board before the Chiefs. Um, I don't think it would have been a terrible pick or anything. I, You know, I just, you know, I, he, he's just not the guy I want to bet on if we're talking about some of these guys still on the board left. Um, 
but he makes a lot of sense for Dallas, Rocky. I I, I think that was a good call on your part. My he was draft the board one is- player I didn't want the Chiefs to take. My draft right. board is completely collapsing. I was a big Mozzie Smith guy, but Ron, yours is intact now because now they have an excuse to take Benton in the second round at this point. Well, and they still have my guy Anton Harrison on the board um, oh, yeah. to secure offensive tackle. You're right. And then maybe Benton in the second round. We'll see, though. We'll see. You know, uh, you know, second round still could be a Jonathan Mingo kind of thing. But, no, that, that's the thing. I'm looking at uh, AP, our AP draft top 100 prospects. Um, the ones left, I'll, I'll read them off real quick while we're kind of waiting around. Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch, Miles Murphy, Will Levis, Michael Mayer, Nolan Smith, Anton Harrison, Brian Brzee, uh, John Michael Schmitz, the center. Uh, Felix Anuduke Uzama, Cam Smith. There are some good names still available that the Chiefs, uh, you know, have to choose from. Um, all right. Well, let me ask this, guys. Rocky, I'll start with you. Who do we want them to pick? Who do you want to pick right now? Who who, who would you want the Chiefs to have on the team right now? Who Who's the pick? Everybody that's left, I would say Anton Harrison would be my pick if he's still there. Okay. Um, and then maybe in the second round, look to either Keanu Benton or B.J. Ojolari. Yes, BJ. Yeah, if they don't go if they don't go edge first round, uh, yeah, BJ becomes a very interesting prospect. I'd probably roll with Nolan right now. Yeah, you got a top fifteen talent who's fallen all the way to thirty one. I don't know if it's medicals. I don't know if it's height and size. Questions about durability. I don't know what it is, but I know he doesn't fit what Spags wants to do. But if you got a chance to take a, you know, he is talented. People, you know, have these concerns about him. He doesn't weigh a lot. He is strong. He's pound for pound, maybe one of the strongest players in the draft this year when it comes to that kind of thing. So, I'm, I mean, do you guys think the reason he's fallen, though, this far does have to do with some of the medical and injury history concern? I think so. And then because you get the medical and injuries mixed with the smaller frame, and they're probably just afraid if he can hold yeah. up at, at a brutal position in the NFL where you're going to be smashing up against offensive linemen, you know, on a regular basis. I am refreshed and ready for the Kansas City Chiefs to make this first. Did you go slam a a PBR tall boy? Is that what happened? No, I (laughs) wish. And we're in the Western. So there is a bar like right downstairs and I've walked past it twice. And I was like, man, time to to just go slam a beer real quick and get back upstairs. But no, we're not, we're not ready. Um, Whenever we get home, I'm assuming it's going to be like 1 a.m. tonight. Um, there will be beers head before I go to sleep. But <laughs> I have a, uh, a bottle of high West double right sitting here. No, Mozzie, Mozzie Smith went to Dallas. Uh, you know he's going to be he's going to be good paired in there with Parsons. Oh yeah, that's a good pairing. That's a good pick by the Cowboys. Yeah, no, they have a lot of they have a lot of impact players on their defensive front just in general. Um, a lot of guys that they can send after the quarterback. You know, Mozzie obviously wasn't the most productive college player as a pass rusher, but you, we see the traits. I mean, I, I, that's why he's an intriguing prospect. Um, I had him as my DT three. I still wanted to put Keanu Benton over him, but I, I you know, they were closer than I'd like to probably admit. Um, but but I, I just want to bet on Benton and you know that that kind of physical profile and the in the things he was doing in college. But Mozzie Smith was not that far behind, so I, I I do think he's a really good player. Jaguars are on the clock, though. Until their pick is in already. They kept moving back, so whoever they wanted must have still been there. Mm, I wonder what they went with. Maybe an edge. Brian Branch makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. That's been a very popular mock pick for them. Their safeties aren't the greatest. I know. Yeah, their yeah. secondary could use 
some playmakers for sure. Sir, I asked them uh, this. I mean, we're getting to the pick. I mean, we're, we're pretty much here. I mean, is there someone on the board that you, like, prefer over the others? Because there's guys like, you know, your Miles Murphy that's kind of maybe, you know, a pretty traditional defensive end. Uh, Nolan Smith, we were just kind of talking about yeah. him. Anton Harrison, Felix Enrique Uzama. I mean, is there a certain guy? I mean, Darnell Washington, we talked about him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if they drafted Darnell Washington, I'd be pretty juiced about it. Um just because I think, like, athletically, like, he's got a chance to be such a uh, talented player. And, and especially, like, we talk about, like, you know, Darnell Washington is a, a guy who, like, wasn't as productive in college as he probably should have been. But athletically, like, coming into Kansas City with Andy Reid, like, you feel like the Chiefs would get the most out of him as a player. Like, situationally, yeah. that's a really good – that'd be a really good uh, fit for him, I think. So he'd be really interesting. And – I kind of like I, I don't think no like Nolan Smith doesn't necessarily fit the spag style, but like having like the consistency and like the motor of George Karloftis and adding Nolan Smith, like who is just a, an outrageously explosive athlete, like that's something that I would be really interested in because when you factor in like how big of an impact Chris Jones is gonna have in the way these the Chiefs are gonna move guys around and like Charles Amenahu is going to move inside sometimes. And they've already talked about that. We saw Mike Dana do it last time. Like that, that's something that would be really intriguing to me. Anton well, Harrison is off the, is off the board. So that we that, should have seen that coming. That felt like it. That felt like the pick. Like I, I almost kind of feel dumb. They, I wasn't just, they knew, that they knew, that they knew they couldn't fall below the Bengals, but knew as long as they stuck at 27, they would get their guy. Well, and Cam Robinson, you know, the, the news of him not being able to play, at least at the start of the season. I mean, we should – I mean, I should have seen this coming. No, Anton Harrison was never making it past Jacksonville. Um, never have too many tackles either, man. No, absolutely not. Um, but I, I do want to just give my give my little last thing on Anton Harrison. Since this is the last time I'll have to talk about him. But really clean player, really clean prospect. I just really feel like he just needs a little – a little more development in terms of his his strength, his mass, kind of building that anchor, and we, and we're talking about a really clean offensive tackle, someone that's going to be really good in pass protection, but and 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 a bunch of different schemes. That's why I really like it for the Chiefs, honestly, is because he can run zone, he can he can pull block, he can down block, he can pass set, you know, quick set and and deep set. I mean, he could do it all, and 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 so I was a big fan of Anton Harrison. Sad to see him go. Uh, so day so day one tackles off the board for you guys, right? Like taking a tackle at 31, is that totally off the board now with Anton Harrison gone? Would you Off go to Juan Jones, Caleb? Daywan oh, Jones is man. there, but Don't yeah. Put me in this situation because I, I wrote specifically in the article about him. I said I wouldn't take him in the first, but on the second, you could yeah. look at him. But like day one, is that is that totally out the window or are you talking yourself into it? I can't talk myself into it with him. Yeah, I think tackle might be off the board at the current time unless we see something ridiculous happen so it's down to wide receiver edge right or defensive defensive line defensive yeah. you know i i did say you know run, about benton the thing with him is he's a first round talent i think we all agreed on that it's just the positional value is always the thing with him when you see where he gets mocked to you well 100 yeah, and, and brian brzee is there too i just wanted to add that oh they they've they're gonna like. They're gonna love them some, <laughs> some Brzee. And 
So what's going to happen, uh, happen when they take take Devin A. Chain at their Oh, my one. gosh. <laughs> or Zach Charbonnet. I mean, it would be I – don't, I, I don't think it would be a smart pick, but it would be fun. Uh, that yeah. dude, Andy Reid, would scheme things up for that guy. <laughs> so do we Rocky think that, uh, that the Bengals are going Brian Branch here? They could. Daxon Hill's a very similar player to Brian Branch that they picked last yeah. year. Kind of that slot safety kind of type. Um, Daywan Jones would make sense for them. Osiris it's, Torrance. I think when they saw that name come from Jacksonville, I think Cincinnati was like was like throwing things in their draft. Well, they, they still have a chance to get a really good interior offensive line player. Osiris Torrance and Steve Avila are still on the board. And if really, if you think back to the, you know, the last time the Cincinnati Bengals played football, yeah, their tackles got beat a lot, but their interior was just getting destroyed it's, by Chris Jones, just destroyed. Well, it's one of the worst offensive lines in football. I'd be curious. I, I feel like they could use another corner. Like I feel like, Cincinnati's been overperforming with their secondary the last couple of years, and part of that is like Lou Anarumo just being awesome at his job. Um, it's like Jadobia Wuzier has like been their best corner the last two years, but then he was banged up last season, and there's like really nobody else in that secondary that you're like, that's that that's a guy that you immediately think of being like a playmaker, like a ball hawk or a lockdown corner or something like that. So yeah. Since- since he's interesting, I feel like they could go a lot of different ways here. And the pick is in, so it could be it could be Darnell Washington here. I think he makes a lot of sense for how they could fit a tight end into their system. Um, you know, I think they're a team that likes to do the light yeah. box running thing, and I think you can you can execute execute that a lot more when you have a tight end that you can keep in that can be a six offensive yeah. lineman, but then can also get down the field and be a, a decent receiver. I mean, so what's Hayden Hurst got like one more year on his contract, maybe? Yeah, and then and Hayden Hurst is never a reason to not address that position. Yeah. Uh, and I think is Drew Sample still on the <laughs> roster? I think I think Drew Sample still in Cincinnati. Literally, so the forgot to change the last name from the creative. Point. Oh, Rocky. The, the Bengals have taken Miles Murphy. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, let them have him. Guys, Nolan Smith is still on the board. Yeah, dude. I'm, 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 as we get closer and closer, I'm like, that's, that's it. That's it. That, that's where I'm at. Like, I am good with that. Um, it's his, his spags departed uh, enough from, like his stereotype defensive lineman to take Nolan Smith. Like I sure hope so. I sure hope so. This is this is from just to just to show you that. That was from a little bit ago. Um but but I, I don't know. I, I just think I just think there is there is Ooh. something to the Chiefs needing a Man. legit edge guy, a legit come off the edge guy. They have a lot of versatile guys that can play from the inside because they're a little bigger and can corner you know can crush the pocket. They need a guy that can actually win, you know uh, around the pocket, get into the pocket, you know, win with speed. They had, they, they kind of had that with Frank Clark before he's not around anymore. We don't know if he's going to come back. I think Nolan Smith gives you that ability as that, as that weak side defensive end. And again, so, he's not, he's not as small as real this. quick. Joe Cullen was like at the Georgia pro day. He was working out Smith and Jalen Carter at the Georgia's pro day. You could go back and look at some of that. So I know there hasn't really been a ton of smoke around the chiefs going to him. But maybe from that workout, you know, maybe Joe Cullen got enough of a glimpse to see what he might like. 
And I'll be honest, if Joe Cullen, if, if Joe Cullen gave him the a seal of approval, I'm guessing Spags would probably go with it also. And I know it was just a workout, but I do think that's an interesting tidbit to throw in at this current time. It's so. What did Nolan Smith weigh in at at the combine? Two thirty. 238, I want to say. I got it right here. So, uh, I, I think... 238, 62238. So, but, but his, like, athletic numbers were 43940, 152 like, split, 41 and a half like, inch vert. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Absolutely insane. And the, the reason why I think it could work, even though it's, like, uh, like, the reason I think he's still available is because of his size, like, is why most teams would probably flag him. But, man, you already got the Spags guys. Like, you already got the guys that fit that mold. And that dude is just such a freak athlete like Hassan Riddick, where you could just kind of move him around and just be like, just be faster than the offensive lineman. Like, just use your explosiveness to get around the edge while Chris Jones is creating all this havoc up the middle. Like... I think it makes sense. Like, I think it could really work. Like, I, I don't think that I, I'm as concerned about his size anymore as a lot of people might be. And even if they wanted another defensive end, there's still options on day two. Isaiah McGuire, Thule, Zach Harrison, all names of guys that do fit what you we think of when you think of the Spagnola boxes that need to be checked. Those are guys that we could maybe see possibly on the radar also. The thing, the thing I will say with with the Nolan with a with a potential Nolan Smith pick, um, and we're just speculating here because um, he is one of the most exciting prospects still left on the board. We're all fans of him. He was my second ranked edge rusher in the entire class, just behind uh, Will Anderson. I really think he's that special of an athlete. The thing is, is it could point to something you've been talking about all the time, Caleb. You just mentioned the Joe, Joe Colon point, but like. The fact that they could be going to more odd fronts just generally, you know, playing more of those three, four fronts where you actually have a legitimate three, four outside linebacker, uh, you know, off the ball, you know, playing a two point stance. Uh, we've seen them kind of flirt with that last year. And so <laughs> and Nate really wants Nolan Smith. He is tweeting. He's tweeting through it. We're all tweeting through it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nate and I both had him as our second ranked edge rusher. I think we both just saw kind of that special unique ability at his size to be a really good run defender and also come off the ball so quickly so well he he does need some de- development as a passer she doesn't necessarily have a plan all the time um he, he's he's definitely more of an athlete than like a true pass rusher but i think he's someone that can translate that athleticism to pass rush with the right coach in there and, and i think the chiefs have a pretty good one in joe colin is it too early to take Derek hall if he makes it not over the guys that are on the board, no. I mean, Felix, I still would really want Felix if uh, if Nolan Smith's not going to be there. Um, so, But I'm a Derek Hall guy, so. so I'd fight for Tooley at, at this point. Oh, I know you would, Rocky. <laughs> so if it's if it's Jalen Hyatt with Nolan Smith still on the board, uh, are you guys upset? Are you heartbroken? Like, how is that going over? I don't think I'd be heartbroken. I didn't – I wouldn't have – I didn't expect Nolan in the first place. This is just kind of like a fun surprise that's popped up here towards the end of it. But I wouldn't be heartbroken. I also like Hyatt, though, so I wouldn't – I'd wouldn't. i be indifferent. What I would tell you, Serta, about that is is you're not finding Nolan Smith um, later in the draft, but you may be able to find uh, Jalen yeah. Hyatt in the form of a t- Tyler Scott, a Trey Palmer a little later in the draft. I know Jalen Hyatt is probably you know a, a better speed threat than those guys, but sure, not as much of a one to uh, take him in the first round over those guys. Maybe later on day two. Yeah, uh, but and- at the, yeah, with the Nolan Smith thing, it's kind of like like you already told 
another girl you go to prom with her and then it, it turns out that your mom's best friends with Halle Berry and Halle Berry's like I want to take your son to prom and then you got to be like no I already said I'd take this other person and you got to turn down <laughs> Halle Berry like you were expecting Halle Berry but once Halle Berry's there you're like I'd really rather take Halle Berry <laughs> oh, of course you're not I can't say no to Halle Berry I mean come on dog no. so ooh if Levis doesn't go here, he's lineman off the board. That's that's who just picked. That's who the Saints just picked. Appears so. It appears so. Yeah. So Levis isn't going in the first round. Not a chance. Reddit costs somebody thousands of dollars. <laughs> I bet so many people place money on Will Levis. Yeah, the last to two go days. number two, too. Like to go number Man, two. So overall. that that's the thing with with quarterback conversations in the draft too. Is like. They're always way overblown unless there's like definitive guys. Like we knew definitively Bryce Young. And a lot of the speculation was that CJ Stroud was going to be the faller, which seemed ridiculous always. And Anthony Richardson, like athletically, like you don't let guys that are that athletically gifted, like fall in the first round. Like we, we did the same thing with Cam Newton. Like, oh, he's not an NFL style offense. Like he's not an accurate passer. But then, and we did that the, that entire draft process. Cam Newton still goes number one overall because Cam Newton's just a freak of nature athlete. And you you take that upside every single time. Like there's just not many people in the world built like Anthony Richardson, like Cam Newton. So you always take those guys. But there's always one guy. There's always one guy that there's a lot of smoke. Around. Oh, this guy is a is a is a sleeper first round pick. He could sneak up into the ten that winds up being a third round pick <laughs> like that winds up going that winds up going in the fourth round or something like that that the NFL is not in on at all and i'm not saying will levis is going to last till the fourth round or something but he was he was like obviously that guy right this draft cycle and yeah but everybody's trying to hype him up and some of that's agent talk and some of that's teams messing with each other and things like that but there's always one of those guys and will levis was obviously that guy this draft cycle yeah, no, I kind of felt Malik that. Willis of this year. Yeah. yeah, Malik Willis was. Yeah, I mean, there was people saying Malik Willis was going to go top ten last year. Yeah, you know, like Matt Corral was someone that got you know first round yeah. flirtation last year. Christian and... Hackenberg. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, that that Sam Howell. Yeah, so, Sam Howell was another one. So Brian Brise is off the board, which. You know, I'll just be honest with you, Chiefs Kingdom. I, I, I'm glad someone else is taking the bets on those two, uh, Miles Murphy and Brian Brzee. You know, I'm not trying to say they're going to be bad players. I just think they're not exciting players. That's a, and I, that's and I want a very, an exciting pick in round That's a one. very Saints pick. It is. It is. He fits the you're Saints gonna, very well. You're good. Clemson fans, you can address your hate mail to at Ron underscore cop on Twitter. You can slide yes, into his DMs. and Send it right um, here. I'm I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. So do we think the Eagles are getting ready to take the guy that's the the Hassan Reddit comp now? But don't you I you don't Eagles take are him are to right? do though. They just load talent. I know. Yeah. That's they hoard the that would be line. that would be devastating. Because at this point I'm all in on Nolan Smith. Um <laughs> and it would be like like we talked about it earlier, like with the Eagles. That's just what they do. Like that's how that's how he's thing. Like he drafts wide receivers, drafts defensive tackles, drafts pass rushers, and drafts offensive linemen. Like that's that's what he does. That's his thing. Like he is always 
he is always adding talent to his roster, even if it's not a necessary position of need, like they did with tight end. Like we've seen them do over and over and over again with pass rushers, offensive linemen. Like it's it's part of the reason why they're they're still good because then they find the pieces that they need to add outside of that. And they're like, well, we already got all the things that you need to be good because as long as our offensive line's great, we can be good offensively. As long as we can get after the quarterback, then the defense can at least be manageable while we try to figure out the secondary. And that's how they build things out. So it does feel like the Eagles could totally shatter our hopes and dreams right here. And if they do, I think there's a, a strong possibility the Chiefs just say, okay, well, then we're not picking tonight and then trade out. Um, but if, if, if they I'm don't take no if they do that, dude. <laughs> especially if it got to all night and then they did it, I think it all hinges on Nolan Smith here. I really feel like it makes sense that if Nolan Smith isn't the pick for them in round one, that they may feel like they can move back because Felix is there. Felix and Udike Uzama, you know, they wow. could just stick there, but Keon White is. Keon White is also on the board. They could pe- think about those two guys a little later, a little further a, down. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter. People are starting to get fired up about Dewan Jones. Interesting. That's I don't know if there's any I don't know if there's any truth behind it. I'm starting to see his name thrown around quite a bit. Well, it would make sense that the Chiefs do want to address offensive tackle still in this first round. He's the only guy worthy. I mean, I like Matthew Bergeron. I don't think he fits necessarily with the uh, Chiefs so- want at offensive tackle. But like value wise, if, if if they took him here at thirty one, like what what positionally are, are you leaving on the board? Like like to to reach for that offensive tackle because it just didn't really fall your way in the first round. I mean, I think you're leaving a good amount of edge prospects. Uh a good amount of edge guys, prospects on the board. Audio, slash audio for a second. We're good. No big we're, we're still here. But still, guys, still going guys, guys. Pull out your they took handkerchiefs. They took Nolan Smith. You can't. You gotta be. God uh, damn it! They hoard talent, man. That's uh, why they're good. Howie Roseman, you son of a. Yeah. Uh, so wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that the Eagles just got Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith in the same draft? Yeah. Yes. After 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 being NFC champion champion. What are we doing, NFL? <laughs> what are we doing? Oh my gosh! Unreal, it's, man. That's how they're good, though. They hoard unreal. Talent. See, that's the mentality. They're creating competition up front. When they've got that kind of stuff going on, it's not, oh, we're going to guarantee you this percentage of snaps or this. It's you come with your lunch pail every day to get better. So, Dude, the Eagles have Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, four guys from that national champion Georgia defense. N'Kobe Dean couldn't even get on the field for them last year either. And their linebackers were terrible last year. So I imagine when N'Kobe Dean does get his chance, he he might be able to – to improve that room. Wow. Okay, so wow. are we are we go with Michael Mayer here then? Mm, I I I'm I'm on Felix. I mean, I want Felix if it's anybody here right now. To be honest with you, the tight end position is interesting. I mean, so you would hands down. So you you wouldn't you would e- easily like take him over the positional value that the tight end is offering. Right I now. just yeah I. I too high I know Darnell Washington's my tight end one. I just I uh, I would rather wait on tight end if we can. Um, you know, a Zach Koontz a little later, yeah. a Luke Schoonmaker a little later. There was so much Florida. promise this was going right. to fall exactly how we wanted it to, and then it's just pick after pick. Damn it! And Damn then the it. freaking twenties happened. Yeah. And what about Brian Branch? How do you guys feel about Brian Branch? Heat check. I just I, I... he's a hammer, man. 
because he, he is a nickel. They have a couple guys they can play in the nickel right now. They have four safety bodies. I just think that'd be a little overkill. I don't think I don't know if he's that special of a talent to be taking him in. Well, the, it's in what the, we said on the the film room when we were talking. We said if you're taking a safety in the first round this year, it's more out of need than out of it being the best player on the board. Maybe right. they see it differently. That's just how we kind of ended up with our evaluations on it. I just feel like I, I just feel like they don't need it. Like I, I'm pretty confident that Brian Cook is going to be a pretty good player. Mike Edwards, I, I think, is going to be like a solid veteran player, rotational piece for them. And you need, I mean, you need Justin Reed to play like he did in the back half of the season. Like he just has to be a playmaker for you this season. But well, man, that is just that is a bummer. That's a real bummer. JSN was alive. Zay Flowers was alive. Nolan Smith was alive. Anton Harrison was alive. None of them available at 31. So besides Felix Enrique Uzama, they have Keon White, the Georgia Tech defensive lineman. Um, he is still available if they wanted to go that direction. Out of Tumiwe Adaware, the Northwestern defensive lineman, is still available as well. Um, he has been mocked to the Chiefs at 31 in the past. B.J. Ojolari, the LSU edge rusher, could be – there, Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee, we've talked about. Derek Hall, the edge rush from Auburn. Me and Caleb love him, but I don't know if he'd be going this high. Benton, Benton obviously, Keanu Benton, the Wisconsin defensive tackle. I mean, if they were thinking about Mozzie Smith at all, I mean, maybe there is a chance they say, you know what, let's go Keanu here if we if we miss out on Mozzie. There is that chance, yep. and we're about to find out. Um, Rocky, if you, see it, if you see it before we see it, Please just scream it out. Oh. All right. Oh, gosh. I was going to say no spoilers, but that's cool. Um, we wanted Yeah, to- I mean, there's obviously still – I mean, there's still plenty of players that, like – it's not like you're walking away from this thing being like, man, what what a horrible draft. What a horrible night one. Like, yeah, I mean, you're you're the final pick in the it's first pick round. 31. This yeah. is pretty standard for the course. For yeah. And if you find like at 31, if you find a guy who winds up being a strong rotational player for you and maybe eventually like a starter, like that's really all you're hoping for at this stage in the draft. We just there was a lot of hype uh, around Brett Veach kind of moving up, and it, and it seems like he was really trying to, but it just didn't work out, and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. It's as, like there were too many AFC w- rivals that were like, no, we don't want to help you. Man, that, the Eagles. And you know they're going to like – they'll add a running back in like the third round, and he'll wind up becoming a baller, and they've got <laughs> Dallas Goddard, A.J. AJ Brown, Devontae You know what's going to happen? And, is Rashad Penny's going to be healthy for them, and he's never going to get injured yeah, again. He'll be he'll rush for like fifteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. I will say, with the Chiefs pick about to come on, make sure you do uh, check out the site after we after the pick because me, Rocky, and Caleb are going to be giving the pick a grade. Yes, a quick grade. And, uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast, and I hope that you do listen to this entire four-hour-long podcast <laughs> of us breaking down each and every selection for the NFL draft. Um, as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, We want to show you guys love, so sometimes we ask that you show us love, too. We're out here working really hard at the NFL draft. Um, but yeah, make sure you're locked into Arrowhead Pride. I will do my best to get the press conference from whatever the chief selection might be after the show. 
I will have this podcast up as fast as we can um, immediately after the show and plenty of content. So make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com. I'm sure Rocky Magana has 50 articles that he's working on right now because I feel like Rocky's just working on 15 things at once at all at all times. Um, so tons That's of stuff. Right. We're, we're gonna have yeah. ton, tons of stuff for you all draft weekend. So yeah. You want to stay locked in right now. L- little known fact about Rocky. He actually does not sleep. Little known never. fact. Just never sleeps. Put my toddler to bed and I start writing. And then when I get done, I pick my toddler up out of the bed and give him breakfast. <laughs> and and he's not lying. Well, we're getting ready to be at the point where half of Chiefs Kingdom says this is the steal of the draft, best pick ever. And we're going to be at the other half where people are saying it's the worst pick they've ever seen in their entire lives. They can't believe they didn't trade up. I mean, what, what is the pick? <laughs> what, what is that pick right here where you're like, no. Like this is a nightmare. Like, is there a guy that you that like they could take here, and you'd be like, okay, I'm angry. Like, I'm upset about it. Maybe like Luke Musgrave, just because. Yeah. There's other tight ends I like better than him. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're talking about kind of positions that would still make sense for them to take, um, you know, because obviously like a guard or something, I w- I wouldn't be a huge fan of. Um, I mean, Jalen Hyatt is one of them. Honestly, I, I really feel like that would would not uh, would rub me the wrong way. I would not be a huge fan of that. I will say Antonio Johnson. He's a Texas A and M safety. Um, not a not a big fan of his. Uh, and I know he's he's kind of goes in this range a lot of times. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm yeah, a, I'm I, not I, a fan I think, of Antonio Johnson. I think Johnson. there's not many that I would be super out of. I wonder if a team is desperate enough to trade up to get Will Levis here. I know the Chiefs said they're not moving back, but what if someone offered a ridiculous package? Honestly, I'd be at this point I'd be okay with it. I've it, it was it was like I, I had talked myself into basically here in the last like 30 minutes like Nolan Smith or bust. And I go, I had a feeling the Eagles were gonna break Chiefs our are on the clock. Let's go. According to the you know, the consensus rankings we do have that John Dixon put together for us at the site, you know Joey Porter Jr. is the best player available, uh, number mm-hmm. thirteen overall. Rocky, you kind of asked about that. Hey, he does fit the Spags, so, the typical Spags kind of outside cornerback. Um, that is know, interesting because uh, a lot of the hype around him too, I've seen was like he's a legacy NFL player. Teams love legacy NFL players. Like he's gonna go in the first round. He's, yeah, and, yeah, and, and that's why you know who loves legacy NFL here. players, an old school guy like Andy, like Andy Reid. Like, like if you're talking about people who love legacy NFL players, it's going to be a guy like Andy Reid who's been in the NFL for yeah. like you know, ever. I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't hate it. Like, I wouldn't hate cornerback because like we do, we do believe that they're like locked in, but it's like. Yeah, I mean, like, I think Jalen Watson's a really good player. I think Joshua Williams shows lots of signs of improvement. I think Trent McDuffie can be a stud. I think Legarius Sneed is a, a cornerstone, but he's a guy that's coming up for contract that they need to well, decide what they're going to pay him. And here's the thing. We're just, we just spent all this time praising the, the Eagles and Harry Roseman for saying, oh, it might not be a need, but we're stacking talent, right? We yeah. see talent. We stack talent. And that's exactly what the Chiefs would be doing in the secondary is no, it's and, not a need, but we're and, stacking it out. And and we talked about it a little bit on Arrowhead Pride this week while we were getting ready for the draft. Like while I do like I think wide receiver edge and, and tackle are their biggest needs, I don't think that they're like such bad needs that you have to reach some like make an absurd reach just to make it happen. 
So Pete no, Sweeney, our, 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 our head man here at the site, just tweeted out that he would not be surprised if a trade out is is coming up. Here. I think I think it was Nolan Smith, and since they didn't get their guy, I think that's yeah. pro- they're probably on the phone right now. I believe I believe that is true. I I really do think Nolan Smith and and um, oh, and Anton man. Harrison were, were two picks they well, really wanted to go with. Who yeah, in the second round needs a quarterback. Well, yeah, I mean, normally the Chiefs are pretty quick on the clock under Brett Veach, also in the first round. Like they have the guy they want, and then they get their ticket in pretty quick. It's and the fact that it's taking a minute tells me they're probably calling Honestly, around. Yeah, the Rams, the Seahawks. Just looking at teams at the top I mean, of the second round that could Ram, be coming up. Rams don't have any draft picks though. Dude. Right. They right. got thirty six. Honestly, makes sense. I mean, that would be nice. Move back to thirty six. Right. Um, get, an er- get an early second round pick, and then one of those edge rushers is probably still going to be available. Pick is in. All right. Well, nope. Never mind. Let's do it, fellas. We got ourselves a let's pick go. to react let's to. Go. As soon as they let's, announce it, go. let's let's cause a scene in the media room. Yeah, I mean that's what we're supposed to do, right? <laughs> Get kicked out of an Applebee's. Pick <laughs> pick thirty one here. I don't know, fellas. I'm a little nervous here. The Chiefs are on the clock, getting ready to make pick. Man, let's go. I, I am mean, pins and needles, boys. There's tight ends gonna, on the board. There's. I think after this pick, I'm going to go downstairs to the bar and just bang a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my whole entire whiskey collection right next to me here. So, Live reaction of this pick, of this Chiefs pick. We've been waiting all night for it. What are we going to get here? Hopefully it's something cool. Let's see. They're that backed up on pressers. Right. Dude, yeah. When I got up to go to the bathroom a second, okay. they were just getting to Paris. Well, I'm going to let you know, Arrowhead Pride listeners, if we're that backed up on pressers. Okay, I got it. Audio. You ready? Okay, right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. FAU. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Felix Anaduki Uzama. Nice. Okay. Hey, 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 Felix Anaduki Uzama. FAU from Kansas State, man. Local guy. He fits all the boxes you could possibly want to think about when it comes to this kind of thing. Dude, the thing I like about Felix Enderdike Ozama is I feel like he's already such a solid player. He's he's very good against the run. He's very good against the pass already. He knows what he's doing. On top of that, I feel like he has so much more room to grow physically and as a player. I feel like physically he has more muscle to put on. He could be, a, you know, just a lot more, you know, ripped and kind of shredded. I feel like he kind of has a body that, that needs a little more molding. He's a true junior last year, was a very young player. This is when Brett reaches up his alley in terms of how, how with the age he picked. I love this pick. I'm glad they, they went with it. In that, uh, in, that, in that defense that they played at Kansas State, you know, it's more of a 3-3-5 stack. That does not really allow him to use all of his physical characteristics and his intangible athletic ability to be able to rush the passer. But where he can thrive – in the Chiefs system is playing that 4-3 defensive end. He's going to line up opposite of George Karloftis. And, you know, for back-to-back you know, for back to back years, the Chiefs have now taken an edge in the first round. So it's something they've been going after. I like this pick, though, for the Chiefs. I think this is a great value at this spot. It's I do think adding him here, and I think I talked about this maybe earlier tonight, but I definitely, I definitely have been talking about it on Arrowhead Pride where – 
having two edges like that are that are valuable players that can, that can play a lot of snaps for you and, and giving you the ability to you know you know Chris Jones is going to be is going to be inside most of the time but he can move outside and we saw him do that with success last season we saw Mike Dana move inside to success Charles Amenahu is going to be playing inside and outside though if you ask Brett Veach Brett Veach calls him a defensive tackle like he's going to play on the inside all the time this just gives them so much flexibility. And you're also like, we, we are expecting a Chris Jones extension at some point. And Chris Jones deserves whatever he wants, really, if you ask me. But you got Karloftis on a rookie deal. Uh, you got Felix and Aduke Uzama on a rookie deal. And those those are affordable players. And Charles Amena, who's not on a crazy expensive deal. And so, and Mike Dan is an affordable player who's still on his rookie contract, which, you know, he might not wind up being back with the Chiefs after this upcoming season. But Turk like, Wharton's coming back. But they've got, they've got depth there that they, they had to, like, we went into last season at the start of the season, like, where they had to bring in Carlos Dunlap, like, late in the offseason to, to kind of beef up that defensive line. And now you're young. Like now you're young there, except for Chris Jones, who's still an elite, like Hall of Fame caliber player. Like it, it might not have been the, exactly the guy that we wanted, but I, I know you guys have had a draft crush on him as a player. And so it's still somebody that we that we think can be a difference maker and that I think is going to fit really well in what the, they're doing right now on the defensive line. Well, yeah. And you think about on third downs, if they kick a Minahue on the inside next to Jones, so you're, you're rushing. George Karloftis, Chris Jones, Charles Aminahue, and now Felix Anaduke Uzama. That's that's a lot for any offensive line to try to handle at once. Like that's that's legit pass rush juice from all four of the down lineman position. You yeah, know? and, and so, like you're, we saw what the Eagles did tonight, and like that Eagles defensive line is going to be absolutely outrageous next season. And but like the Chiefs. But the Chiefs the, are building to match something like, like that. Yeah, and and it's they're, they're they're understanding that you know we can build out the defense and we can kind of figure those things out. But what really matters is the pass rush and the offensive line in the trenches. And we talk about how important that is all the time uh, on, on both sides of the ball. Like they've got the most important player in the world. Their offensive line is still like if we head into the season with the offensive line made up the way that it currently is, you don't feel good about right tackle. But we've been in worse situations at right tackle. Like, you just wanted to add another young guy so you feel better about it long term. But it's not the end of the world if this is the offensive line that you have to roll into the regular season with. That pass rush is going to wind up being huge. And we see how important they are in the playoffs because a lot of the teams that we see make it deep into the postseason every single year. It's like the Eagles this past year and San Francisco has a good pass rush and a really good defensive line every single year. They give a lot of teams problems. Dallas, Micah Parsons is an absolute monster. Like you have to have those kinds of guys. And the Chiefs are capitalizing on the window that they have with Chris Jones right now because they're probably going to extend Chris Jones, but Chris Jones doesn't have a decade left in him. Like, Chris Jones got maybe four or five more years here in Kansas City, and then he's probably going to sign somewhere else and finish out his career there, or maybe he'll retire because he doesn't want to play for anybody else besides the Kansas City Chiefs. But the same way that they're trying to capitalize on, uh, they were trying to capitalize like on the Mahomes window and still keeping the Super Bowl window alive the way that they have. I think now we're seeing they're capitalizing on this Chris Jones window that they have right now, where he's only got probably a handful of years left at playing at this level, and so. 
just feeding people around him. Just let Chris Jones create chaos and everybody else will, will feast because of it. Well, yeah. And if you sorry, go ahead, Caleb. Yeah. I was just gonna say real quick, what a cool story this is. You got a guy, you know, Kansas City, the center of the NFL world, the sports world this weekend. You got a guy from just down the road in Lee Summit, Missouri, who grew up in the area. He played at one of the area colleges, and now he is going to be a Kansas City chief, and he's going to continue to help build to this building dynasty that the Chiefs are created. And who knows, maybe at one point in the next three or four years, he becomes that impact player that they believe he can be to where we start using his name in the same phrase we use Chris Jones. I just think that's a really awesome, underrated part of that pick there. Um, real quick. So we are five and a half minutes away from hitting four hours even. So uh, everybody, final thoughts on, on the first round, opening round of the NFL draft, Kansas City Chiefs picks. Let's get it all in in five and a half minutes. Wrap this thing up at four hours clean. And then we can all get into our, our post-draft work because we still got plenty of stuff to do for Arrowhead Pride. Perfect. Well, here's the deal. In the Super Bowl, there was one sack in the entire game, and that one sack was by Kalen Saunders. And it was probably one of the most clutch and crucial plays of the entire game, right? If you can even add two more sacks to that to the, to the, that the Chiefs have you know, against the Eagles, it might be a completely different game. You know, the whole thing – that the Chiefs hung their hat on was they allowed zero sacks against a great Eagles pass rush in the Super Bowl. You can't win another Super Bowl without getting to the quarterback. Like that was awesome that we were able to, but you can't bank on that. It, to win another Super Bowl, you're going to have to be able to get to the quarterback. And I think that Brett Veach saw that and said, "Okay, we've had we've had Frank Clark, who hasn't been the Frank Clark that we traded for for the last couple of years, and then we've been kind of filling in around Chris Jones." with guys like Dunlap and Ingram and stuff like that. And I saw him the last two years. He just said, you know what? Enough's enough. Let's build a legit front four that can get after the quarterback, just like they did with the offensive line. And then let's just have a solid base in the trenches on both sides of the ball that we can build a contender with. Yeah, just looking at that defensive line as a whole, you've now got two first-round picks, both 31 spent on defensive end edge players. You've got Chris Jones likely getting a large extension here very soon. And then, you know, you also have Charles Omenahu in the mix also and all the versatility he brings. Throw in your Mike Dayton and Tershawn Warden. This unit looks a lot different than it did this year about, or, you know, this year about this time. I still think they can add more, but then just back into what Felix does, his hands are good, and really I think the thing the Chiefs, you know, one thing that we can compare that to, you know, why he's a fit for the Chiefs, his motor never stops running. He is a high-effort, high-intensity player. I've got a couple of film clips of him getting triple teamed and still working his way to get back to the quarterback. He's going to give a lot of people a lot of problems in the NFL. I think it's going to be fun to see how he fits in gels and how this defensive line becomes a legitimate power. And Ron, before we get your final thoughts, like I, I think that's something that you mentioned there, Caleb, where it's like that's something we should not overlook, like how different this roster looks year to year for the Kansas City Chiefs at this point and like what Brett Veach does every single year, where a couple years ago it was rebuild the entire offensive line. Well, he did that and did a stellar job of it. And now it's okay, we have to get we have to find pass rushers. We have to get younger on the defensive side of the ball last year. 
they got an unbelievable amount of contributors in a single draft class. And this is just night one of the NFL draft. The Chiefs haven't given up any of their picks yet. Like, like I still think that they're going to be serious movers on day two of the NFL draft. And a lot of those mid to late round picks, that's where you start seeing a lot of those things move around. And so I, I think we're in for an exciting day tomorrow. Like I think there's going to be a lot of action from the Kansas city chiefs on day two of the NFL draft, but Ron final thoughts. I, I know you're juiced about the pick. I am. No, honestly, this is the cool thing about, you know, last year it was kind of funny. They traded for Trent McDuffie and he's the, like one prospect. No, none of us wrote up for the site. Cause we didn't think he'd be there. This is a guy that we have been talking about all offseason because we thought he'd be a great possibility for the Chiefs. Even in our in our AP Dream Draft this week that I posted that was kind of taking into account all of our opinions, he was the first-round pick. Price Carter, who has been doing mock drafts every Monday, he had his kind of you know favorite mock draft this last week. Felix Enuduke Ozama was the pick in the first round. So it's just kind of cool to see a guy that we all kind of thought would be a really good fit, someone that would make sense for them as early as this, right? It's cool to see kind of, you know, all of us kind of see that and, and then bring it to fruition. I think Nolan Smith would have been the more fun pick, but hey, I'll say it right now. I had Nolan Smith as my second rated edge rusher. Felix was my third above a bunch of guys that, that a lot of people wouldn't put him above, but I believe in him. I think his ceiling is through the roof and I, and, and I think he's already a really good player. So I'm super pumped up with the pick. I'm, I'm writing up the, the review right now. We'll get it up. And, you know, uh, I said it on your, on your podcast, Ron, guys from Kansas City fight harder for their hometown teams. Yes, they do. Right. It's it, it is really cool. Like local kid that is going to have a chance to play for a Super Bowl champion now. Um, so, you know, we are a little heartbroken by Nolan Smith, but I, I think that this is a good consolation prize. But we got thirty seconds left. We really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Some of you have been riding with us for four hours, which is insane. Uh, so we really appreciate that. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Everything that we are doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Make sure you go to arrowheadpride.com immediately right now as we've got all kinds of draft coverage going up. Um, we will have all the write-ups, everything you absolutely need to know. Pete Sweeney's going to have articles. Ron Cop's going to have articles. Rocky's going to have articles. Caleb's going to have articles. We got it all covered for you at arrowheadpride.com. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me on Twitter. Please follow Ron Kopp at Ron underscore Kopp. You can follow Caleb at CJ Scoobs. You can follow Rocky Magana at Rocky Magana. And last but not least, thank you to our man, Craver Sansone, who is in the background, making sure we keep this thing afloat. He's getting us breaking news all night long, riding with us for four hours straight. Kramer is the real hero of the show tonight, and we really appreciate everything that he does. So make sure you follow him on Twitter at Kramer Talks. But... Night one is in the books. We will be back here tomorrow for day two and hopefully a much busier day for the Kansas City Chiefs. We can't wait to talk to you until then. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smart Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.